Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. We've got some great speakers today, starting with Coach Isaac, life coach and inspirational speaker, training and building people in life and sports. Joy Farley, the friend collector and fashionista of real estate. And Mr. Glenn Lundy interviewing Jasmine Starr, the founder and CEO of Social Curator, empowering business owners to build a brand to market on social media. We've got so much more going on on Breakfast with Champions, so pull up a seat and join in on Breakfast with Champions. Hang out with some of those that are doing the things that I know that I can do, that have reached some of those levels that I know that I could reach. If I could just get a seat at the table, be a fly on the wall, maybe ask a question that it would make a massive impact in my life. And thankfully, I have had those opportunities. I've got incredible mentors, incredible friends, incredible people that I've been able to pour into me in such a massively impactful way. And we wanted to create this room to be able to do the same for you. So here, do me a favor, if you would, go ahead and hit that plus sign in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. Invite some of your friends to join us this morning. We're going to have a powerful lineup all day long. And we truly do believe that if you keep, if we can change the way you start your day, it'll make a massive impact in your life. We truly, truly believe that. So sometimes all it takes is hitting that plus sign, inviting somebody into the room, and you can help be a part to stimulate that transformation for them as well. Um, Today, powerful lineup. It's Tuesday. We've got uh, Coach Isaac today. Uh, Liza Myers-Borchis and Joy have a segment later today. I believe Amanda and Justin will have a segment later today. We've got Danelle Delgado today. We've got Chris uh, Winfield and Jen Gottlieb. It's just going to be power-packed all day long. So hit that plus sign. Invite your friends. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Of course, you're also going to want to take some time to get to know other people that are in this room. Listen, I know the app has a stage at the top and an audience at the bottom. We don't see it that way, though. The way that we see it is this is just one big breakfast table. That's it. One big breakfast table where my man, Coach Isaac who I see is hanging out and Morgan's hanging out and Honey's hanging out and my man Gary is hanging out and Tony just sat down and got him some eggs and some sausage and Kelsey just got her some, I'm guessing Kelsey probably got some like, you know, all organic wheat pancakes or something like that would be my guess. So that's probably what Kelsey's eating this morning. Right. And uh, Gail, Gail joining us at the table and Rosa's at the table or Mondo's at the table and Jeannie and Samantha are at the table. And my man Poria is at the table and Kevin's at the table and David and Tosh and Latrice and Ava. That's the way we see it. Just one big breakfast table. Everybody hanging out. Uh, adding value in, in, in this conversation. And so make sure you connect with the person sitting next to you, to your left, to your right, above you, below you. You never know. You might have an opportunity to serve those people or they might have an opportunity to serve you. You just never know. So make those connections in this room. It's absolutely a powerful part of what we do here on uh, Breakfast with Champions. And then, of course, make sure you follow our club up there at the top. And I never want anybody to walk away out of this room empty-handed. So if you need help changing the way that you start your day, you can go. I wrote a, a book. It's a free ebook. That's right. Keyword free ebook. And all you have to do to execute on that is go to the morning5.com. That's the morning number5.com. 
And you can download that free ebook. We also have an audible version if you would like. Um, but ultimately, it shows you how to tap into mind, body, and spirit every single day. Five simple, simple, easy, easy steps that can lead you to an extraordinary life. It also tells you a little bit more about my backstory, so you can learn a little bit more about me if you're interested in doing so. And you can do all of that at themorning5.com, 100% on the house. It's free, all right? Go download it, go read it, have fun with it. Hopefully it makes an impact on you. And the last thing I'm gonna say before we go back to this conversation is I am gonna be in New York City on July 29th and 30th with a bunch of amazing powerhouse speakers at the Listening and Beyond Summit. And I would love for you to come join me. New York City, are you kidding me? Like, to me, it's just this incredible symbol of freedom, of putting down the masks, of getting back after it. Like, millions of people have come to this country through New York City, right? And so it's just such a special special place. And I want you to come spend your time, spend some time with me up there. So you can go to listeningandbeyond.com, listeningandbeyond.com, if you want to learn more about that and come join me. All right, with that said, let's get some mic flashes. If you want to talk about today's episode, we'll start with Alpha, and then I'm going to work my way back. I'm going to go from the bottom up, and I'm going to call on some folks who I normally don't hear a lot of their voices, because sometimes there are those of us, like myself, that have no problem speaking, and there are others that are a little more shy. So I'm going to uh, pull on folks, so be close to your phone, be ready, and be aware. But we're going to start with Alpha, and then I'm going to work my way from the uh, bottom up. Go ahead, Alpha. Hey, Glenn. I love this subject. Uh, it reminds me of David Goggins, how he had this question, what if, at the end of his audiobook, he was like, what if I meet God or my creator, and there's this chart that shows you everything you could have been, and you showed up 300 pounds spraying for cockroaches instead of being this Navy SEAL David Goggins, right? He said his intention was to outwork the chart, to have God himself say, I saw this, I saw that, but I didn't see that part. So my what if is, what if you stop mastering disappointment, as John Asraf would say, and then started mastering your potential? Because like Tony just said in the record, you can't be, cheat the grind and you're only going to get out what you put in. So what if you put everything in? Everything. Done speaking. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Kicking us off straight. What if you put everything? What if? What if you put in everything? What would that look like? I love it. Dustin, were you able to listen to today's episode of Rise and Grind? Morgan, how about... I'm coming. Oh, I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all better get quick on those mics. <laughs> I you? was quick. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was flying this morning. It was yesterday. I missed it, so I had, I had to catch up. But yes, I, I kind of touched that, you know along the way last week as I was like, well, what if I don't make it here as a paramedic? What if I don't? And it's like, that's what always has driven me, the what ifs. And it's like never giving up on that uh, dream and chasing those dreams. And when when you get to the one place you're at, well, what if I do this? And today that what if for me was a YouTube video. What if I start a YouTube channel? Hey, let's nice. go. Done. Execute execute that's what i'm talking about dude i love it yes love it love it love it gina um yeah so i 
I got to hear the tail end of Rise and Grind. And, you know, what's on my heart and mind lately has been, you know, handling setbacks. I turned 40 and fabulous over the weekend. Congratulations. <laughs> nice. I love it. Yeah. And then, you know, 40 decided to welcome me with, um, you know, a huge party and also punched me in the stomach at the same time as Sunday morning. I was tiptoeing around. They were mopping after cleaning up after the party. And I went to go down the stairs to get some towels and slipped and fell so hard, landed so hard on my hip and back. I have been laying, laid up for Sunday and Monday with ice on my back. But you know what, Glenn? I'm not going to let that bring me down. I'm not going to get in a pity party mode about it. What I'm doing is just using it as an opportunity to say thank you so much. I have a wonderful husband who takes care of me. Thanks that I have a beautiful um, nanny who helps with my children and wonderful friends who helped out and brought my daughter to school. And I still have amazing business partners. I've been able to lean into Clubhouse and do all the amazing things and have so many amazing friends that have been checking on me. And I'm just still hoping I get to go to Connecticut today for um, a work trip for my husband. I don't know if you know, um, Glenn, do you know Ernie Bach Jr.? He's a car guy. Also, you know, my I don't recognize is a car the name. Yeah, Todd Skelton is my husband. He's in the car biz. So we're going to go to Connecticut for a Subaru party. And I'm just going to, I don't know, get in the mindset of like mind over matter and hopefully feel better and be able to make it. But I definitely, you know, um, don't want to have any setbacks in life. If I have a setback, I'm definitely not going to let it like knock me down. I'm a go-getter. I'm a, I'm an achiever. I am a type A personality. So I'm going to continue rising and grinding with you guys at awesome. Breakfast with Champions. Yeah. And I'm going to um, talk a little bit about parenting during COVID after the seven o'clock hour with Liza and Car um, Camille and uh, Michelle Atkins. So I'm so excited for that. Beautiful. I am excited for that as well. And see, you just, you partied hard and you needed a little rest. And so now you got a little rest. That's exactly. all. It's a positive thing. Now you got a little, it was like, okay, we're easing you into 40. We're just going to let you take it easy on your way into 40. That's a positive thing. I think there's a bunch of us in this room that would love to just be laid down for a couple of days and be on bed rest, right? I'm not right. saying we want the pain that goes with it, but I'm just saying positive. Yeah, I, I hate not being able to do stuff. I'm like, I want to be able to do things. Move around. Right, I feel you, I feel you. Well, Gina, welcome to 40, and we're, and we're so glad you're here, and I'm excited to hear more from you later. Rachel, you were flashing your mic. Did you want to contribute to the conversation, or were you just cheering? <laughs> I'm dying because <laughs> Gina, the laugh idea at me, Rachel. <laughs> the idea of Gina on bed rest is like something I can't even comprehend. But beyond that, Gina at a Subaru party, I mean, stop it. Gina, be careful, my baby. <laughs> I, I know. Wow. But you know, the what if thing, it's so funny because my dad, you know, I was obviously born in Brooklyn. And like, he sounded even more so than I did. My dad was like the mayor. He did. He never met the letter R, my father. Everything was like very thick. Like we are never, ever, never, ever coming back here again. <laughs> like it's true if he didn't like a restaurant or whatever, like, you know, so I sound refined compared to him. So you can imagine, but here's the thing. I've never what if in my life, I just blurted. And it was very funny. Like, I know everybody loves God in this room, as do I. But, you know, I was never, you know, my parents were married over 50 years before my father died. And 
I never imagined getting married and getting divorced, but it turned out like my brother, my sister and me, like we're, we were very good at getting divorced. And you know what? I blurted out that I wanted my divorce and it changed my entire life. Like after my father died. It, so I never, what if I blurted and my entire life changed, you know, that's when I created my business. That's when I re like, I always had a really successful career in television, but when I blurted, when I did it without even thinking, Glenn, when there was no purpose, when there was no like intention, I just knew I didn't want to remain unhappy, you know, like choosing happiness, you know, that's work. You have to put it in, but to remain unhappy, you can just blurt it out. Like I'm done. And that's when I really started like flying, you know? And, um, so I totally am all in on your what if. So if you blurt it, if you speak it, if you whatever it into existence, but I just don't want people stuck. So I am all about your what if and you're in your closet on the phone launching and look at you now. I mean, Glenn, I'm so knocked out by you. I think you are then I know you're big right here, but Glenn, I think you are the next like big, big, big thing. You've got this voice that this country, that this world needs right now. I absolutely love your background. I love how you bring it, speak things and say it. And you know, it's like, you've got, you've got this like elegance and grace about you, but you're also just someone who just says it. And you know, if you can't sell, I just say it too. So I love the way you just say it. So when I can show up for, for a rise and grind and for breakfast of champions, I really do love hearing everybody because I think this is just a very can do group of people, but not nauseatingly. So, you know, so I'm happy to see everybody here and, uh, you know, yeah. Thanks for sharing everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. You are my favorite. Thank you for that. This morning. Why? Cause I believe in you. Yes. That's a big part of it. Yes. I see. That yeah, really I see. is. I do. Yeah. That is a big part of it because you believe in me and I'm so grateful for that. But also what you just dropped, right? It's all about like, we got to execute. Don't be stuck. Doesn't matter how necessarily how you get there. Just don't yes. be stuck. You are responsible. You're not responsible for how you got there. You're responsible for staying there. So that's really it. That's 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 my that's my uh, what do they say over here? We're dropping gems. That's my <laughs> wait. I'm a 48 year old, like stuck in the suburbs. I literally just said, well, under duress three more years for my daughter to graduate high school. But yeah, that's my gem. You're responsible for not how you got there, for how you stay there. So that's it. My gem. I laugh. I, I can't even say gem with a straight face, you guys. <laughs> that's the porn oh, my God. <laughs> you are amazing. Thank you for that. You guys flash your mics for Rachel once she just dropped into this room. Come on now. Are y'all kidding me? That was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Rachel. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Hey, Glenn. This yes, is go Lolita. Ahead. Can I talk to Rachel? I absolutely love Rachel. Rachel, I'm right beside you at the breakfast hey. table. Hey, girl. Hey. How you doing? Good. Listen, I when you were talking, I was thinking to myself, what if God didn't intend for you to be unhappy? Right? That's my what if for you with the divorce. I'm divorced, uh, oh, too. No, no, no. God, listen to me. You know, my father said Lolita, literally. <laughs> The day I got married, Mr. <laughs> Mayor of Brooklyn says to me, I can't believe you did it. I go, excuse me? <laughs> I said, Dad, you're telling me now? He goes, well, you know, it's a great party. So, you know, uh, F it. That's really what he said. So, no, 
God intended me to do whatever I wanted to. I was like that when I was a little child. And my dermatologist, I'm not kidding. I, I just turned 48. And I said, when am I going to be gray? She goes, when you start doing what other people want you to do instead of how you've always lived your life. So, yeah, no, I agree, Lolita. Thank you for that. I will. Thank you for that. Absolutely. I really that my company's called appropriately selfish guys for a reason. I really do believe you have to put yourself first so everybody around you can win. And that's my intention, you know, like it's another way of saying self-care, but I find that boring. So yeah, a little bit of appropriately selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love okay. it. I love it. Um, I, when I, when I got divorced, um, like you, I just resonated with your story. Like you, everyone in my family was married. There was no one that wasn't. And to get a divorce was such a big deal. And I remember thinking, what if, what if God didn't intend for me to be unhappy, right? Let's go. And I love that you said that. I love that you're unapologetic in everything you say and bring to the table. And so my what if, Glenn, is what if you chose to be happy today? That's it. What if you chose not to listen to the fanfare? What if you chose to do exactly what you wanted to do today? Like, what if, right? What if you said, what if every single time something went awry? What if it could be better? What if you could make the choice right now? What if? I love this question. So many what ifs to yeah. get you moving in the direction that you absolutely deserve to be. So that's my what if, Glenn Lolita with a T. Love it, girl. That's what I'm talking about. Bringing it what if. All right, I'm going to try to find someone that doesn't talk a lot on the stage. The fuck with that one. I know. Good luck. <laughs> All right, Morgan just flashed her mic. I don't think I've heard Morgan speak. Have any of you guys heard Morgan Dunn Campbell before? No. No, nope. Morgan. All right, Morgan, bring it, girl. Don't let us down. <laughs> <laughs> No pressure at all. That. Yeah, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Hi, Glenn. It's such a pleasure to be here. I've tuned into a few of your um, Breakfast with Champions rooms, and I always just love your energy. It is just incredible. Um, yeah, and I totally agree with what's been said, that you can tell that you are someone who is on the rise because you just have that, um, yeah, like that energy, but also the like conviction in yourself as well. Like I believe self-belief is something you can really tell. Um, it just comes across so well in the energy. Um, so yeah, I love that. And I love this question as well, the what if, um, because I feel like for a lot of people, what if automatically makes us go to the worst case scenario, um, to conjuring up these fake hypotheticals, you know, oh, I want to do this, but what if, what if, but what if everything is happening exactly as it's supposed to and what if you are exactly where you're supposed to be right now and on that note as well what if you showed up as that person who already had the results which you know are part of your path and it is going to happen it's just a case of it working out to um divine timing so what if you already knew that everything that you wanted has already happened so like for me example like if everything if i had the life i wanted if i had the six figure business the best-selling book um the role in the in the really big movie um you know how would i be treating myself because self-care is so important and we really can't serve anyone else until we serve ourselves and we love to serve others we love to give but it all starts with us and really nurturing ourselves and really loving ourselves daily um and i always remind myself to embrace that mindset 
mindset cures diseases. Um, mindset extends the duration of our life. Mindset transforms our external reality when we see it, believe it, and know that it's going to happen. Um, that is when things start to really shift. So I feel like that is so important. And also, um, what if we show people that we care is the last one that I'll add. Um, because yes, we can all be independent and independence is wonderful, but we truly thrive when we're supporting one another as a community. So thank you so much, Glenn, for letting me speak. I love your rooms, I love your energy, and I love Breakfast with, Champany, uh, Breakfast with Champions. My name's Morgan, I'm complete. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Awesome. Wow. Yes. Mike flashes for Morgan. That's what's up. You did not disappoint, my friend. You did not disappoint. That was awesome. That's what I'm talking about. Mindset, mindset, mindset. What if? Yes. A lot of times the what ifs can be the things that hold us back. But what if the universe is conspiring in your favor is a much better question. I love it. We got time for one more, and then I'm going to reset and go to Coach. Let's go to um, Michael Guthrie. Good morning. Um, morning, sir. I want to take the what if uh, a little bit different direction because I uh, absolutely concur with everything that's been talked about in regards to when we answer that question for ourselves. It absolutely can move us in the right direction. But a couple, three years ago, um, I sat down with a woman we had coffee and we were just talking about our, our city, um, Charlottesville. Um, and um, that question was the end of the conversation. What if we brought together a bunch of different nonprofits who all were doing amazing things, but were all kind of siloed in their own places and we figured out how to bridge um, them so that from prenatal all the way to adulthood, uh, people had places to be cared for and you know, several years later, um, I was driving down the road the other day, and uh, Liza certainly probably has heard his commercial, but I heard that, you know, four different nonprofits, an advertisement about they'd come together and have formed this collaborative. And it was four of the groups that were in that initial group that we, we got together. And uh, I just, you know, I was just astounded. I just, I, I thought to myself, holy moly. Uh, Mary and me sat down. We talked about what if we brought these people together. We had some meetings. We brought the, you know, the kind of decision makers together. And now three or four years later, uh, some really cool things are going to happen in the city because these nonprofits are, are working together and trying to figure out how to do it better. So uh, my, my what if for everybody this morning is that, you know, you had the opportunity to what if you brought some different people together for a particular purpose? Um, that purpose can absolutely happen, and uh, the ripple effect of that, you you never know. Um, uh, so anyway, excited about that and appreciate um, you asking the question. Yeah, I love that, man, right? Like, it's like, what if sometimes things can seem too big, too scary, too formidable, um, but what if we pull together with some others, we network, right, like we do right here in Breakfast with Champions, and we can do amazing things, absolutely amazing things. That's awesome, Michael. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate you, sir. Yep, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, can I give a shout out to Michael's bird and nature in the background? I was yeah, just, that's what's I was up. I'm loving the nature that yeah. you're in, Michael. Yes. Yeah, thank you. I, I got the bird, bird feeders out here and uh, I try to talk to them, but I don't think they really know what I'm saying. <laughs> Who knows, though, right? What if? What if they know every word that's coming out of your mouth? Would that change the way you talk to them? I don't know, right? Probably what. So love that, man. That's awesome. And I agree, Renita. That sounded beautiful back there in uh, the background. I'm going to go ahead and reset this room real quick, and we will be handing it over to Coach Isaac. I'm going to reset it with uh, a couple things. One, my friend Molly just came into the room, so I want to say hi to Molly. Uh, Molly also is going to be speaking at the Listening and Beyond Summit in uh, New York, July 29th and 30th. So Molly, I've been telling them they need to go there. What do you think? Good morning, Glenn and everybody. Absolutely. It's going to be in person. I cannot wait to see everybody there. It's going to be amazing. I mean, how amazing is it to listen to all of these amazing individuals every day on Clubhouse, but to get to, to meet and listen to everybody in person is, is going to be such a great feeling. So yeah, absolutely. And it happens to be my birthday too. So come celebrate my birthday there too. <laughs> Come celebrate uh, Molly's birthday in New York Absolutely. City. Yes, just go to listeningandbeyond.com, listeningandbeyond.com. There's a little tab there for the uh, summit. Go ahead and click on that. Get your tickets. Use the code CHAMPIONS10. That'll save you a little bit of money off, and it will also let them know that you're with me, that you're my friend. You're, you're, you're a Breakfast with Champions VIP. All right, so go grab your ticket. Do that, execute on that, and come join me in New York in July. It's going to be amazing. All right? So that's all I'm going to say for, to, for this room reset. Y'all know what to do. Hit the plus sign, follow the group, network with the peeps, all that good stuff. But I'm going to hand the mic over to my man, Coach Isaac. Thank you all for this morning. It's been absolutely fabulous, and I'll be listening in. Coach, the mic is yours. My man, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time, the space. Oh, opportunity to just pour in um, after you've poured into everybody here. Let me tell you how the spirit works, man. This is this is God, right? So I spent a little extra time in prayer this morning and just, you know, worshiping. And I came in the room at about right at about like 610, 615, somewhere around there. And I heard just enough for confirmation. Not that I needed it, but you know, sometimes you you just like when God confirms stuff. And your question was, what if? What if? And my idea or topic or whatever you want to call it was you make a difference. So let's run that together. What if you make a difference? What if you make a difference? What if it's not time for you to go yet? What if it's not time for you to walk away yet? What if someone is about to go through something and you are the only one that can help them? What if? You never know. People always say, you never know who's watching you. Yeah, that's true. But you also never know who needs you. You never know who's about to need you. You also never know who is going to need your story 
five years down the road, two years down the road, one week down the road. You never know. Sometimes when we walk away, here, here's, the only, here's the only way you can be defeated is when you don't accept the challenge of failure. That ain't mine. I took that out of Tim Grover's book, his new book. I think he quoted, he said, defeat comes when you turn down the challenge of failure. Everybody fails, but being defeated is a choice. So I want to take you back. I want to take you back where I, I tried to turn down the challenge of failure. Maybe it wasn't even failure. Maybe it was just a feeling of failure. And then I'll tell you another story where I turned down or tried to turn down a challenge of frustration. So this is 20, this is 2013, 2014 ish. And I'm at Tennessee and I'm sitting in the coach's locker room and I'm just frustrated. And we got a workout about to start. This is seven in the morning, just got there. And I just said, screw it. I was so frustrated, so unhappy, so irritated, just, mm, I was just done. Wasn't happy. Didn't think I was doing the right thing. Didn't think I was in the right place. Didn't think I was making a difference. So I sat in that locker room for another hour and a half. The athletic director walked in. He was getting his work out and he walked in, changed, left out. A couple other people came in, left. And they see me just sitting there. No one said a word though. And I was on the verge of quitting. gratification by being a player on the field. So used to it. I knew what I could make a difference because I can make a difference from one minute to the next. I can make a difference by making a play, making a tackle, getting an interception, anything. Nah, but when I stepped in the world of coaching, I was too immature to understand that my difference wasn't about me. Wasn't about the feeling that I was gonna get. It was about the feeling I was gonna give. And I was so frustrated. I called my godmother. And that's who I always turn to when I'm too hard headed to listen to God. And she told me exactly what God was telling me, <laughs> which is always the case. And she said, God, she said, son, God put you there for a reason. He brought you in there over people more qualified than you. He put you there to make a difference. So I got up, went out of the locker room. I missed two lifts, ignored my phone. Coaches were calling me, ignored it. Text the head coach, said, I need to talk to you. Went up to his office, had a long talk. After that, everything was okay. Things started to turn around. My perspective changed. 
Now let's fast forward to 2018. The new coaching regimen came in. Told a little bit about this last week. When the new coaches came in, just imagine this. Just imagine this. You're with these guys for five years. A group, a group of men. 10 men, 12 men. You get very close to five years. You're with them every single day. Right? College football, especially in the SEC, you're there every single day. This is your family. You see the coaches more than you see your family because you spend 15, 16 hours with them per day. And all of a sudden, overnight, as soon as the new head coach gets hired, you walk down the hallway, he already makes the call to the athletic director and says, I have my own people I'm bringing in. You can tell all those guys I'm not retaining them. Within hours, you walk down the hallway and there's giant trash cans outside of everyone's office and they're cleaning it out. And by the end of the night, no one is there. And three days later, you got a different group of 10 men and you automatically feel like an outsider. And my thoughts were, how do I stay here and make a difference with these guys who don't even know me, don't care to know me? But focus again turned to me. Had to re reset my perspective. But let me tell you, I tried to quit. This time I didn't think about it. I actually tried. So about three weeks later, I went up to the athletic director's office. And this ain't a moment I'm proud of, but this is God's grace. I went up to his office, sat down with him, and I tried to resign. I literally tried to resign. Here's God's grace. He said to me, if you resign, we won't be able to give you severance pay. And we don't know what the head coach's thoughts are, but I know you make a difference. So I think you should think about this and wait it out and see. He told me he cares more about the difference I'm making and me getting a little extra money. God spoke through that man in a moment where I actually tried to quit. What if you're about to quit? What if? What if you're at the end of your rope? But also think, what if you make a difference? Because let me tell you what happened the very next day. So after I met with the athletic director, the very next day, one of our players, I still don't know what to call it, but I'll just call it a, a, a mental breakdown. He had a mental breakdown. And some of some of the guys, some of the teammates said he smoked something, took something, was doing some kind of voodoo. There was all kinds of stories. But all in all, I had never seen anything like this. If you could. If you could ask me if I've ever had any type of 
demonic experience, this would be it. So we had to call the, the medical staff to take care of this kid. His mom drove down and she's saying he doesn't, there's no mental illness in the family, nothing runs in the family, all this stuff. So he gets, what do you call it? He gets uh, admitted into a mental hospital. <laughs> and the crazy thing is it was a block from my house. So he's over there and they had to take my number because I was the guy that took care of the players at this time, anything off the field. It was my responsibility. So I'm taking care of this kid. So he's at the mental hospital. They have my number. Soon as I get to back, back to work, I get a call that he broke out. He's outside and the police are there. Now this was at a time where a couple, a couple of uh, police shootings on young black men had happened. So that was the first thing on my mind. He's going nuts. He's huge. He's a huge kid. And they're going to shoot him because they can't control him. They don't know he's crazy. So I rush over there, get him in the ambulance. They take him to the hospital, put him in one of those, one of those rooms, right? His mom and I are sitting in the waiting room. They say, we're going to keep him for a while. You can go home. We left. Not even halfway down. Now, I talked to the kid. They let me talk to him on the phone. He was cool, calm, collected. I didn't even get halfway down the road. The hospital called me. And they said the kid tore the door off the hinges. I saw this door. I saw it. It would take three people to do what he did. So now they take him and they put him in the real place, which was about 45 minutes away. It was in an area that a prison would be way out in the middle of nowhere. I visited this kid for a week, put him on medicine, and then he came out. Two days after he came out, he went back in. I had to watch this kid for 36 hours because he was so up and down. The only thing, here's the funny thing. The only thing that kept this kid calm, I had to bring him to my house and watch him for 36 hours. Why? I have no clue. I have no clue why God put me in this situation. But what if I was making a difference? I'm not a medical expert. I'm not a, I have no business doing that. But the only thing that kept this kid calm at my house was my dog, literally. He curled up with my dog on the couch and he went to sleep. And that was the first time he slept for more than two hours in those two weeks. But he went back into another episode, had to go back in for another two weeks. Then when he finally got out, he was stable, never had another episode. And then I got fired. If I had tried to quit and he actually let me quit, I have no clue what would have happened to that boy. Not a clue.
the very next day that after I tried to quit, that happened. And two or three days later, after he got out of the hospital and was stable, they let me go. Now, why do I tell that story? Because like I said in the beginning, you don't know who needs you. You don't know how God is trying to use you in ways that you don't even know or don't even think you could be qualified for. My godmother told me, see, when I went to the University of Tennessee, I walked right into a job that it takes people seven years to get. Hey champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. Didn't have any credentials, didn't have any qualifications, didn't have any certifications. I should have been a graduate assistant or actually an intern. My godmother said, it doesn't matter. God certified you. You're there for a reason. And I'm telling you, if you're listening, wherever you're at, God certified you. That's called favor. He'll put you in a place where other people can't go yet. He reserves tables for you. Other people can come, but they can't sit there. That spot's for you. But to whom much is given, much is required. I got stories for days from Tennessee, for days. I was given much and much was required. And there's so much power in our stories, especially the ones that look like failure where we tried to give up. So I wanna ask you the question again, what if you make a difference? What if what you're going through right now is not for you? It's for someone else. What if somebody needs your story in a year? What if somebody needs your story in three years? I know for a fact, a fact that that situation I went through in 2018 was meant partially for someone listening on this call right now. Did I know it? No. But now I know anything I go through is for someone in the future. Because I promise you, anything you're going through, someone has already went through it. They're either going through it or they're about to go through it. So always know you make a difference. Even when you're under adversity, you're making a difference. Adversity brings a set of keys every single time. It don't bring trouble, it doesn't bring pain. It doesn't bring trials and tribulations, it brings keys to unlock new levels. And when you unlock new levels, you unlock new strength. That's what adversity does. And my adversity in those days, my maturity made me wanna quit. My maturity almost made me abort God's destiny and God's plan for me in that moment. Not the ultimate plan, just in that moment. 
always remember you make a difference no matter what you're going through it's for you to help someone else when they go through it so i want to ask the question when or where or what was a situation where you were on the brink of walking away but you saw god's grace and i'm asking you this because I like to hear people's testimonies. If you if you haven't caught on every time I speak, I tell the testimony. Why? Because the word says we overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of Christ. This room is the breakfast club with champions. What does a champion do? They overcome, they win. So let's hear a couple stories, quick ones. Let's try to get at least five people of some overcoming. So let's see some mic flashes, whoever wants to. I see David first. Go ahead, David. Hey, Coach, that was an amazing story. Thank you for sharing it, man. Um, I'm just going to I'm gonna be quick. I, I've been sober. Uh, November will be 19 years. So about 18, 17 and a half years ago, the guy that's still my sponsor, you know, I, I was with a I was with a girl that I was I was with for we we were drinking buddies. We were together for about seven years, and we had gotten sober together. Um, she had decided she was going to go out, and yeah. Anyway, I I couldn't find her. I was driving around looking for her back then, and then I was about to drink. I just said forget about it. I was done. I'm like, you know what? I'm just done. I'm done staying sober. I'm going to go back to my my effed up life. And uh, I just, you know, remember my sponsor back then, Franny, he's still with me. I, for whatever reason, I called him that night and it convinced me, he convinced me to just, just meet him in the morning for a coffee. Like that was it. Like, I, I don't know why I chose to do that. I don't even know why I chose to call him. Well, I guess I wanted to help, but because because I didn't go out drinking that night and I didn't, I, I just said, you know what, I'm going to just wait and, and I'm going to meet him for a coffee in the morning. Um, I truly believe that moment is, is why I'm around today. It's why, it's why I'm a good dad. It's why I'm a father. It's why I have a, a great life because I had a completely different life back then. And uh, he, he saved my life. And it was, and it was all because I just said, you know what? All right, Franny, I'll, I'll wait. Pick me up in the morning. We'll have a coffee at 10 a.m. And that coffee at 10 a.m. like literally changed my life. So I just wanted to share that. And, you know, I think you, you never know. You know, we never know what we're doing to help somebody else. It could be that simple. It's okay. Meet you for a coffee. So thanks, Isaac. I love the story. Appreciate it. Amen, brother. God sends people. All right. Who else we got here? I'm trying to see. Uh, Kel well, Kelsey, I see you right next to me. Go ahead. Hey, Coach. Um, beautiful, beautiful story this morning. And sorry, my voice is still a little hoarse from Ashley's conference. Um, and that's actually what I want to talk about. Uh, and I will be super quick. But we all know on an entrepreneurial journey, there is several times when you want to give up where you just don't think that it's possible. Um, and I actually spoke this weekend about going all in. And when I decided to quit all of my other side jobs, take a $50,000 pay cut and go full blown into my business. Um, and I actually was not supposed to speak at 
Ashley's conference this weekend, but Laura Wiles uh, ended up not being able to make it. So Nate asked me to step in at, for about 10 minutes and I had no idea what I was going to talk about. I found out like an hour before I was going to speak, but I was like, you know what? If if I'm being asked to do this, I'm being asked to do this for a reason. Uh, and sure enough, I got up there and I kind of just told my story of how I decided to go all in on my business. I took a huge pay cut. Um, and a woman actually ended up coming up to me later on that night at the VIP dinner and told me because she heard my story, because she heard that I was able to take that financial hit, but then thrive because of it, she is going to quit her job that she makes uh, six figures a year in and go all in on her passion. And she said that I needed to hear that because I was so scared. I didn't think I could do it, but because you did it, I know I can do it. So that is my story about going all in and, uh, and, you know, divine intervention of me getting up on that stage, even when I wasn't supposed to. And even though it's obviously scary getting on stage, but I did it. And because of that, I was able to change one person. So thank you for letting me share that coach. Amen. Our actions, people are watching. Who else we got? I'm gonna scroll down to the bottom. We got any? Hey, Mario. coach, it's Tamara right oh, below sorry. you. I just go wanted ahead. to go affirm, ahead, like even what Kelsey was just saying. She rocked that stage in the time that she was on there, and it was one of those conferences where people were actually letting, like, the Holy Spirit choose who was coming up on stage in such a way that couldn't have been planned. So to witness it with every single person that came on, I mean people's moms were coming on stage unexpectedly and it, and it wasn't like organized chaos I mean, it was organized chaos but not in that way it was beautiful and the timing was amazing and every time somebody came on unexpected the power that poured out of them was just unbelievable um even a 12 year old who was just bawling at first because she was so nervous but the five minutes that she spoke was the five minutes that left all of us leaving with a new posture and a new stance and so kelsey i just honor you i love that you shared what you shared because oftentimes people see the exterior and they see the success and they always forget to talk about the seed that was first planted or the struggle in the process of planting that seed so uh isaac i love every time you share it's amazing and i totally believe in the power of our testimonies so if people could get out of their own way and stop worrying about what other people think of them and instead think about what they can help other people do. It will change people's lives. Isn't that Thank amazing? Thank you, Tamara. It's always amazing when the spirit speaks and not us. Mario, did you have something? I saw you flashing earlier. I did. Good morning, my brother. Good morning, champions and everyone. Man, coach, it's amazing because it's like you were literally in my mind. Yesterday, me and my wife was having a conversation and it was just along the lines of just really fulfilling our purpose on this earth. And one of the things that I said to her, I just said, I just, the legacy I would just love to just leave behind is to know that I made a difference. So for you to just be able to come on here this morning and share that topic, I mean, I know that I told you before, I don't believe in coincidences. You know, it was a, it was a, a divine alignment. And just as you said, uh, it's amazing that those whose lives that you make a difference is, they won't let you quit. Just like that gentleman, you know, God positioned you there for a reason because he knew that he was going to go through that situation and he needed someone there to be able to help him overcome. He told you that because he knew that the impact that you had amongst those guys when you were coaching. It's just amazing how he'll just continue to speak through someone and confirm something that you may have already known, but we wrestle against it and try to do things against in our own will rather than what he's called us to do. 
So I just want to say, I mean, that was just even the grace extended upon you. But if I had one thing that I had to share for me, just overcoming, my life has just been an entire uh, testimony, overcoming tribulation after tribulation, trial after trial. Um, so serving isn't the only thing that that's not a coincidence either that I have that as the first thing in my bio. It's because I know that we're here to serve others. I know that my life is here and the tests and the trials that I've encountered along this journey are for me to be able to share and help others overcome as well. So many situations, but just to leave you with one, um, my daughter, I would just say this. They had given her a diagnosis, her prognosis of living six to nine months. And when I had doctors come and tell me that she was only going to live that long, I told myself that that wasn't something that I was going to accept. And if we understand the power of God, we understand that life and death lies in between the power of the tongue. When they told me that, I could have just accepted that. And I could have said, okay. But I refused to accept that. I refused to accept that knowing that that wasn't his plan for her life. That wasn't his plan. And if she was going to go that way, then it was going to be when God says it, not when man says it. My daughter continued to live on almost three years after that. And when I tell you that had I given up on her, had I given up on her, she wouldn't have been able to continue to make the impact that she's made in the lives of others. That's just one thing I just want to share. I don't want to take up too much time, but for anyone thing, if it's anything that you're enduring, it's anything that you're struggling with, just know that there are people there to help you overcome. Know that there are people right in your vicinity and your proximity that can help you overcome. Don't be afraid to reach out, ask for help because it's there. You have not because you ask not. Open up your mouth, reach out to someone because everything that you have is already around you. This is Mario and I'm done speaking. Amen, brother. Thank you for that. Life and death is in the power, the power of your tongue. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I got seven. I got to give it to Miss Liza. But before I do, I just want to tell you, go out and know you make a difference today, right now. Doesn't matter what's going on. It does not matter what your situation looks like. You make a difference. You make a difference. But here's what you got to do. Surrender your agenda. Surrender your ambition, your plan. Surrender all of that, right? Because God's plans, his thoughts and his ways are always higher than ours. So whatever you think you can do in your power, just surrender that and let God use his power and work it through you. Go out today. Have an awesome day. Be blessed. Miss Liza, the stage is yours. Hey, champions. Guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. Coach Isaac, thank you so much. Um, What a powerful last 30 minutes as you always bring to Breakfast with Champions. 
Um, I think every one of us knowing how we make a difference is just a perfect lead into the conversation we're about to have for seven o'clock hour. So Coach Isaac, thank you as always. I hope you personally have an absolutely amazing day and thank you for inspiring us. Um, good morning, everybody. We're going to do a quick room reset now that we are at 7 a.m. We are two hours into Breakfast with Champions on this absolutely beautiful day of June 8th. Uh, I am down here in Florida about to meet up with a couple of you all who are on stage here in person, and I cannot wait. But before I do that, before I uh, hit the road, the next hour, Joy and I are diving into a topic that was uh, that bubbled up from a conversation two weeks ago here on Breakfast of Champions. And that is around the whole idea of purposeful parenting. And we asked you, and you told us lots of different topics that you wanted to make sure that we started to touch on and actually more than touched on, but dug deep on here in Breakfast of Champions. So before I set the stage, I wanna make sure it's clear that there are many people here this morning at the breakfast table who may not be parents to their own birth children. But that does not mean that the next hour is not for you. So over the next hour, as we uh, have three special guests who are going to, uh, well, I'll give you their bios in just a moment. But as we dive into this topic, I did uh, several calls with these three amazing humans. Uh, and the tips that you're going to learn are not just applicable to you as a parent, but for anybody who's here with us at the breakfast table this morning, who either mentors uh, other people within your business, mentors children in your community, or just sees the next generation as our future, you're gonna learn a lot over this next hour. So here we go, Purposeful Parenting at 7 a.m. We have three amazing guests with us that I want to introduce to you. They happen to all be women, and I'm gonna dive into the, the thoughts behind that here in just a, a moment as well. Uh, but over the next hour, we have got three women with us. Uh, the first that we're going to uh, talk to here in a few minutes is Camille Joy. Camille is the founder of the Real Moms Club. She um, it has the largest parenting club on Clubhouse, and she has a podcast called Moments of Joy. Welcome, Camille. We're so glad to have you this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Camille's in the airport, so Camille, I'll be back to you in one minute. Let me just introduce our two other uh, guests this morning. Gina Skelton is also with us. She is a the Clubhouse Momerator and the co-founder and CEO of the Mom Link. Good morning, Gina. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me, Liza. I'm ready. I got my coffee. I'm so excited to talk all things parenting and pivoting and flexibility, balance, all the things. And you hear my little yes. son. <laughs> and I can hear him in the background. I love it, Gina. Yep. And we've got Lachelle, America's super mom, the mom of 15. She is a lifestyle designer to empower mothers to find their inner superpower. Good morning, Lachelle. Good morning. Glad to be here with you guys. Well, I'm so excited to have all three of you. And here's what I want to tell everybody who is at our breakfast table. Uh, the first thing that I want to ask you to do is go down there and hit that plus button for anybody who you think could get some power out of this morning's discussion. The best thing about this breakfast table is that there is no limit to the number of chairs. Glenn's vision was that this is the largest breakfast table in the world, and we are here to motivate, inspire, and educate each other every single day. And I started to write down as I was uh, speaking to these three amazing women offline that they were mom experts. But I quickly changed that word because all three of them made it super clear to me 
they are just real parents. They do not have all the answers. They do not consider themselves to be experts, but they, each of them in their own way, were super clear with me about how authentic it came off to me that they're so authentic. They are so real. They're not going to show you what the perfect picture of a mom or a dad or a parent is, but they are going to share with us stories, ideas on things that they've learned through their own experience. So uh, that's where we are heading this morning. These inspirational women are here to open our eyes this morning on how we can make a difference in this world as a parent. It is the perfect next step after Coach Isaac uh, just shared with us about how each one of us can make a difference and we never know when that can happen. And Glenn uh, started this morning with ask, asking us to answer the question, what if? And so I will start this morning by saying, what if each of us could make such a difference in the lives of the children and the next generation so that it's not just out us out here changing the world, but that all of our kids are growing up with the same mindset and the same vision, uh, actually adding to our vision is what I will say for making this world a better place. So Camille, you ready to get started on some conversation this morning? I am. Thank you so much. As long as this background of mine and JFK uh, coincides with what we're doing this morning. <laughs> hey, that's I'm how here. we do it, right? It is, Absolutely. It is, we try to fit it all in. Mm -hmm. um, well, Camille, I would love for you just to give us a couple, uh, a minute maybe about your background. Um, I was blown away by a little bit that you shared with me yesterday. So I want to have you share what you would like this breakfast table to know about you. And then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of dive into a couple questions. Absolutely. So again, my name is Camille Joy and shout out to Gina and Lachelle. I love you guys. Um, yes, uh, we all support each other as moms on this app. So I wanted to make sure I shouted them out. Um, so I'm a mom of five. I became a mom at 16 years old. And by 21, I had four children. And so that is where the um, my heart for mothers comes in. I know that I am 36 today. So my journey along the way was quite a journey. It was difficult and yet so gratifying as I brag on my oldest child who I had at 16. He is away right now on a basketball scholarship on the dean's list, working full time, and my other ones are on the way. So my youngest child who um, I have um, in my new marriage is four years old and diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder as well as congenital heart disease. And so as much as I would love to pretend that parenting is perfect, it is quite the journey. And, and that that is where my passion for this topic comes from, just keeping it real and not putting on a front um, and making it seem like everything is always going to be beautiful as we raise our children. It won't be. But we have the grace and the grit um, to carry and raise these little ones that God has given us. Camille, I know, as you mentioned, you're in the airport, and so we're so grateful that you can give us a few minutes before you board this plane. One of the topics I would like to ask you about, um, you mentioned that you're a mom, you were a mom at 16, you had four kids before you were the age of 21, and now at 36, you also have a four-year-old. Um, when we were chatting offline, we started going down the path of all of the things that are, I think, high priorities in our world today, and you brought up the question or the idea of repetitive patterns. And you, and you said, you know, obviously you don't want your children, you would prefer that maybe they don't start as a parent at the age of 16. 
And that was one of the repetitive patterns that you hope to educate your children and, and have those real conversations with them early on. Can you share with us a little bit about the work that you do with your children and ideas you could share with us about how do we break those repetitive patterns as we're raising our kids? Yes, absolutely. I think um, for me, I had to dig into the root of why I was I'm finding myself in these toxic situations as a 16-year-old, then again, at 18, 19, and 21. So as I grew into being a woman, it was my focus to be whole and healed. That meant going to therapy. I'm also a Christian, so I just that was my religion of choice that I chose to dive in and really heal those um, issues that I had as a child. I think raising them, it was very important to me to pay attention to their personalities and what it is that they may be going through. Um, therapy became the focus and keeping it real in my house became a focus. So I'm always talking to them about sex, protecting themselves, why they should wait um, and not have sex. I talked to them about the journey and how I ended up getting pregnant at 15 years old and having a kid at 16. So that began very early. Eight seven and eight years old because I was also the child that grew up um, with two ministers as parents so they did not raise me that way they were college educated and in no way did they expect their little girl to be pregnant and so I know that anything can happen but it can be broken when we educate our children and then when we pay attention to what they are going through um, in school and out of school some of the insecurities that they may have so I try to affirm them but therapy is number one um, last night I was in a room with a neuroscience doctor and he talked about the brain he talked about um, some of the fears that we carry from our childhood so our childhood although we live it for um, probably the shortest amount of time of our life it is the most impactful to us and, and some of the trauma carries on with us for the rest of our lives um, so therapy is number one in our house I'm in therapy I'm in marriage counseling every last one of my children are in therapy including my four-year-old because he is autistic so he has different therapy but that's number one um, so that our mental health is not um, impacted in a negative way and we're making sound decisions so I'm always talking about education going to college changing having the ability to change the trajectory of their life and I talk about you know them wanting to do fun things going on vacations and things like that you want to enjoy your young adult life and you can't when you have children so we keep it real Camille uh, definitely keeping it real you just mentioned I heard Doug, you're only a child for a short period of time you're an adult forever um, what is the one this is probably a tough question but what's the one big takeaway that your children have gotten out of therapy um, that allows for them to make the most of their childhood and be best prepared for uh, adulthood being aware of their emotions. I think because I'm raising men and black men, um, sometimes they can be taught by society and family members that it's not okay to show your emotions. It's not okay to tap into that. Ignore it and suppress it and, you know, um, don't ever address it. Don't talk about what you've gone through. So they learn that therapy is not for crazy people. It's not even for you if you're going through something, it's for you to just talk to someone. If you move across country, it's okay to go to therapy and talk about it. You know, that's a big step. So they are indeed um, learning how to tap into their feelings and express how they're feeling and, and um, do that from a healthy standpoint. 
All right, Camille, I love it. And um, the tips that I just wrote down, short and sweet, but I'm going to let you go on hold because I know you're about to board. Um, as you can jump in, though, as Gina and Lachelle are sharing with us, we would love to have you continue to pipe in, but I want to be respectful of where you are as well. Um, but stick with us as long as you can. I will. All right. All right. Let me um, let me jump over to Gina. Um, Gina, good morning again. Good morning, girl. Good morning. We're so happy to have you on. For those of you all who don't know Gina Skelton, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, Gina has a wonderful profile uh, on her, when I pull it back up, on her clubhouse profile, goes into all the different things that she does as far as being uh, the CEO of the MomLink Club. But Gina, give us a couple minutes about your background. We would love to know a little bit more about you before I ask you a couple of these uh, intriguing questions. They're going to help open our eyes up as parents. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Liza. First of all, I have to say, um, Liza and I talked on the phone yesterday and um, so proud of her being such an incredible, powerful female leader in the automotive industry. My husband's in the automotive industry, so I know very well um, that females are far, few and far between. And I just give her so much credit and all the flowers um, for being on this stage full of rock stars. Uh, love to see fem empowered female leaders. So kudos to you, Liza. Um, yeah, so I uh, was born and raised uh, in Pennsylvania and uh, had a very good childhood, a little, a small tragedy when I was young, but um, that really, that tragedy just turned into triumph for me. Um, I did go to school at Ithaca College, upstate New York to study communications, speech communications, um, which is why I absolutely love, love, love Clubhouse and speaking on this app because it's right up my alley. And um, during that time, I actually had 150 pound weight loss. So a lot of people ask me about that. Um, moved on from Ithaca to go down to Delray Beach and talk about being in the flow and manifestation. I knew um, from a very early time after I graduated that I had a mission in life and God um, placed on my heart this desire to work with um, children who are at risk or in poverty because I knew that if you plant a seed of belief and foster and nurture that seed, that no matter what um, the circumstances are, that people can um, rise above and be successful and um, grow and learn. And so I became the CEO of a nonprofit down in um, Delray Beach called the Milagro Center. And we worked with um, at-risk children. And the goal was to take them off the streets during the time that they were most accessible to uh, gang-related violence, early teen pregnancy, drug abuse, et cetera, and keep them in the program from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade so that they may um, graduate high school and move on to college. And being there, I actually met my husband. Um, he was working as a CEO of AutoNation at the time and um, walked into my little, you know, um, center where I was wor working with children. And um, we ended up kind of after me telling him to leave me alone, we ended up getting married. I ended up being the man of my dreams. And um, we had our first daughter in South Florida. And I will tell you, Liza, um, that really rocked my world. I went from being a CEO um, boss woman to a stay-at-home mom um, with a newborn that I had no clue what to do with. Um, 
my hormones were out of control. Um, I was resentful to my husband because, you know, his body stayed the same. He didn't have a, um, a newborn that was crying to nurse um, all hours of the day and night. Um, he was not emotional and basically went back to work in two weeks like nothing ever happened to him. And my life was completely flipped upside down and um, I battled a lot of postpartum depression. It was very challenging for me. Um, nursing was very challenging for me. The uh, change in my lifestyle was extraordinarily challenging for me. I was very lonely and um, it was hard for us. You know, I had a lot of resentment for my husband. I had a lot of resentment that my life changed. I didn't think that I was cut out to be a mom. I would see other moms um, owning and, and being great, you know, moms from the beginning. And it just, it, it, I felt, you know, uh, like I was failing. I felt like I was failing. But through the support of my husband and my family, and you know, we did a functional medicine doctor who helped up, helped us with libido and um, mental health, and I was able to get back on track. But I vowed that I would only have one child <laughs> because it was so hard. Oh, no. I, I know, but um, we did end up moving to Maryland for a short time, and during that time. Um, my husband and my daughter slowly um, wore me down with like Chinese water torture of some sort. <laughs> and I did get pregnant with my second son, which um, if you want, I can go into that because he was a COVID baby. I didn't know if you wanted me to go into that or if you had a different question for me. Yeah, Gina, go ahead. Because one of the questions was, uh, as we were talking about how do we go from parenting during COVID into today's world and you were one who had a baby during COVID, which was obviously a very different experience. So I yeah. want to talk about that. And then we're going to go into this whole idea of, of how you do it all and why women get asked that question versus men yeah. getting asked that question. So yeah. we'll go there next. Go ahead and, and so, give us a little share, uh, story about having a baby during COVID and how did you manage that? Yeah. Well, um, so uh, eventually we got pregnant again when Sammy was six. Um, and I actually did have a miscarriage trying and um, thought to myself, you know, uh, I'm getting older. I was in my late 30s. And I said to my husband one day, I remember it was the summer. I said, you know, we're either going to try and this is going to be the last shot and, and we're going to move on. We already have one baby. I already had one miscarriage. I'm getting older. And um, sure enough, that last try, <laughs> we got pregnant. And um, I actually did have a home birth, which is no medication, birthing at home with a midwife and doulas with my daughter in Florida. And so I said, well, I'm going to do that again, you know, and um, I ended up hiring a midwife and a doula and went through that whole process. And then, you know, um, I think it was the end of February where my daughter turned seven and I had my baby shower all in the same weekend. And I thought to myself, what am I crazy? And then she got her tonsils removed. So we did basically all these things in one weekend. And I thought to myself, what is going on with me? Well, little did I know that was kind of like a God wink for me because a week after my daughter got her surgery, um, you know, there was some stuff on the news about this COVID thing. And then the school was like, well, we're going to send the kids home for two weeks. Yep. They said, we're going to send the kids home for two weeks and um, hopefully get rid of COVID and then come back. And that was my daughter's kindergarten. My daughter was in kindergarten and I'm pregnant and they send her home and I'm like, all right, two weeks, whatever. What am I going to do with her? Well, 
as we all know, two weeks turned into almost two years, right? And so my daughter's home and I'm pregnant and this COVID thing hits and everything shuts down. And thankfully, you know, it worked out in a little bit of our benefit that my husband came home. And I remember people always love to have an opinion about your choices as a mother, especially when you're pregnant. And I remember people that I barely even knew were like, oh my gosh, well, aren't you glad you made the right decision to have, like, now I think you're so smart in having a home birth before you were an idiot, but now because of COVID, you're so smart, right? And I was like, I was smart the first time when I had home birth and I'm smart the second time, COVID or not. And it was just interesting, you know, and, and then of course my son was late. My daughter was two weeks late. My son was a week and a half late. And I do, I get, I remember getting text messages. I got a message from, um, a, a, a nurse that takes care of like a newborn babies that are sick. I forget the name of the nurse. And she said, well, I hope I don't see your, your baby in the NICU because he's late. And I, I thought to myself, what a ridiculous thing mm. to say to somebody, what a ridiculous thing to say to somebody. And so it was very interesting. You know, I, I ended up, you know, having my, um, my water broke. Uh, I was like, well, let's make dinner. Todd was like, I'll grill the steaks. My midwife came with the doula. We all sat around the table. I'm like kind of in early labor and they're eating steaks and hanging out. (laughs) And then we go upstairs and I mean, you know, labor without pain meds is, is very intense. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it was only a four hour labor. And what I take away from that, there is a spiritual experience with that. And I, and I, I say that because for one moment, for one hair of a fraction of a millisecond, you get a glimpse at perhaps the reason why Jesus died on the cross for us. You know, it was, he suffered that insane pain because he loved his children. And, and I, I went through that labor and suffered that pain because I love my son. I love my children. And I wanted to have a, a beautiful birth between him and I. And he ended up coming out in the water. We had a fantastic birth. But, you know, after that, I was very paranoid. COVID and, you know, you want, you have a baby. And you, the first thing you want to do is show it to your family and friends. And that was so bizarre that it wasn't possible to do that. You know, I had... I was sitting inside my doorway and I had the door, the front door open and people on my front porch with all of us with masks, you know, um, (laughs) separated, like sitting outside, I'm sitting inside and I'm like showing them the baby, like the way that, you know, Simba was shown off to the jungle in the Lion King. I mean, it was hysterical. Gina, let me me ask you a question because I'm thinking about this and I'm looking at all these wonderful faces at the breakfast table. And I think your husband might have even joined us as you were as you were speaking. So this is what popped in my mind. You just went through an incredibly stressful time. And if people talk about needing inspiration, let me say a home birth during COVID, uh, there's some inspiration there for what you went through. Your husband was also going through an incredibly um, stressful, tough time. I'm in the auto industry. He's in the auto industry. I remember March, April, and May what an absolutely pressure-filled moments those were for us making good decisions for our business and trying to lead our teams through a very uncertain time. What was the balance that you all were able to figure out in your family for him to be able to focus and, and make sure he was the leader that his company needed to be while also being a dad to, to a brand new child and helping you through being a, a, a mom for the second time? Oh my, well, How did you all that, balance that? That's a great question. And it was very challenging because, you know, luck as luck would have it, 
because of COVID instead of him being, he was, so I was living in Maryland and he got hired as the CEO of Prime and moved to Boston, Massachusetts to work while I was pregnant and came home for the birth for two months and then um, had to go back. So literally I was home as a single mom with a newborn baby and a seven-year-old during COVID. And um, it was extremely challenging. It was extremely challenging. Um, I was tired, but you know what? I, I really, honestly, I would, I would say, you know, you had to pivot. Um, you have to understand that I think moms honestly are the queens of pivoting. I mean, really everything that we get thrown at, we kind of take with us. I ended up having the girl next door who was 15 come and do the homeschooling with Sammy while I was able to take care of the baby. Um, she pretty much lived with me to help out. And then Todd would come home on the weekends. And, you know, we had to have amazing communication. I mean, my husband is everything and, and he's an amazing man, but what he is not is a mind reader, right? <laughs> Even though I wish he was. And I had to communicate to him, you know, listen, babe, I'm about to break or I'm having a really hard time or I need help or I need to just cry on your shoulder. And, you know, it's so important, the importance of communication when you're in a situation like that, because it could really make or break a relationship, to be quite honest with you. And it can cause a lot of resentment. So having that opportunity to communicate appropriately with one another and let each other know what we're feeling and what our needs are and if their needs are being met. And, and it was just a really tough time. And also, you know, um, making sure that you kind of understood the priorities, um, you know, and you're juggling a whole bunch of balls. So you, you have to think which balls in the air are glass, right? And which ones are plastic? You have a tremendous opportunity to reinvent your dealership today, right now, and to not take advantage of it would mean that everything that you just went through and are going through was in vain. How about instead we build something new like Kevin did in Virginia who was up 37% in April, or Mike in Wyoming who was up 90% in April, or Bob in Kentucky who broke a 60-year record this past January. All of these dealers join the 800% Club and together we continue to win. Listen, I've done this before. I've helped build a monster dealership from the inside out and now I want to build one with you. You and your team deserve it. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. So which balls when you drop are things going to shatter and which balls when you drop will it bounce? And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, is my daughter fed? Is my son fed? Are they dressed? You know, are they, you know, getting their needs met? Those are glass balls. If, if, if things like that don't happen, things will shatter and it'll be a really hard time for everybody. But, uh, you know, Oh, hot mic. Um, but, a, you know, a plastic ball at the end of the day is going to bounce. If the playroom isn't cleaned tonight, that ball will bounce. If, if um, you know, the laundry isn't put away by the end of the night, that ball will bounce. You have to really prioritize the things in life that are necessary and needed in order for us to um, survive and thrive and things that are just going to stress you out if you have a laundry list of items that, you know, are plastic balls that you're trying to, like, get done. Because at the end of the day, what COVID, the, the, um, the, um, the stressors that COVID has placed on mom are 
the expectations are completely unrealistic. I mean, you're asking moms with multiple children or even one children, single moms who are at work, some of these are healthcare professionals, to not only work, take care of their family, now also to do homeschooling. And I'm just, the weight and the load that was placed on moms at this time was totally unrealistic. I mean, it's absolutely unrealistic. No person in their right mind can, could accomplish that. And, and it brings up a good point, you know, um, as mothers are trying to do it all, you know, and working moms, mompreneurs, um, moms in general, you know, we get asked the question often, oh my gosh, how do you do it all? And I thought to myself, you know, I hear that question. A lot of moms hear that question, but you know what? My husband never gets asked that question, right? And, right. and I thought to myself, you know, what is the underlying, you know, emotion here? And it's, it's, it's actually a little bit sexist because the underlying thought there is women are too weak to work and take care of the children and do all the things and do them well and be successful and be a leader and be happy at it. And I thought that is some BS right there. I'm not going to stand that. My husband works, works very hard and he co-parents. When he comes home, we make dinner together. We clean dinner together. We do bath time and bedtime routine together. We are both a very hands-on parent and we're doing this together. So I thought to myself, this is, this is a culture that I'm going to cancel. And when I came on this app, you know, there were a lot of leaders and, and powerful females who were moms. And I thought to myself, there really wasn't a community, uh, a place where moms and mompreneurs can come together and express how they feel in an empowering, uplifting environment where we're um, supporting each other to reach our fullest potentials and understanding that we can be amazing, successful businesswomen and moms at the same time and do it yes. all. And nobody needs to ask us how we do it all. Like poor us, you know, we're going to do it all. We're going to do it all well. We're going to look good like we're doing it. We're going to feel good while we're doing it. And we're going to be happy while we're doing it. And that was yes. the case of what, yeah, how Mom Link came to be on this app. Gina, I, you just dropped so many important points in the last three minutes that I want to make sure that people got. The first thing, I absolutely loved your um, example of juggling. And I would actually use this with my sister and brother-in-law last night who have a brand new eight-month-old. And I shared with them your thought of, we're juggling all of these balls. Some are glass and some are plastic. And the importance in knowing the difference. We cannot let the glass ones drop. They're going to shatter. Which ones are plastic? They'll bounce. We can pick those up tomorrow, helping us prioritize. And that's not just as a parent. That is a great example in life on how we can understand which are the things we've got to get done today, which things can we possibly uh, put off till tomorrow. The other thing, when you talked about how we do it all and why that question is asked of women versus men and that the expectations on moms in general this year have been unrealistic. I want to make sure that we recognize a couple of things. First, there are absolutely single dads out there that are having these same exact problems. We don't necessarily hear about them quite as much, and we're going to do a room um, down the road, hopefully in the next week or two, where I want to bring men on to talk about this exact same topic. Because when, I, when we brought this up under purposeful parenting, and everybody started throwing out people, you got to bring this person, have this person, and that's how, that's how we brought Gina, Lachelle, and Camille, I didn't get any suggestions of dads 
or, or single dads or dads who are co-parenting that we should bring on here. So I'm going to challenge our Breakfast with Champions crew to make sure that we have the same topic and bring some men on this conversation next week. Um, but the last thing that I want to pull out that you shared was um, when we talk about these expectations being unrealistic, it's really important as employers and business leaders that we also recognize um, what has been going on in the lives of our associates and our employees this past year, especially the moms. Uh, Gina, I'll, I'll share one quick story before I go over to Lachelle, and I'm going to ask this, this last question, which is going to lead into it. Um, I'm a mom of two and, and, and run our company, Carter Myers Automotive. And um, when I had my first child, um, I put this unrealistic expectation on myself. Um, I felt that I had to be back at work quickly, that my company needed me. And so I had a C-section, uh, un unexpected C-section with my son. And three weeks later, I was back in the dealership. I brought him with me. I had him in a baby Bjorn. I set up an off, uh, a nursery in my office and was right back to work. And, and I got that comment a lot. Why is it? That's crazy. You know, why are you trying to do it all? And it wasn't why I was trying to do it all. It's I wanted to do it all. And I felt confident that I could do it well. I wouldn't put that same expectation on someone else, but it's the way that I wanted to do it. And it was important for me to be authentically myself and the mom and the business leader that I knew I was capable of. So the question I'm going to finish with you and then Lachelle, I'm coming over to you in, in just two minutes. My question to you, because you were running a nonprofit, you have obviously been in the business world. How does being a mom help us to be a better, stronger entrepreneur and business leader? Gina, we'll finish on that one. Yeah, honestly, um, I couldn't think of a better, you know, <laughs> uh, training ground for becoming an entrepreneur than being a mom, because really you have being a mom is all about balance. Um, you have to also be in check with your needs while you're also in check with others' needs. And I think that that's really helpful um, in when you're working with a team of individuals as a business owner, because you're used to understanding the needs of others and being a leader while fostering um, their abilities and helping others grow. So I think being a mom really, really, really helps you be a leader um, in 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 um, managing a team because you understand people, you understand their needs, you understand that everybody is different, that people are motivated by different things. Um, some people, you know, are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by, um, you know, words of affirmation. So that was really helpful as well. Also, I mean, you know, again, like moms are the queen of pivots because we understand flexibility. You have, and I love a good schedule. Believe me, I'm a very, very routine oriented individual. I have a old school, like pen to paper calendar that I put in front of me so I can see the entire week ahead. I schedule my drop-offs, my pickups, I schedule my freaking showers, Liza. I mean, <laughs> that's how- We that's have the same thing in our family. Every pickup <laughs> is scheduled literally with the person's name and what time and where. <laughs> but you know what? You you put those things down, you have a framework down and you understand too that, that things are gonna happen in the moment. Um, you prepare, you plan, and you still can be flexible and pivot. And um, I love, absolutely love, love, love delegating tasks that I don't like to do to others. I mean, Instacart has become my best friend. I ask for help. Yes, we do have help here with the children. Um, you know, we're traveling tomorrow because COVID is getting lifted and now things are being piled on our plate. We talked about this yesterday, Liza, about all the traveling that's coming up. And, um, you know, I'm lucky to have, ask friends. Like yesterday I have a neighbor and I said, will you do me a huge favor while we're gone? Will you walk Sammy to school? Honestly, 
don't be the person that does it all or that has to like, oh, woe is me. That's another thing that I'm canceling here, you know, that I work toward is canceling that whole moms um, who work and take care of moms have to wear this badge of exhaustion as an honor. And I'm like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Nope. I'm gonna get my sleep. I'm going to drink my coffee hot. I am going to delegate, prioritize, do everything that I need to do because I am going to be productive and joyful and happy. And that is something I feel like, you know, if you go to pick up and you're a mom and you're not, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. I can't believe these kids and the this and the that. And I overextending ourselves. If I come and I'm, I'm calm, collected, productive, and I'm thinking I have you know, I'm doing a really great job, <laughs> you know, and you, and you say to somebody, I'm doing great. I feel wonderful. Business is going well. Mom life is going well. you kind of looked like you have 10 heads, but you know, it's okay. It's okay for moms to stand in our true power and to, and to admit that we can do these things and do them well. It's also okay to admit, listen, I've had a really tough day today. I'm not saying that we don't have tough days because we all have tough, tough days. Trust me. But at the end of the day, the tough days are worth every single penny because the value of being a mom, the love that we have, what we share and what we go through. I think there was, I can't remember who it was on this app, but they were talking about like, you know, the best thing about being a mom is being a mom. And the hardest thing about being a mom is being a mom because <laughs> the best and hardest gift that you can possibly have. And I'll, and I know that all the moms understand that saying right there. So um, it's just, it's just been a wild ride. And, um, you know, I, again, I just think, you know, pivoting, being flexible, having balance, knowing when to have self-care, delegating tasks, communicating and having a schedule are really, really helpful as moms and business owners at the same time. So thanks for that question, Liza. I really awesome. love on this topic today. Well, Gina, you, you led us straight into the first question I was going to ask Lachelle. And to be honest, we I could go hours with these three ladies and we were trying to fit it all into one hour. So I do, I am going to leave a few minutes at the end for questions and we can always do this another time. Um, but Lachelle, as I go over to you, Gina just left us with a comment about uh, pivoting. And one of the things that we talked about, you and I talked about, was that you've had a life with detours. Um, Lachelle, could you give us just a, a quick one minute overview of who you are and, and then kind of lead us into this idea of a life with detours? Yes. Um, thank you so much again for having me this morning. Uh, shout out to Gina and Camille uh, for being able to share their stories. And, you know, we all have a common desire to be able to be a light to many women that may be overwhelmed, uh, feeling like they just don't have anybody who understands them, and um, sometimes feeling like we have to have this idealistic um, being of having it all together. So um, I can relate to both of the women who spoke. A couple of highlights I would say is I've had two miscarriages. My first child was out of wedlock. I had 11 natural births, two C-sections, uh, two bonus children with two different bonus moms. And um, what I have learned on my journey is that you have to create the fairy tale that you want to live. Uh, I believe the fairy tale of the American dream that got me 13 years of depression and three hospitalizations because... I was trying to fit into the mold of what society believed uh, I was supposed to be doing, how I was supposed to be 
uh, acting and what life looked like um, as a person who had a career. Uh, I was very competitive, goal-oriented, and it really left me with a scarcity mindset. Um, I was a high achiever, but I felt like there was only so many seats at the table, per se. And so I had to continue to compete and find my way to do that. Um, I've learned how to stand out by being um, one of the only African-American in a lot of my classes growing up. Uh, even going to a uh, college that was predominantly uh, where I was the minority. So I have learned a lot of these things. And the detours uh, that, you know, you and I discussed on the phone is that people see where you are now. They look at the highlight reel and they think that your life is picture perfect. So I want to go back to the beginning of, you know, my life as a mother and a wife. And I had shared with you that at that time uh, of me actually uh, deciding to spend the rest of my life with my husband, somebody else was carrying a baby by him. And right. um, yeah, so detours and being able to decide and understand, you know, what it is that you want for your life, you know, it's a long story that we just don't even have enough time to go into. But I want to highlight that it doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish and what you decide that you want from your life, you know, because I believe we all have challenges and, um, you know, you got to decide whatever it is that you want to bring to the table, bring it, uh, have that belief system and make it happen. Lachelle, thank you so much for being willing to share that. And, and, and I jotted down, you know, picture perfect versus reality. And I think one of the things that all three of you brought to this conversation is the fact that it's not about the highlight reel. It is about making sure that we are authentic and being moms and that we are, we are understanding what everybody's going through, but dads too. And um, you had shared that your husband, uh, when you all decided to get married, there was another woman pregnant. Share with us a little bit about the dad mindset that you have experienced with the 15 children and, and, and how your husband, maybe some of the unique challenges that he's had to take on. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we both came from both of our parents being divorced. And uh, the foundation we had is really being in Christ and um, living that life of faith regardless of the outcomes. And um, that was really the catalyst because. You know, I was um, a business major with a marketing degree, and, you know, we had the desire for me to stay home. So a stay-home mom, I didn't know what that looked like, and that's uh, really the um, highlights of the depression was really trying to be this perfect mother, you know, being at home with no example and having this laundry list of things that I wanted to accomplish every day and not accomplishing half of them. So while everybody else on the outside looked like everything was perfect, I was feeling and telling myself that I was a failure because I come from a life of being a high achiever. And if you put stuff on your list, it's done. It's like, what? why is it not finished, you know? And so uh, while everybody else was thinking they were supporting and, you know, they weren't even looking at the standards that I was setting for myself. And, um, 
you know, it just has been a life for my husband to be able to have the ability to be a breadwinner and focus on that. And um, I was kind of like on autopilot many times thinking that, you know, he's working, uh, I'm going to do what I can at home so that he's in a position to do that. And, you know, just to be honest, you know, I had a lot of resentment about that because I felt like um, a lot of people think, you know, you have two parents in the household. But my feeling was that I felt like I was a single mom a lot of times because he worked. He's also a retired uh, major in the military as well as a pastor. So and he worked retail most of his career and uh, through management or whatever, you know, we're talking big places like um, Walmart. He currently works for Amazon. And so, you know, we're talking weekends, holidays, uh, and even during COVID, he was working out of state four hours away um, for about four or five months. So um, I think it's just... So let me ask you a question, and I'll, I'll ask Gina and Camille and actually anyone else who wants to pipe in on this. How do you as a parent, whether you're a dad who stays home or a mom who stays home, how do you make sure that you've got goals in life that you feel that you are achieving and that you're growing as a person? Because being a parent, there is just not clear cut wins all the time, right? You might take like Mm -hmm. two steps forward and and then three steps back. And Lachelle, you had shared something about your daughter who just graduated from high school. And and I think ran off for a few days. I'm so glad she's home. She came home home last night. That's another thing. (laughs) How do we as parents make sure we're feeling achievement and we are making a difference in this child's life? And, and that we're making progress. Any any feedback from you and then yeah. Gina and Camille, if you guys want to pop in? Uh, yeah, really quickly, uh, just want to highlight what you had mentioned about my daughter. Um, she graduated from high school uh, on the uh, 28th. And last week, Wednesday, um, she ran off with her boyfriend. And so she left in the middle of the night, left us a text message. So uh, I was talking to Liza yesterday when she called. I was like, you know, you asked me to do this presentation, and the day you asked me, she goes off acting crazy. But uh, I'm happy <laughs> to that, that she is. <laughs> she is home. She had a story of just really coming to her own realization that what she did, um, you know, was not in her best interest. She has really had her eyes open about the young man, and I I just couldn't ask for a better situation because, you know, I let go and let God. I put um, a note in my closet that I expected her to be home safely, and I just left it to God, and he definitely uh, allowed me to share that testimony today because as we talked yesterday, we didn't know what the status was going to be, so... Uh, That's just another thing. But I would say the key is communication. You know, kids develop, you know, they first, you do everything for them, then they begin to feed themselves. They go to the bathroom, you teach them about potty training, you know, you teach them how to behave in school and all these things. It's a transition. They're constantly changing. And so communication is so important for you to be able to navigate through what are the needs of the kids now? What are the needs of you of you as a spouse? You know, what are the needs of your goals and what you're expecting? I mean, you have to communicate, you know, so we have family meetings. We 
um, communicate throughout the day, I think that is the key because the minute that you ignore the other person, you they feel like they don't have a voice, you know, it's it's not a unit anymore. You're not a team. You right. know, you're just right. one person feeling like they're trying to be heard. So those are my thoughts. Camille or Gina, do you guys want, can you pipe in on that question? Yeah, if I can hop in really quick before this plane takes off. I love that yes, question. But I think that um, moms are not just moms. They are people. And um, when I think back on my personal life, um, when I had four children at 21, I because of that, I ended up having to live in low-income housing, which is a project. It's a very high-crime drug um, atmosphere, but I had a choice in that moment. Either I was going to stay there or use it to propel me. So at every low moment, I use it as a stepping stone. So parents, I think we have a choice. And our, parent, and our children learn from what we do and not so much all always what we say so when we show them grit and when we show them that we have goals for our personal lives in their low times they will do the same thing that we've shown them through our life as well so thank you guys so much for having me i'm getting ready to fly into the sky travel safely travel safely and so a win that you just shared is when our kids follow our example when we lead by example and not just what we say that is a win when we actually see them learning from our actions gina you got one more uh, comment on this and i'm going to open it for questions yeah absolutely um i just want to say you know camille's dead on you know um you know, mom archetype doesn't mean that everything else about you falls away. And like any person's life, there's always going to be circumstances or obstacles that you can use as an excuse to get in your way of achieving your dreams and goals in life. And, um, you know, being a mom is just another one of those really. And, and the reality is, you know, if, if you're a mom, and you choose to be a stay-at-home mom and raise your children or homeschool or do whatever, that is okay. And if you're a mom and you choose to work and be an entrepreneur and run your own business and have a career, that is okay too. And what is not okay is mom shaming any individual for either being, quote, I'm going to use air quotes, just a stay-at-home mom or, God forbid, neglecting her children because she's pursuing a career. That's BS. You know, that whatever a, a woman wants to do, whether it be be a stay-at-home mom and focus on you know raising children uh, that way or focusing on her career and continue raising her children, both avenues are okay and both moms are still killing it and crushing the game and deserve praise and all the flowers and all the um, upliftment, support and encouragement that all women deserve despite what they choose to have their path in life, what they choose to focus on as their goals and dreams. So. You know, that is the only thing that I would have to say is that uh, making sure that, you know, we as a society and as a group of moms cancel the mom shaming culture because there is so much of it out there. And it really is time that 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 whole concept just goes away. So that's what I had to say about um, that and, topic. And Gina, the same for dads who choose to stay home. I feel like there's even more shaming or or negative culture around that. So we're going to talk about that in another hour. But um uh, we're going to make sure that that is highlighted as well. So Joy, I have been leading through this last uh, 40, 50 minutes, I guess, 
And uh, we're it's been so good. For... Yes, been so pipe good. in. Let's let's open it to some questions. Absolutely. I've got a quick question. Why open up hand raising? I'm just curious among the three of you, and maybe Liza or anybody else on the stage who's a parent, if you know, in life and business, we all set goals. Were there any goals you set as, you know, going into motherhood, going into fatherhood um, that you can look back and be like, wow, this is actually something that I can check off that I went out with a mission to either instill something in your child that's come to fruition. Um, so I think one of the things I see in my sister, especially as a parent, she's like, gosh, you know, I'm such a goal oriented person that parenting has really, um, made me look at life differently because it's not like you just see it right away. You know, the things that you impart to your kids that you plant, you don't always see um, sprouts. So I'm just curious as I open the hand raising, if there's any goals that you set out as a parent that either has been a win um, or just your thoughts on that. For me, I would say this is uh, America's super mom is um, living by example. Um, you know, I am a planner. So planning out, you know, my day, you know, if we're going on vacation, certain things. Uh, we've also, um, we have certain traditions around their birthdays, the 13th, 16th, and 18th birthday. And to be able to see my kids do the same thing in their own life, I think uh, that is a blessing just to see that they really watch you more than they listen to you, I would say. So a lot of parents think the, the louder we talk, and raise our voice that we're going to set the tone, but it's really set by the example of how you live. Those are my thoughts. I'm done speaking. I'd also like to tap in really quick to that. Um, we had a goal for my son to actually play college basketball. So by the time he was in seventh grade, that was where our eyes were set. We signed him up for AAU. So any parents in the room who, you know, you want your child to play D1, D2, or D3, AAU is the way. Find a good team. Um, and you can start with a not-so-good team to get your kids the skill, and um, you'll find a better team and get them in there. And that's where recruitment happens. It's not in high school anymore like it used to be. So he's on his way. Hopefully he'll go overseas in the next two years. Super exciting. That's amazing. Gina, do you have any, any goals that you set out as a parent that you're either seeing in real time or in the works? Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember approaching 40 around December or January and thinking to myself, is this it? You know, did I have my career? Now my career's over. And I was a mom and now what? Like, I'm just going to shrivel up and die at the age of 40. I said, there's more life in this lady. You know, I have a lot more goals and ambitions. I wanted to do something more. And honestly, God has blessed me with um, Clubhouse and two incredible business partners um, to form the mom link and create a community here on this app and on um, other social media platforms. And Crystal happens to be on stage. I, I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And um, I'm really starting this next, you know, uh, step in our lives of creating this movement of um, empowering moms and mompreneurs to, to achieve their goals and to live their highest potentials and to feel successful as not only a mom, but a mompreneur or a business owner or a career woman and um, being kind of, you know, the leader of, of the community that is, is uh, you know, empowering us to do all the things like, you know, I was talking about before about 
um, being a mom and being a woman who is in business and doing all of those things well and being unapologetic about it. So I'm really excited to be taking on that endeavor. So thanks for that question, Joy. Made for more. I'm a big fan of that. We brought exactly. up, yeah, we brought up Gospel Gwen Watts. Would love to um, answer a question that you might have for our speakers or moderators. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for bringing me up. You, you have to excuse my voice. Um, I'm going to try to be as brief as possible. But on last week, Friday, my, my son was found unresponsive. And... My husband and I, we were in Pennsylvania and he was in New York. His, his sister uh, thought it was okay not to notify us and let us know what happened to him. He had a issue. He, he, he loved politics and he loved helping people. And he had an issue with drug addiction and his his birth mom and his his sister, they decided that they didn't want to support him in that. And my husband and myself and our three children, we supported him, gave him room and board, helped him. And he was declared brain dead on Friday. And I just want to say that we have to give people their flowers while they can smell them. And we're all hurting right now, but I wanna take our pain and do something good with it. So I am looking to be able to, I look through the text messages and all the videos and I'm still doing that. And I remember him calling and getting on the prayer line and the thing that he asked for every time was food and shelter and support. So I wanna, I'm looking now to be able to purchase something for him and put his name on it so that other people, other children that don't have support can be able to come to Spanky's house and be able to say, that they could start a new life. So I was listening because being a mother is not easy, but we do it. And oftentimes without fanfare, it's not the first thing that we put on our resume, mom, but it's the best and the greatest job ever. Thank you so much for inspiring me today. Gospel Gwen, thank you so much. There was a reason that you were that you were pulled up and, and we are praying for you. We are here to support you. I know that everybody is sending love your way. And um, I think you just hit on the most important thing that I hope that we all leave here with today. You know, we have incredible business speakers in Breakfast with Champions. We are always talking about how to be more productive. We started off today about best practices around productivity. And one of the reasons I think this topic uh, came up to the table and we were asked to speak to, to bring some uh, speakers around purposeful parenting is that it usually isn't the first thing that makes it to the top of our resume. But when we talk about our goals in life and we think about why we exist and we think about the impact that we can make on the future of this world, 
it, it starts with kids. And whether you're a, a parent yourself or whether you have the opportunity to impact the next generation through your company, through mentoring in the community, or just stopping and, and, and having a conversation or a cup of coffee with somebody, uh, as was mentioned earlier. And um, Gospel Gwen, thank you for bringing that all back around that, that parenting is, is number one on many of our resumes, um, but impacting the world through our children and through the next generation absolutely is why we all exist. It's what we do. And this room, Breakfast with Champions, inspires me every single day to make sure that we're making an impact, whether it be starting with my kids first thing in the morning, uh, whether it be in the next generation who are in our business or those who came ahead of me that I know uh, still need inspiration in their life. So I thank all of you for being with us this morning. Um, Lachelle, uh, America's Supermom, Gina and Camille, um, thank you for giving of your time and you're really, I'm not even gonna say busy schedules because Gina, we're not too busy. In fact, we're doing all of this with grace, right? We are we're doing productive. this because we want to yeah. do it. Yes, we love what we do and we're grateful to have the opportunity to, to be in every aspect of life. So thank you all for being here. I'm going to turn it over to Amanda and Justin for the eight o'clock hour. And uh, we can't wait to hear more. Amanda and Justin, you guys always have a fantastic uh, 30 minutes for us. The mic is yours. Thank you, Liza. Good morning, Breakfast with Champions. And first and foremost to Gospel Gwen, let me just say that your voice was heard today. I know you said that motherhood is not the first thing to end up on our resume. I'm not a mother, yet I am the product of the most amazing mother in the world who worked three jobs to make sure I had everything that I wanted. I would not be the person I am without her. So just know that as a child of an amazing parent, it is my mission every day now to give her her flowers as often as possible and to enjoy the moments that she smells them with her. I just spent a week with her and it was the most incredible week. So my heart goes out to you and your family and we appreciate all the moms in the room for sure. Justin, are you with us? I sure am. And isn't that a timely comment by you about your mother and you know what that means to you? Because to me, that's the definition of success, isn't it? A hundred percent, which is gonna be our topic this morning, success. Now, Justin and I had some conversation on the back end, and we would love this to be a conversation and participatory. So if you all are up for that, would you just flash your mics and let us know that you want to participate in the conversation and add some value? Awesome. I love it. I'm seeing a few mic flashes for sure. So here's what I'd like to do. First and foremost, I'd like to read you a few statements, and you'll have to excuse me. I've been a bad girl and not wearing my retainer at night. So I'm wearing it during the day. So if I talk slower or with a lisp, that's why. Um, so I'm gonna read you a few statements and I'd just like you to resonate on them. And then we're gonna ask you a question and really just open it up because we wanna hear from you. So this morning's topic is success. To succeed in life, you need two things, ignorance and confidence. Success is simple, it's not easy. Success is boring. Put your head down, do the work, and let success be your noise. Now with those statements, I want you to think of this. What you think about determines what you do, and what you do determines who you are. 
We spent a lot of time in this room talking about actions, getting into motion, right? Those objects in motion stay in motion, like Glenn likes to say, and those ob objects that stand still, they stay still. So my question to you all, and we can go popcorn style, just flash your mics, please define success. What does success mean to you? And let's open up the floor. So who wants to answer that question first? Saw Coach Isaac flashing his mic. Coach, you want to pop in? No doubt. Um, success, <clears throat> sorry, success to me is, uh, I kind of define it a few different ways, but I'll just say this way. Success to me is, am I operating in purity with what I'm doing that God sent me to do? And, and what I mean by that is, just for example, when I was at when I was in Tennessee, I was operating in selfish in selfishness when I first got there because I wanted things to be about me. But then when I found true success, it was me impacting other people's lives in a pure way because I wasn't thinking about myself anymore. So that's just one way I define success. Now, Coach, I, I would love ask you a follow-up question. Oh, sorry, Justin, go ahead. No, no, no. Hit the follow-up question. I'm so curious. I, I would like to know based on your definition, would you say success is tangible or intangible? Um, ooh, I think it's, uh, in certain instances, it is tangible because I could see the difference that I was making. And then in other instances, you know, you can impact someone and never know it. You know, they can come in and out of your life, maybe let's just say in a week, you know, and in my profession, that's common, right? We may sign a player and he's only on the team for two or three weeks and then we have to cut him. But now I have to ask myself in that two weeks, what kind of difference did I make in his life? That's why I take every single interaction very seriously because I never know how long I'm going to be with people. So sometimes it's tangible depending on, depending on how long that relationship lasts and sometimes it's intangible because you don't know the impact because the person has gone out of your life. Right. Great answer. And I think oftentimes we spend our time chasing the tangible, yet in certain moments, it's the intangible. Like we have to have faith in the intangible. So I love your answer, Coach. Thanks for sharing. Who else wants to answer that question? Flash your mics. I see Jeff. Go ahead, Jeff. Thank you so much. Success, the abundance of wealth, the conquest of power, glory of fame, the advantage of prestige. Are these the awesome instruments to which we measure success? The climax of a dream, the plateau of accomplishment, the fulfillment of one's greatest desires, the esteem for one's own peace of mind. Are these insufficient or do they measure any less? Or is there any greater tool besides one's conscience for which to measure success? This is Pastor Jeff. I'm passing the mic back to you. Wow. Oh, Pastor Jeff, I was going to say, wow, that voice. That was so profound. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I would ask you, Pastor Jeff, is success tangible or intangible? 
I believe that success is intangible, that it begins in one's mind because each person has to define success for themselves. And as Coach said, I believe then it transfers from the intangible to the tangible. This is Pastor Jeff, and I'm done speaking for now. I love it. I love it. I love it. Who's next? Flash those mics. Who wants to answer the question, what is success? Yes, Dale, I see you. Hello, amazing people. It's Dale here with the purple background. For success for me, I don't really have a definition, but I know it's relative to what I want to do. And I want to inspire over one million kids to thrive in their own purpose on this planet. But not only that, I want them to transcend that power to help motivate their younger generation. Because as we all know, they are only 20% of our population, but 100% of our pop- of our future, which is what we've just been discussing about earlier with the wonderful, amazing moms on this, on this stage. So for me, success is helping a child realize they are enough. They deserve everything they want in abundance and they inspire their own youth of tomorrow. Thank you very much, lovely lady. Dale, I'm out. I love that, Dale. So the same question to you. Is it tangible or intangible? That's a good question. I honestly, can I be brutally honest? When I first began my coaching career, I thought it was tangible because I was getting money through and it was something I was creating myself and it was amazing. And I thought, wow, I'm going to inspire coaches to do this. I'm getting all the money. And then that completely shifted on its head when a mother sent me a very personal text message saying, Dale, I can honestly say that you've saved my son's life. And I broke down into tears, into smithereens. And for me, that was my true call and my true purpose. So it's incredibly intangible. It's a massive, massive shift. So thank you for that question. I appreciate that, Amanda. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. My brother, Justin, what is success to you? Success to me is what you're doing when nobody's watching, Amanda. I think we're all, you know, conditioned by the various inputs that we get in the world. And there's two definitions of success from the dictionary. And one is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. And there's a thin line between success and failure. The second is the good or bad outcome of an undertaking. But circle back to what I said, what is the actual definition of what defines success? Is it what other people are telling you is successful? Because I know a lot of people that, you know, by the world's standard are very successful. They have a lot of money, they have a lot of things, but they have nothing at the same time. And I know other people who don't have a lot of things, don't have a lot of money, don't have a lot of what the the media tells you you need, yet they're some of the happiest people and some of the most successful people on the planet. Now, this morning, I almost didn't come to this room and I I told Amanda there's something going on in our world where we are burying a very close family member at 10.30 a.m. Not an easy morning, but her legacy of being an absolute powerhouse woman didn't come from getting a whole lot of money, although she was very successful, CFO of one of the largest bank institutions in Canada. It was how her children viewed her and how her husband viewed her and how strong of a woman she was. And what coach said, you know, she was given three to five years and she was gone in 72 hours. So you don't know, nobody knows, but I can tell you that success is 
the legacy that you leave behind and the impact that you have in others, not the things that you get. Well, my brother, you know that you are in my thoughts and prayers, and I'm glad you shared that with the room because I think we can all come together and pray for Justin and his family today. Keep him and them in our thoughts along with Gospel Gwen and what she's going through with her family. So thank you for being, being vulnerable and sharing that, Justin. And so I would ask the follow-up question to you. Is it tangible or is it intangible? tangible when I feel my daughter hug me and I did a good job as a dad, but intangible because it's never going to end, right? I, I equate to life the same way I look at jujitsu um, or any martial arts for that standpoint. I mean, business to me is martial arts. Friendships is martial arts because you're always growing if you're willing to put in the efforts and, and the reps, right? And I think, you know, the definition of jujitsu is I do this, you do that forever. There's no end. You can get a black belt. There's a better black belt out there. Same thing with success, right? As I start peeking through the curtain, success to me is going to be the intangibility of that continued growth, not goals, but growth. I love it. I absolutely love it. Flashos mics. Who else wants to answer the question? Alpha, I see you flashing. Hey, Amanda, uh, I believe success is just this one thing for the sake of this one thing, right? So often we do something to get to somewhere else and we disregard the thing that we're actually doing. So it's being mindful of the step you're on, knowing that the quality of that one step will lead you either to the destination you, you thought you were going or to a better destination. If you skip the steps, if you halfway the steps, then you may not arrive. But if you do them all as if they are the end in itself, then you could arrive somewhere better. And knowing that that last step, when you finally say done, that is not a finish line, that is a starting line. Because if you did it correctly, it is just the beginning of a new opportunity. Yes, Alpha, yes. I truly believe that success is a shifting baseline. 100%. So I would ask you, my friend, is it tangible or intangible? Uh, it's, it has to be a combination of both. Like, if you could put your mind inside what you're doing and have a full life experience of what you're doing, then, I mean, truly all of life is happening within you, all of it. So, but just feeling your hands or your feet or your voice or whatever it is you're doing with the full intention of expressing all that you are, doesn't mean you're gripping it as tight as you can or pushing as hard as you can. It just means you're showing all the way up to life, understanding that this is it. So not skipping through these parts of life to get to that moment. We hold up the trophy like that doesn't last long. And you'll be immediately asked within yourself, what now? If you don't already have another thing like you're pursuing. 100%. I'll tell you, last week I listened to an interview on a podcast. Justin had Glenn on his podcast last week. And Glenn said something. I mean, he always says profound things, right? And yet this is what I took from it. And it's literally been at the forefront of my thinking for the last week. I'm not sure exactly. I don't want to butcher it for sure. So I'm going to do my best to explain it the way that he did. And I'm not sure what question that Justin asked that probed this answer. And yet he explained the seasons in your life. And he said, you know what? We all have different seasons in life. And he said, the, the irony in that is while there are different seasons in our life, we go through the same system during every season. 
step one is something changes or something happens and it affects change, right? So something changes. Step two is for a while we're uncomfortable. We're uncomfortable and we're unfamiliar because we're working the muscles that we need to acquire, the skills that we need to acquire in order to get to step three, which is we reach a level of success in that season. And then step four is we prepare ourselves for the next season. So step one is change. Something changes. Step two is we get uncomfortable long enough to build that muscle and that skill. Step three is we reach that level of success. And step four is we prepare ourselves for the next season to start that cycle over. So I love that you shared that. We can't skip any of the steps, right? So thank you, Coach. Or thank you, Alpha. I appreciate you. You nailed it, Amanda. Did I? Yeah, nailed it. I'm I'm telling you. And you know what I'll also say, too, in that interview, I had an opportunity to ask Glenn his one question. If he's standing at the top of a mountain and he's got two minutes and people are at the ground screaming, Glenn, 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 what do you say in those two minutes? And what did you answer, Glenn? Um, That you were a child of God, the God of the universe, God that made everything. And that you are a creator and you have the, the ability to create and the responsibility to rise every day with intention and purpose, evolve into the best version of yourself that you can possibly be and go out and make an impact in other people's lives. Something along those lines. And if we hadn't heard it today, let you be the first to tell us that what? I absolutely stinking love you. There you go. So, Glenn, if you have a moment, what does success mean to you? Growth. Um, yeah, I think if I were to dial it down into, you know, its simplest form, success to me is, is growth. You know, being in a better place tomorrow than you are today. And that growth looks different for everybody in different areas, whether it's growth in your faith, growth in your fitness, growth in your uh, family and your relationships, you know, growth in, in self-development and your mind, uh, 1% better every day. And from what I see, the people that I admire and consider successful are people that are always seeking growth. They're students, they're learning. So to me, success is not a destination. It's more of a daily uh, activity of becoming the best versions of ourselves that we can be. Absolutely. So is it tangible or intangible? I think it's tangible. Um, You know when you're stuck. You know when you're growing. Uh, You know if you're challenging yourself. You know if you're pushing yourself. You know if you're leaving it. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're falling into bed exhausted at night, having given 110% that day, you know, you know, you know, whether you're giving it, you know, whether you're procrastinating, you know, if you're holding yourself back, I think that we all know. And I think a lot of people feel it. They might feel it right now, right? They're like, I know I could be doing more. And so I think that that is a, a, a tangible thing because we can measure right we can we can measure it we can say am i moving forward in my finances am i moving forward in fitness am i moving forward in any of these areas it's all measurable 
And as long as we see ourselves moving forward, then that's a win. If we're staying stuck or moving back, then that's a loss. And to me, wins and losses are a tangible thing. Absolutely. I am 100% in alignment with you. And here's the deal. There's no right or wrong answer. Yet I truly believe it is a feeling. Is it a feeling of fear? Is it a feeling of accomplishment? Did you get anxiety or did you get butterflies? Did you feel happy or did you feel sad? Did you feel empowered or did you feel drained? I 100% believe that it starts with the mind and it is absolutely a feeling and that is tangible. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else? Any mic flashes? Yes. Tamara, go ahead. Oh, I would like to go. Oh, yeah, go for Tamara, it. and then we'll let Matthew go. All right, Matthew, I'm here for you. Um, yeah, I, I love this conversation. It actually stems on everything that I was feeling from the conversation prior to with mothers. And success to me is the opposite of balance. And I think balance is a lie and it's something that has plagued so many people, specifically women, specifically moms, because that's who I get to interact with on a consistent daily basis. Um, success is alignment. Success is knowing that in that growth that Glenn is talking about, mind, body, soul, and spirit, I say Holy Spirit, because that is what I believe is the process of becoming. It's that knowing that there's no perfection. And I say that balance is a lie with such uh, power because I was a gymnast for 16 years and balance beam was my favorite and best event. And I could never, ever nail a 10.0, no matter how many hours I put in, no matter how much vision and manifesting I did, I never nailed it. And I lived my entire life in the desire to hit that 10.0 striving for perfection, striving for balance. And I finally found out that it was a lie. And when I did, and I realized that alignment isn't necessarily how proud you stand. It's actually the posture that when you're on your knees, equally as important and realizing that there is alignment vertically before you align horizontally with people. And we hear hurt people, hurt people, heal people, heal people. And this weekend I had got to share what my belief system and it's aligned people, aligned people. And the reason people are magnetized to people like you, Amanda, people like Justin, people like Glenn is because they are constantly working towards alignment. They're working at the best version of themselves, but not the perfect version because they know that there's only one perfect man and he walked the earth in order to give us this life and life in full. Um, and so success is alignment. Stop striving for balance because it doesn't exist, especially as a mom. Yes. Oh, say that again. Perfection is Strive not your stance. For, yeah. Say it yeah. again. Perfection is not your stance. It's your posture, even when you're surrendered on your knees. Oh, I love that. If you did not write that down, I would write it down. That was amazing. Thank you, Tamara. Go ahead, Matthew. Wow, that was really, really good. I I think that success, I think pain is success inside out. I think failure. Oh no, Matthew, did we lose you? Well, he just hop skipped and jumped right out of the room, didn't he? Amanda, no, this is Maida. Can I add yeah. something quickly? Please, I can't see you and I can hear you. Go I'm ahead. sorry. <laughs> no, please go ahead. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say that 
I, I love what everyone has been saying, but I haven't been hearing very much of purpose. And I think alignment is wonderful. But some of us think that alignment should, I think, sorry, success is an inclusion of alignment or a combination of alignment and purpose. So there's some things that we're doing and we do it extremely well. And sometimes we think we are aligned. But without the, our purpose really being either discovered or in play, we could be winning goals, right? We could be winning and achieving, but I don't know if that is success for me. Does that make sense? One hundred. Okay, sorry. One hundred percent. I'm so glad you said that. Yes, absolutely. So I would ask you then: Do you feel it's tangible or intangible? I think it is tangible, but I think the fact that we're all recognizing that it's a moving target keeps us at a high level of achievement. If we're if we're winning the small goals and we're able to meet the milestones that are set forth for us, so long as they agree and we're moving in purpose, that moving target keeps us aligned. It is like our barometer. That's it. It's a shifting baseline. And if you envision a stack of stairs, when you reach that ceiling of achievement on that level, right, that level of success, it becomes the new floor for what you're going to next, right? The next thing that you're moving towards. So I love that you shared that. And I did not catch your name. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. This is Naida leading with love and light. And I am done speaking. <laughs> Naida, thank you so much for that. Who else? Gosh, that was yeah, Matthew's back. Okay. Morning. Oh, Ma Matthew, yes, are you back with us? You cut out, my friend. Yes, I I am back. So, but, but what I was saying was I think that pain and failure and crushing is success inside out because I do not know a successful person who hasn't endured some kind of crushing, you know? Uh, because I, I think when you go through those kind of crushing moments, it, it is really redirecting you to success. So that's what I think success is. I'm Matthew I and I'm done speaking. It. I love that, Matthew. Thank you for that. I'm glad you made it back in. Who else? I'll chime this is in. Rodney. I'll chime in. Morning. This yes, is I heard a female and then we'll go to Rodney. Go ahead. Uh, Morning, this is Candice. Good morning, everyone. I think success is a purely subjective and personal thing. You know, um, in my listening to everybody's input, it dawned on me that the human race is so unique in that no two people are the same, even identical twins. They may look the same, but their personalities are so different. Success is defined solely by what you define success to be, because let's face it, we, we can't all be Elon Musk. We can't all be Warren Buffett. We can't all be Jeff Bezos, even though society infiltrates our minds so much that we think that success is purely tangible and purely financial. Success to me could be I always talk about my weight loss. Success for me could be me losing 100 plus pounds. I have five, four kids, a five-year-old, a four-year-old, 16-month-old twins, and I'm pregnant with my fifth child. Success is me losing baby weight after three, um, going, well, I'm on my fourth pregnancy, in less than six months. Because you have people in the gym who can't lose five pounds and they've been in the gym for two years. Success could be the woman who's been trying to conceive a child for years because she has been told she's 
infertile and got pregnant with a child. Success could be a former incarcerated um, person who comes out and touches millions of lives. So success is not just what we see on the TV, the apps that we can go into, the Amazons where we can just go and, you know, buy this and buy that. And, you know, society says, oh, that's successful because he's a multi-billionaire or a multi-millionaire. Success is me being married to a top surgeon in this country who, yeah, he's very successful and he's very good at what he does. But I'm the one that's at home trying to run the bi a business and trying to look after four, almost five kids. Yet you would, yet if you see us together, you would say he's the one who's successful because he's the top surgeon in America. Yet he's not around to, to shape and impact our children's lives as I am doing. Success to me is me getting up and making sure that my four children are happy. Okay, what values and morals and beliefs and value systems that I instill in my children, my eldest being five, and I can have my husband look at me and say, thank you. Thank you so much because he knows he's not around. Success to me is my children being happy. All children are not happy. Don't be fooled. There are a lot of children out there who are abused, battered and abused, uh, battered and abused, told that they are nothing. Success is me having happy kids around. So I know you're gonna ask me if it's tangible or intangible. And the question is, it's perhaps it's a little bit of both. You can see it, you can touch it, you can say yes. You know, I cited the example of having happy kids. I can see that my children are genuinely happy with my husband not being around a lot of times because he's permanently in the operating room. But success is when, you know, somebody can come out of jail, as I mentioned, and impact millions of lives. And in the process of doing so, those who he or she may have impacted haven't even said anything, but they were just about to put a noose around their head, for example, and that person saved that, their lives. So I just want to say that in the process of us trying to achieve that success and that greatness, that we all have to respect as human beings that success is very different for every single person. Yes, ma'am. I 100% agree with you. Thank you for that share, Candice. That is amazing. You're and welcome. I think Doug, was it Doug? R Rodney. Oh, Rodney, I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead, Rodney. Greetings, everybody. I'm uh, thankful to be able to share this with you. But uh, um, my my understanding of success changed about two years ago. I would, If you had asked me that two years ago, I would have had an, a different answer. But I think truly that that success is on also is honestly like a a marathon it's a process it's it's a marathon but in that marathon you realize that over the miles that you cover there's a number of sprints that you do and you may win or you may have success in a, the first few miles but then you might hit a wall you know what i mean to, to where it becomes real painful but you still continue on but when you get to the 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 finish line of that marathon that's when you truly have success now what i relate that to is i'm i'm a hospice chaplain and a number of times i find i sit at the bedside and i i deal with people who are are successful if you would ask them if they were successful in their life they would probably say at one time i was 
but I'm sitting here alone because there's no family here. You just, I'm, you're the only one here with me. So, so am I successful? Somebody asked me that, am I successful? And, you know, and I've, I've, I've been at the bedside of former state representatives and former business owners and former uh, uh, people who just, just was a janitor, but yet they had all their family around and they, they felt they were successful because of that ending of their life. They had their family present and they had care around them. And if, is it intangible or tangible? I think like Candace said, it's, it's both. It just really depends on what, what, what area of the, what part of the marathon you're in and you can see it or you can't, but, uh, success really is you have a number of stations of success but at the end of the the road that's when you really determine if the whole journey was successful because you can be you know have millions of dollars because like for for me i'm a very successful person i believe that because of the difference i'm making people's lives on a daily basis my my bank account may not compare to to some of yours and my accomplishments may not be what some of yours are, but when I'm at the bedside of a of a dying patient or a dying a family's with a family who some whose patient or whose family member is dying, I, it doesn't even matter because a hundred percent I'm there with them and I'm trying to make a difference and I do make a difference on a regular basis in their life and it's and it's it's success to me and if I would die today, I know that there's a lot of people I'd meet in heaven and, 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 and they would be thanking me and I would thank them for the, what they've been in my life. And regardless of what I've accomplished and the money that I had in the bank or those type of things, but it's a, it's a journey. And, uh, we, we have our levels of success and I'm Rodney Hatfield and I encourage you to make a difference in the life of somebody today. Bless you. Yes, thank you, Rodney. That was amazing. And I know we are a few minutes over. So we want to thank you all so much. This was so awesome. This participatory 30 minutes, so much value, so many shares. And oh, did I hear someone on mic? Yes, this is Gospel Gwen. May I just say thank you to Rodney. We just had an experience at the hospital when they declared our son brain dead. And you're right, it is people like you that when people are at their lowest point that they will be able to see someone's heart and humanity. It's because of people like you that I know that my son, Jerry Grace Watts, was successful because we're going to do something for his legacy. We're going to have Jerry Grace House of Hope. And it's because of people like you that sit at bedside of people that are sick and the family members are grieving that they can be lifted and they can realize that even though this person's race has been ran and it's over, that we can receive the baton and continue to run on. So it is that our living is not in vain that makes us a success. It is intangible and it becomes tangible. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gwen. And thank, thank you, everybody you, Gwen. who added. Go ahead, Rodney. Thank you, because the, you know, 
I needed to hear that because the burden becomes heavy. The burden becomes heavy. Though I love to do what I do, but the burden becomes heavy. And that's why I'm so into self-care because if I didn't do that, I would be walking around depressed because of the things I deal with. I'm also dealing with the death of my mother-in-law who just died uh, from COVID about eight months ago. And in the process of that, I'm still dealing with the death of other people. I, over COVID, I did over 30 funerals over COVID, 30 plus funerals. And I'm grieving most of them, but the burden gets heavy. But thank you, Gwen. I, I, I appreciate that. And thank you all for giving me a, a chance to speak. I'm Rodney, and please make a difference in the life of somebody today. Absolutely. Once again, thank you everyone for sharing. I know I usually pass the mic to Trevor, and I don't know who's taking it. Gwen, Liza, Scott, anyone? I don't know who's after me. <laughs> yes, I believe it was supposed to be um, a sequence. I think there was a series of unfortunate events that uh, may leave us with a little 25-minute window here, uh, which is great, right? No problem whatsoever. We can reset the room. This is Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with those that are doing some of the things you know you can do that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We are here Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. till 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We're also here on Saturdays from 6 to noon. And on Sundays, we have the fabulous Club 111. That's right, Club 111. That is at 1.11 p.m. Eastern Time. That is our full-on Sunday service, worship service, sermon, all of those incredible things. If that's your jam, make sure you put that on the calendar. Also, I want you to put the Listening and Beyond a Summit on your calendar we're going to new york city july 29th and 30th that's right you heard it here first folks we're going to new york city it's going to be an absolutely incredible live event you do not want to miss it all kinds of incredible speakers including yours truly and i'm going to be speaking on some things i've never spoken on before anywhere else and i'm super excited to bring it to you so if you can join me in new york city july 29th and 30th i would absolutely be honored you can go to listeningandbeyond.com to get your tickets that's listeningandbeyond.com use the code champions 10 to save yourself a few dollars on that ticket and also so that they know you're with me so that you're vip that you get a seat at the breakfast table right so make sure you do that uh, listeningandbeyond.com would absolutely love to see you there in new york city also if you would please take a moment to invite some of your friends to come join the room i am a firm believer that if we can change the way people start their day it'll make a massive impact in their life and on this planet straight up truth so sometimes all it takes is you hitting that plus button in the bottom right hand corner of your screen and we can absolutely change the way somebody starts their day Take some time to network with other people in the room. Take a look at the person to the left of you, to the right of you, above you and below you. You never know, you might be have an opportunity to serve them and they might have an opportunity to serve you. So make sure you follow those people that you're sitting next to here at the breakfast table right here on 
clubhouse and of course you're going to want to follow our club up there in the right hand corner hit that greenhouse join our club here on clubhouse and get notified anytime we have any new rooms fresh rooms crazy rooms any of those things you'll always be in the know i'm super excited we're going to hang out here for about another 20 minutes and then danelle delgado will be bringing it breaking it down this woman has done some amazing things here on this app and beyond as a matter of fact they have something called the clubbies right here on clubhouse this is it's called the clubbies it's like the emmys or the grammys or whatever uh, award ceremony you want to relate it to but for clubhouse and so if you click on my face and you go to my instagram bio you will see a link where you can vote you can vote for your favorite clubhouse room you can vote for your favorite clubhouse moderators you can vote all things clubhouse just go to that link in my bio on instagram and what's crazy is danelle delgado is literally on this app an hour a week she comes here to breakfast with champions and drops her content and she got nominated out of the 20 million people on this app she was one of six to get nominated for the best content on Clubhouse, which is absolutely fascinating if you think about it. One hour a week, and she got that nomination. So very incredible. She'll be here in about 20 minutes uh, to bring some more of that phenomenal content. And then after she wraps up, my friend Jasmine Starr. I don't know if you've heard of her, met her, listened to her. Absolute freaking rock star <laughs> you think i have energy my gosh she she reminds me clearly that there are 10x levels in life there is always someone bigger stronger better and her energy is just off the freaking charts so we've been trying to put that interview together for a while we had to reschedule we had to reschedule again and now here she is she's going to be with us at 10 o'clock today i'm super excited to bring her to you so make sure you do not miss that no matter what so until then what i would like to do is if you could please flash your mics if you're here on the stage so i know that who's here and we can also do a little bit of cleaning up so that i can make sure that we're engaging with the people that want to be engaged as i say your name that tells me i saw your mic flash and you can stop so i see you scott simons I see you, Dr. Rowe. Um, I see you, Alpha, and Dr. Janie Lacey. I see you, Justin. I see that you're here. Uh, I do not see, uh, well, Crystal, but she's on my team, so she's okay because she's doing some work in the back. I see Joy. I see Kelsey. I see Molly. I see Ashley. I see Chris. I see Treva and Tony Moe. I see Lewis is with us today. I see Monica and Rodney. I see Renee and Navia. I see Jeff and Douglas and Mary Lynn and Shannon. I see Solana and Mario and my man TM. I see Thomas and Tom and Trust. I see you. I see Naida. I see Ava. I see Paulette. I see Trisha. I see Sheila. I see Gospel, Gwen Watts, and I see Coco. All right, beautiful. Freshen this up. So there's a couple people on here I don't know a whole lot about, and I would love to get to know them a little bit better. So Trisha Colleen, how are you, young lady? Oh, I'm very good, thanks. Awesome. Where are you, come, where are you joining us at the breakfast table from? So I'm 
Jersey. Right on. What are you doing up in Jersey? So I'm currently getting ready to pack. Uh, we're going away on vacation. <laughs> nice. So that's what I'm doing right now. Breakfast and packing. Beautiful. Well, we love it, Trisha. Thanks for joining us here on Breakfast with Champions. Also, Miss Gwen Watts. How are you, young lady? You're cutting in and out a little bit, Miss Gwen. Yes. Can, could you hear me? There we go. Now I can hear you. Okay, great. I am your friend, Gospel Gwen, and I'm so grateful to be able to go through this process with those that are on this stage with the Breakfast of Champions. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. We appreciate you being here and sharing this space and time with us means everything. Chris, what are you doing, my man? He was just flashing his mic a minute ago, so I know he was here, but he must have stepped away. That's all right. Tom, what's up, my man? Is it me or Tom? I will go with Thomas since you answered. I'm powered up, man. I'm super excited. I love everything. So, <laughs> way to rock the world. Love it. Love it. Renee, what are you doing today? Well, as it stands right now, I'm preparing for, um, you know, we're still doing our 30 days of fashion. And this today, actually, we're going to be welcoming all of the Grammy winners, Mr. Skip Martin from Cool in the Gang, alongside with Taylor Dane, as well as Miss Forbes Riley is going to be working alongside with us as well. So, you know, you have totally given me the inspiration as well as the motivation to just turn up our um, activities as well as just pouring into others. And Glenn, you have truly been right there for us. Um, we actually had to readjust our 30 days of fashion so we can have the team on board with the morning breakfast of champions. So literally we're supposed to be doing like the full, um, I would say what, 24 hours, but every morning, we're here because we have to stay inspired. You started it, and we always want to make sure we kick off our morning right. Thanks to you, you have done so much for us. You have no idea, and we talk about you every day. So if your time permits, we'd love to have you to blaze, um, you know, with the fashion and music today. That's what we're doing today. And then I have to head out to meet with 100 kids because this is the month of June, and I work with about 100 underrepresented kids with the um, Future Seekers organization. So I have a full packed morning. So that's just a little bit I'm doing today. Well, you are super kind. That's amazing. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I appreciate your kind words. And so what time is the uh, stuff later today? It's going to be from 1 p.m. all the way through 1 a.m. You know, these music artists, they go all night long. So we're looking to bring Ray Parker Jr. You already know Skip Martin from Cool and the Gang, as well as the Daz Band. He has a major project, People Get Ready. And he has over 29 artists that's helped him to bring this to fruition, including Stevie Wonder. So my heart goes out to him, you know, in regarding to just pouring in his, not only his dedication of what he has done, but really this is time for us to really pay attention to the world, do our part, you know, and always be ready to serve and to give back. So everybody have the opportunity of meeting Skip Martin, 
He was the lead singer with Cool in the Gang for 22 years, as well as the Daz Band Grammy Award winner. Um, so cool because we're trying to get these guys, you know, this acclamation of just us getting onto this app is the hardest thing. So even Robert Cool, of course, the other side of Cool in the Gang, I was talking to his son and helping him to get onto the app. Um, but, you know, we just have so much greatness that's going on. And I'm so super excited about what he has doing. And we're looking forward to ending it up in Africa. That's our ultimate goal in December. So we're doing 30 days of fashion every day. We've been pouring in the different elements of what fashion really means to everyone. And also it's time for everybody to get out of those doggone sweats and get dressed up again. And I'm like how you said, it's make you feel so wonderful when you're able to come around and give warm embrace and hugs and just pour into each other. And I know we're looking forward to that. I know Laura, um, Laura Frank Bernard and I, we're preparing for an event that's going to take place here in Atlanta um, this month on the 24th with one of our other partners who does so much in regard to the health and wellness. So I want to make sure I introduce you guys to him also, Mr. John Pace. He pretty much owns the Pace Yourself to Health. It's the only um, all-core device that uh, which says infrared. That's a 360. It helps you to not only increase your um, your core, strengthen your core, but it really helps to also increase your metabolism. And you know what? We're taking that 75 hard challenge as well. So it's June 1st, we kicked off hours and then we're going to go all the way through August the 14th. And I can say as of today, I've lost over seven pounds and I'm getting all of this COVID off of me. I'm Renee and thank you for asking, Glenn. I love it, Renee. That's what I'm talking about. Do you guys hear the intention and the purposeful action she's taking as she's walking in her light and serving the world at a massive level. That was beautiful, Renee. I absolutely stink and love that, and I love you, and I will do everything I can to support you today as well as moving forward. I'm going to do uh, something a little different and special today. Danelle will be joining us here in about 11 minutes, so make sure you're hitting that plus sign and invite your friends as Danelle is going to drop some bombs. I also want to go and hit the hand raiser real quick. If there's some of you that want to join us here on stage, my man Alpha is about to put down a strong 10 minutes before Janelle gets in here, but I do want to go ahead and invite some people. If you haven't been on our stage and uh, or it's been a while or you just like to be up here and um, to participate, maybe be able to ask Danelle questions or ask Alpha a question when he's done, then uh, I'll be bringing some people up. But until uh, until then... The hand raiser is open, and Alpha, my man, the mic is yours. Alpha, before you jump in, this is Paulette speaking. Can I just say one thing? Um, thank you for letting me interrupt you. So this is Paulette speaking, and um, on Clubhouse earlier uh, in the month of May, we did a fundraiser, and so we are now in the process of sending books to 20 schools. So we've we've selected that we can, um, with the funds that we raise, send books to 20 schools. So my daughter and I, we have our books. So all you need to do if you want to nominate a school, and it's um, in the U.S. only, but it can be any state, is go to the link in my bio, and there's only six questions that includes the address. And so we want to get these books out to school so that they have them for the start of the school year so if you could do that that would be amazing just go ahead and do that the link is in my bio and it, they don't have to pay for anything it's all free so just wanted to throw that out there thank you so much alpha six paulette done speaking all right hey glenn thanks for it we'll make this short and sweet you know in the last couple of days uh i've been hearing some amazing things uh, mr david spizak said he had a bookshelf 
where he had all the books that inspired the people around him. And when asked what book inspired him the most, he said it was called See You at the Top by Zig Ziglar. So yesterday, uh, this package arrives and this beautiful red book is sitting outside the door. And I'm so excited. And I opened the book and someone, I didn't know it was a used copy of a book, right? And someone had addressed this book to another person. And it's like, dear so-and-so, this book changed my life. And I hope that it inspires you too. I hope that it sends you on the destiny of your dreams. And they're just so inspiring. And then I'm thinking like, why is it at my doorstep? Like someone sent this to you to inspire you to greatness, but it's on my doorstep. So I flipped through the book, preparing to see highlights and, and underlines and all these things where somebody just wore this book out being inspired. And the book is brand new. Other than this person's inscription in the beginning, the book is brand new. I had to think about that for a second. Like, why would someone give away the thing that inspired the person who was trying to inspire you? But that made me also ask myself, have I ever done that in one form or another? Has someone ever taken the time to inspire me or uplift me or say, great job, and I didn't know how to receive it? I brushed it off or I tried to immediately compliment them back or you know, you know, we do we say, oh, no, that's, that's this whole thing. I had that my whole life. Or, I, I, these are just some old shoes. I just threw something on. We try to downplay when somebody tries to uplift. Why is that? Last night when John Nasroff was talking about winning the game of fear, the question becomes, you know, one of the questions was about the fear of success. And he was saying we're mastering disappointment instead of basically dominating change like we could change instantly he, he did a quick thing he asked questions like what's stopping you from doing this and he said a belief he's like when would now be a good time to move past that she was like today he's like as in now she's like yeah he's like well it's just that fast the distance between who we are truly and who we think we are truly is that far. It's a thought. It's a thought that's the difference between who I am ultimately, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, straight from the factory, as it says, as is. Day one, week one, born brilliant. You see, when a baby's born, the baby's crying and we're crying, but we're crying for joy right? We're happy. We're amazed. We're, we're like, oh my goodness, look at you. You're the most magnificent. And you haven't done anything. You don't know a single word. You don't even know what you're looking at or what these sounds are. And yet you're already magnificent. And as we move through life, we start to listen to the words we learn. We start to downplay the magnificent. And then we learn how to play small to fit in these ticky-tacky boxes, right? We just get smaller and smaller as we go. And then when people try to take us out of there, we fight with it. Jim Rohn, not Jim Rohn, Jim Quick, he's on the stage speaking, and he says something so profound about an egg. He said, if that egg breaks from the outside, then life ends. But if it breaks from the inside out, life begins. At what point do we break out of the shell that we created around ourselves 
to decide we're smaller than we really are, that we have to keep on beginning again. We have to keep on trying to be more. And then it occurred to me, because in the middle of John talking, I said, this, this right here. And I'm like, did I say that out loud? And I realized that at times we are holding our own greatness at ransom to the past. Really think about that. Somebody in the past did something, said something, withheld you from succeeding, whatever that version is for you. It could have been a school teacher, a parent, and you're not succeeding right now as a punishment to them. You don't want them to benefit by your success, so to speak. You won't let them be a part of it. You won't answer. This is me as a, a child in third grade. The teacher sent me out of the room because I answered too many questions. And the next teacher said, he thinks he's so smart. Let's send him to fifth grade. And Ms. Holton, who was the only Korean teacher in the whole school, she kept bragging and saying I was so smart and this and that. And the kids around would fold her arms like, he ain't that smart. Yet I was nine in the fifth grade, right? And on the way back to my class, she said something so magnificent. She said, you're probably the one to do it. And I went back to my class and I folded my arms and the teacher said, what's nine times nine? And it popped in my head before she could finish her sentence and my arms were crossed. And the kids started looking at me like, I know you know the answer. And I restricted my movement. I restricted my movement. Think about that. I, every, I had to fold my arms just to keep her from going up. I was like, I'm not giving her the answer. She didn't appreciate the fact that I knew it the first time. She sent me out of the room. So that's what I was doing. I was holding my own greatness at ransom to the past, even if that past was 30 minutes ago. 30 minutes ago. Now, I won't, you know, we don't have much time for questions because we're going to pass over to Danelle in like two minutes. But really keep that thought in your mind that maybe you're not fearing success at all. Maybe it's not having what you truly desire. Because think about it, right? We all have the power of intuition and that same version of something has been calling you and calling you and calling you. You were that child breaking apart a radio or drawing on anything that you could draw on. Or maybe you talk too much, so to speak, but maybe you're a great speaker. Maybe you always had your baby dolls lined up teaching them something because you're a great teacher. Maybe you could outrun everybody and sometimes you ran a little slower because you wanted somebody else to win. I tell my son who's six, he's very fast. I don't know where he gets it from because I'm surely not that fast. I said, do you let your friend win? He said, uh-huh. I said, why? He said, because he's not that good. I said, well, he's never going to find what he's good at if you keep making him think he's good at this. He's good at something. That's what you're good at. So maybe this time you're going to have to blow him out one time. And either he's going to try harder and get better at it, or he's going to realize that this just is it just isn't his thing, right? So I ask everybody here at this breakfast table in this unexpected moment to really think about if you are holding ransom, your greatness on behalf of the past or someone who hurt you before or anything like that, and go ahead and pay that ransom because in that book that David Spizak suggested, it said, don't pay the price, enjoy the price. That was so profound, I had to write it down. Don't pay the price, enjoy the price. Somebody purchased this book, someone gave it to a friend, that friend never even read the book, as far as I can tell. Put it back for sale, 
and somebody like me heard somebody like David say it changed my life and I was ecstatic like it was Christmas morning when I saw that little red book. So hopefully you take these words as a little red book on your doorstep and you open it. And what I did was I put a line under that person's thing and I wrote a letter to my own self. I said, hey, David Spizak said, this is a great book and it's going to change this. and It's going to help you achieve these goals. So good on you for ordering this book and make sure you read every last word, highlight everything, make it look like a coloring book and then show him that you appreciate that's what I have for this 10 minute thing. Back to you, Cliff. So good, bro. <laughs> so good. I love, uh, there she is. What I love about, um, most about Alpha is just the way he experiences life. Always looking for the, the cheat codes and the, the, He's just always looking for opportunities to grow, right? It's like we were talking about earlier. Success to me is that we're growing. The growth in is success to me. And uh, this guy, how he can take one sentence, he can take one book, he can take one word, he can take one thought, he can take one video, he can take one song, he can take one sentence and apply it into his life in such an uh, impactful and dramatic way. And then to turn around and be able to share it with us and make an impact in others. Alpha, I appreciate you. I appreciate you jumping in right there and filling that spot with straight up gems. As uh, Rachel was saying earlier, you're always incredible at that. Another person that's absolutely incredible and brings it every time she speaks is the one and only Mrs. Danelle Delgado. Danelle is my dear friend. She's a mentor. She's a coach. She's my sister. She is a woman that I just absolutely love and adore who is making an impact in millions of people's lives all around this planet. She is a world-renowned speaker. She is a serial entrepreneur. She is the millionaire maker. And she is just absolutely fabulous. Ladies and gentlemen, hit that plus button in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. Invite your friends. The one and only Danelle Delgado is in the building. Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. <laughs> Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Danelle. That was quite an introduction. Did you know that you got nominated for a clubby? I did not until yesterday, and Amelia sent me a text. <laughs> I was like, what is that? I want you How to think about you? this for just a second, Danelle. <laughs> There's 20 million people on the app. Six people got nominated in the category that you were nominated in. Wow. Six out of 20 million. And you are on the app one hour a week. Yeah. The other five that were nominated are on here 24-7. And they drop oh amazing word. content and value as well. I'm not saying that there's any less. I'm just saying for you to be on that list at an hour a week just goes to show the level of the content that you bring to the table. Congratulations. My word. I had no idea, Glenn. My goodness. Yeah, absolutely my goodness. amazing. 
Well, that only happened because you created Breakfast of Champions. Well, that only happened because you created uh, uh, the new Glenn who wanted to create his life, uh, uh, create his business around his life instead of his life around his business. So we can go back and forth on this as as far as you want to go. I love you. Well, together, let's just crush it and keep, you know, helping other people do it. This is amazing. And that I get to do it with you is the, the ultimate blessing. Oh, my agreed, goodness. Agreed. Agreed. Oh Thank you, Janelle. Goodness. You're welcome. Well, let's get started. Man, now I have something to live up to, I tell you. Uh, good morning, everyone. If that just quick intro didn't make you have just a moment to know how very important every single one of you are, um, I just sit here and think, okay, 20 million people on the app, and Glenn and I just want to help people. When you know you can do something for yourself, well, then you know you can help other people do it. I want you to just take a minute and listen to your own self, <laughs> right? Uh, I literally, uh, I'm sitting here looking out at just the most incredible view and thinking how quickly life can change. It's interesting. This is what I'm talking about this morning. As Glenn yep. kicked it out Hello. Like that. What's oh, up, man? Hold on. Somebody's unmuted. I'm trying to find them. That's for you. Maybe you guys can help. That's for you, too. I love y'all. Make sure you mute your mics. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. Um, so, so here's what I want to talk to you guys about this morning. You guys know I usually hop on here and give my top 10 lists or my top six. Sometimes I talk too much to get to 10. Um, but I truly do this to help give you some methods, some strategies that you can trust and create and evaluate yourself and see what needs to change in a very specific way. Because there are so many people on this planet who can do a lot of good, but they don't implement all that they've learned. They just spend their time learning. You can be on this app and, and feel great because of all the information that you gain, but I don't just want you to feel great, I want you to do great. And I want you to shock yourself every single day. And if you have a list to evaluate yourself and say, hey, here's exactly where I need to grow, every person who takes a moment to listen to me today is going to have a place to add, to multiply, to increase their quantities. Okay, so I want to talk to you about this. Uh, Glenn and I were actually talking with the incredible automotive group, uh, Carter Myers Automotive. Uh, we've been training out of the book Mindset. I'm not sure if any of you have read that. I hope all of you do. It is probably one of my favorite books that breaks down mindset in the most understandable way by a doctor, by Carol Dweck, um, between fixed and growth mindset. Um, actually, my kids read this and can understand it and have talked about it, um, but it's also extremely high level. So if you haven't read it, I suggest that is your purchase. That is what you work towards purchasing and doing. Um, but I want to kind of begin this today and give you a top 10 list to completely change your view of yourself. Um, I do believe that most of this happened in my life over the last 12 years. I was an extremely different person 12 years ago. You know, now people love telling my story. How Glenn introduced me is still a shock and awe to me sometimes. Um, and I know you've heard people say that, but, but I want you to understand I was a truly different person 12 years ago. 
And I want you to understand that wherever you are today, I pray that you're a totally different person 12 years from now and that I am too. There is no fixed quantity in your life, zero. There is zero fixed quantity in your life. All can be increased. Your relationship with your spouse can be increased, your relationship with your children, your relationship with yourself, your thought process, your capability, your capacity to impact, to know. I think so many people carry with them their whole life what somebody told them when they were young. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not, you're not, you're not. Well, the truth is none of that is true. You've just been believing a lot of the wrong information. And so... Today, as I talk to you, I want you to understand without a shadow of a doubt, this is my goal today, that you understand there is no fixed quantity in your life. The funny thing is, is I barely said a hundred words throughout all of my education. I was one of the most quiet, one of the most afraid, never raise a hand, would turn red. I studied that that was genetic and I studied how to make that turn off. It still happens sometimes, I hate it, right? All of these different things I thought were stuck with me for life. I had a sister who was incredibly intelligent, incredibly talented. I would never measure up. I was always um, provided for, but never had quite enough to, to excel. Um, until I was on my own and I had nothing and I had to learn that piece. I just want you to understand, life looked a lot different for me. My future looked a lot different a long time ago. Now, people have a much different view on what is possible. The reason they like telling my story is I am living proof that there is no fixed quantity on your life. I want you to understand this. Yes, we have genetic makeups, okay? We have heredity. We have things that are predestined for us. However, with the right training, the right practices, the right methods, like methods can be learned. They can be developed by you. You can increase anything, okay? This is the stories of people who had extreme strength, lifted cars off people, uh, stories of people being paralyzed and learning to walk again against all doctor knowledge and abilities. People, um, you know, losing 200 pounds and doing remarkable things with their bodies. People, you know, who started from the bottom, now they're here, right? Okay, I'm a white girl rapper. Do not make fun of me. I love it. It's good. But understand this. Um, our worlds are a complete reflection of us, right? Your life is a reflection of you. How you deliver is how you think about yourself. And, and this can go either way, right? A lot of people think far too much of themselves and it leads them to make mistakes, but it also leads them to take risks, there's a balance in there. Some people think far too little of themselves and they never fully pull the trigger on the best capable version of themselves. Why do you think there's all these coaches out there saying, live your potential, find it, do this. Listen, because someone was once in a fixed state of mind and someone needs to become the quantity that they can. And I'm just telling you most of my life, most of my life, I was inept. I, I was a different temperament, a different aptitude. I was kind, yes. 
I wasn't kind. Everybody in public knew me as kind. Everybody liked me. I didn't create enemies. I actually probably was too much of a people pleaser. In the public eye, I looked similar that I do now at a very smaller scale. I worked for a church. I built a youth group. I served to the best of me. I won the Denver, I won, I earned the Denver Bronco scholarship to go to college because of my community service efforts where I grew up in Colorado. Um, go Broncos still, no matter what. Yes, I am a fan. Keep your team and cheer them on. Okay. Uh, but they paid for my college education, an education I never would have gotten without it. I earned that uh, and about 150 other scholarships. I put myself through college. I want you to understand that was the time in my life when everything changed. Before that, I was lazy. I was super lazy. I would find ways to have other people do things for me, right? I was weak. I was depressed. I battled with eating disorders. Like, I, I really was submissive to every opinion and idea around me. I believed it, it made me small. I was raised in a very judgmental home. They loved me, but it was all about what others thought. So really I developed this life where I was afraid. I was so afraid to fail that I would be the embarrassment of my family. What's funny and ironic is I spent all my life like this until I was 29 years old and I was given a book and I opened a book and I no longer refused to live like this. And the funny thing is, is now they still judge me, but their judgments hurt them, not me. And they are incorrect. Now I serve more people than they have ever spoken to. I have given more money than they have ever made. There is a difference that happens when you take control of what you think is your lot in life. When you start owning how you feel about yourself, just understand there are consequences for how you think about yourself. Those little comments of, uh, I look fat. Those comments of, gosh, I am the dumbest one in the room. I'll be quiet. All of those little hints that hurt you, fix your quantities to be right where they are. Your life is a reflection of how you think about yourself and how you action that, okay? No matter how many things you fake, achieve, become, do, um, act as if, you cannot lie about how you feel about yourself, okay? The consequences of how you think about yourself are extremely massive, and they create all the quantities in your life. So today, uh, I want you to understand, okay? I had adopted a view of myself, and it profoundly affected every area in my life. It made me um, marry average. It made me think average. It made me achieve average. And every average in my life killed my actual potential and the thoughts of ever doing anything else. And so uh, I want you to take a look at yourself, okay? Um, because I have had moments of extreme arrogance and then I ended up kicked in the teeth and I have had moments of extreme frailty, right? I, I'm sure you're the same, okay? And I want you to write down the one word in which you would describe yourself right now. To your best ability, what is the one word that describes how you feel about yourself, what you actually think about how you're living, doing, breathing, giving, achieving, and being a part of things right now, okay? I want you to document it right now. Just write down one word.
I'm gonna give you a second. One word, I don't wanna not talk for very long. We lose people like that, okay? And if you know anyone who needs to increase their results, who has a goal they wanna hit, who has a business they wanna build, who has a potential they are not yet living, I want you to invite them into the room because it's not just about us hearing the message. It's about the difference that we make. Never climb the ladder alone. What a poor life this would be. Glenn deserves this. He puts so much work into it. And today, uh, I'm gonna give you some steps to help you build a strategy, to build an adoration for yourself that will let you make a massive difference. A massive difference. It will allow you to put to bed any of the lies you have believed. It will allow you to actually make your mark on the world, okay? Now, I'm gonna tell you, some of them you may have heard and you may like, they may be simple, but I want you to put them together. Some of them you may be like, Danelle, I think you're wrong. And I like that you think that. I like that you have an opinion yourself. I like that you would challenge things. I like that you would question them. That means you're actually building a story for yourself rather than just believing everything you hear. Okay, so number one, I want you to understand this. Okay, get your lists ready, write them down, take notes. I do not ever send you my list. I have probably 100 people a week, Glenn, who go, hey, Danelle, can you screenshot your notes and send them to me? Uh, no, I won't. Are you kidding me? I'm not giving you the cliff notes of my 12 years of hard-earned work and effort, my 42 years of life lessons. You're going to build it yourself. And if you couldn't take notes for 15 minutes while I talk, we got a problem with what you're doing. Number one, I want you to write it down so you remember it. You see it visually and you've heard it auditory. Then you're gonna put it into kinesthetic action and let me just tell you, you're actioning all the parts of your brain that could help you make a difference, all right? So I want you to do the work. I want you to read the books. I want you to hear, I want you to take notes and I want you to implement. Stop having notepads of notes that you never implement, okay? I want you to understand, I'm not being a jerk. I'm talking to you how I had to talk to myself. To pull myself out of a 29-year-old slump and get my butt in gear and create the most remarkable life where I got to impact people in a moment like Glenn Lundy and he took it in his own hands and became the one his results required, right? I want this for you. Because if people ask me what the best part of this life is right now, a lot of people ask that on podcasts all over. They go, oh, is it your massive house, your pool, taking your kids on vacation, you know, living the dream that you always planned for them? Let me just tell you, the greatest moments in my life are watching my clients, all of their families change all of their impact, the difference they can make, the arms they reach, how they believe in themselves, how they raise their children because they have been set free by a new truth. It's the best part. It's the best part. I have moments where I want to quit and I see their results, right? Glenn says the millionaire maker. Yes, yeah, some build millionaire minds, some build millionaire businesses, some build six-figure businesses, but everyone is changed. Everyone is transformed. And watching that is what makes me know I can't quit, is what makes me know I'm living in the exact truth that God had for me. And I wish that for you because it, it, it kind of sets you free to come from someone who struggled with knowing if they mattered all of their life. The only way you can know this is by adopting 
some of these things that I'm going to share with you and, and giving your life heck and changing and understanding the consequences of how you think, talk, and act based on how you believe in yourself can change everything. It'll kill it or it'll build it. So here we go. Number one. Number one, in the beginning, when you are starting this journey, if there is a goal that you have not yet achieved, there is something in yourself that you don't yet believe is true. Okay, there is something that you are not trusting in yourself. There's a risk you haven't taken because it's not strong enough. There is not enough knowledge there and not enough implementation. So let me just tell you, if there's any goal you haven't yet achieved, listen to this list. Write it down, get to work on it, rate yourself. One to 10, how you doing, right? How accurate are you? I want you to understand this in the beginning, number one. Number one, I want you to believe in books over people. Some people are gonna agree with, uh, disagree with this. <laughs> and I don't care, you can, I love it. Let's have a conversation, okay? Believe in books over people. Let me just tell you, this was difficult for me, okay? Um, I had a lot of great, incredible, influential people in my life, a lot of my life, right? Even when I was having trouble, um, you know, building the life that I wanted. In the beginning, I need you to study. I need you to study this truth of old. I need you to study the truth of those who researched enough to publish something. Now, in today's day and age, you can have PR. I have PR teams that help publish me in, in magazines and things all over the world. Articles, notes, great. You can buy publicity, right? You can buy, you can self-publish at the access of a click of a button, great. But let me just tell you the work that it takes to write a book, okay? I choose Joyce all over the world. It has about 20 pages of actual writing in it. The rest is work you do for yourself. But I am a self-published author, okay? But I want you to understand the research that goes into it. People who have published a book have done the work. They have implemented to a point that they could do this, right? Some people have other people who write the book. But let me just tell you, nobody accidentally publishes a book but people accidentally speak words that break people. They speak words that are not truth, that have not been researched. They speak in their spare time. They coach people based on what they know, not on all the knowledge. Listen, we have all made mistakes. I know that I have said words that have broken people. I have been too tough at times. I have been too soft and it has also hurt people. Listen to me in the beginning. If you want to build an adoration for yourself that sets your world on fire, that will bring you the consequences of growth and impact, I need you to believe books over people because believe, books tell much more of the truth than people will, even good people. Now, once you believe these books, once you study, I remember reading Think and Grow Rich and, and um, you know, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership and understanding my leadership style, where I was great, where I wasn't. I remember reading uh, the seven, um, man, what was it? The Seven Decisions. It's Andy Andrews, not the pile factor anyway you can read anything there's there's a million books i can give you a million a million books because that is what changed for me i have not finished a book until i was 29 years old okay unless it was a kid's book books told me the truth 
They combated all the ideas of the people who didn't mean to, but who spoke casually to me and broke me down because my brain wasn't strong enough. When I first got in business, one of my mentors, a nine figure earner, his name was John. He told me, he's like, Danelle, they're going to eat you for lunch. You are so kind and so soft and so sweet. They're going to kill you out there. Right? He said, but listen to me. You don't need thicker skin. You don't need that. Skin's thin everywhere. You cut it, it bleeds. Listen to me. You don't need thicker skin. You need a better mind. I'm going to give you books. Book after book after book. And I want you to believe them. That's what he said. So I'm telling you right now, in the beginning, until you find people who have done the research, until you can afford the people who will invest back in you as much as you invest in them and they can coach you correctly, read books, study truth, believe that. That is where I found my truth, right? A lot of people question a lot of things, but a lot of people believe a lot of things. Listen, most most lists out there who tell you how to believe in yourself, love yourself, um, have adoration for yourself. You know what they tell you? They tell you what not to do. They say, don't compare yourself with others. Don't listen to other people's opinions. Well, today I'm going to give you this list. And I'm going to tell you what to do, not what not to do, because you're probably already doing those things. Okay. I want you to understand you have to learn your way to the right people so you can trust their words. In this room, Breakfast of Champions, fantastic. There are a lot of people with a lot of knowledge that you can trust, but you can't be with them 24 seven. You can be with books and having new information, feed your brain until it drowns out the lies that are keeping you from where, you, like from what you want. For, they're keeping you right where you are. There is a goal you have not yet accomplished. There is a belief you have that needs to be broken. It needs to be proven in another direction. There is no reason that I am sitting where I am right now, living the life that I am, that makes sense to myself 12 years ago. There is no fixed quantity in you. I need you to grab the books the greatest books in the world, I need you to read them. I need you to listen to them on Audible. I need you to take notes and apply. I need you to write down one thing that you learn from 30 minutes of reading every single day that you're going to apply that day. That is what I have done for the last 12 years, not a day without it, along with writing my gratitude and I transformed my abilities changed, my intelligence changed, my emotion and emotional intelligence changed, my ability to serve and help others. I became an asset because I believed in the books of those who have researched and studied and grown and done. And I stopped listening to people who spoke to me in their spare time. I started listening to people I invested in, who it was their job and, the, and my win was on them as well, right? That's what happens. So what happens. Free advice is information in someone's spare time. You really want someone to affect your life in that way. So just think about that, okay? You need a greater mind. If there's a goal you have not achieved, we have to change the opinion you have of yourself. That comes from the right knowledge repeated over time telling you the truth. It will build your bravery, and one day that bravery will become courage. 
And that courage is what has brought me here. It's the courage to believe the truth about myself, that there is no fixed quantity in me or you. If there is something that you want, right? God doesn't play tricks on people. He doesn't put a dream in your heart and be like, let's watch Joey fail. It's in there because it's what you're meant to be doing. It's what you're meant to become the person to achieve. 12 years ago, the background of my screensaver of my computer was an audience, a stadium. It was a woman's silhouette standing, speaking on a stage with a stadium of people there. I put that there knowing I wanted to matter. I had no idea it actually meant that I would speak on stages of 20, 30,000 people. Right? I put that there because I wanted to have a voice. I wanted to do something that was remarkable enough that someone would put me on a stage that I could affect others' lives. I wanted no one to be silenced like I was, no one to feel less than than I was. I wanted to do something. I didn't want to fake it. I didn't want to pretend like the rest of the world as what I felt. My world had made me feel small. My knowledge made me feel great. And I will tell you, those feelings matter. As much as we say there's no feelings in business, there's no emotions there. We are humans. We have hearts. And I want you to understand your knowledge will lead your heart in the right direction. Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. Jeremy Downing here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean Paul Guidry here. Now I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Strasnatter. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. We got a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works! I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I wanna open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. Okay, I wanna protect that for you. So that was tip number one. <laughs> that was a long one. I had a lot to say about that. Okay, believe in books over people. Number two. Number two, I believe that if you truly want to adore yourself, have an opinion of yourself that is factual, honest, and the one that is going to help you lead to your increase in value, you must live enlightened, connected to your purpose. You must be connected to a higher power. You must build spirituality, build your faith. You can call it whatever you want. If you believe in God, great. If you believe in something else, great. I am not judging where you are putting your faith. I am just saying you will not rise without living on purpose, without doing things on purpose, without being grounded and connected in a higher power or energy speaking life into you right? This is how miracles have happened in my life when I believed things that were a little ridiculous, right? Most people, and this is interesting, most people say they believe, right? Right? They say, I have faith. 
I have belief. I challenge you to ask people, how are they developing their faith? How are they developing their belief? Because a lot of people have faith, they just don't work on it. A lot of people have belief, they have faith, they know in God, they trust the energy of the universe, but they don't work on it and develop it daily. Glenn and I are huge fans of what you don't do daily, you won't ever do. Daily is the key, daily. How are you developing that? How are you working on that? How are you building that relationship? Because if you're not building your faith, if you're not connecting with your higher power every single day, well, then you're trusting on something that is not being built and you'll lose it. Listen, often what you have, you lose. What you build, you keep. I don't want you to have faith. I want you to build faith. I don't want you to have purpose. I want you to build your purpose. This will make sure that you don't lose it, that it can't run away from you, that no one can take it from you. I guarantee you most of us just adopted the faith of our families, the, the beliefs of our families. Most of us adopted the ideas we have right now. We don't question them and run after them. I remember being young and people telling me things. And I remember reading books far before um, I, I knew anything about study. And I just want you to understand when you count on something to be there, but you're not developing it daily, it's not secure. Just because you have faith doesn't mean something extraordinary won't happen and make you question it. Just because you have faith and you've had faith your whole life doesn't mean it's always going to be there to be counted on unless you are building those muscles. It's the same thing with people. A lot of people get married and they go on with their life and they're pouring all of their time into their career and they forget to pour into their spouse. Listen, if you don't build it, you will break it. I had to, uh, I, I do believe I have the spiritual gift of faith. I've never doubted if God was there through cancer, through kids, through divorce, through everything that I have overcome over and over again. I never doubted he was there, but I definitely had to rebuild our relationship. I definitely had to become my own beliefs, my own study, my own truth, separate from what I was raised from. And I definitely can tell when I don't work it every single day. I write down 10 things I'm grateful for every single day, like clockwork along with gratitude, right? Gratitude, growth, goals, and grace. These are the four practices I do every single day without fail. When I don't do gratitude, I am disconnected. I can have hate in my life. I don't want to have hate in my life. When I have gratitude, I have growth. If I don't do it daily, I become a different person that day. It happens every day. So how many days have you gone without being connected to a higher power, developing your faith, reading a book in the Bible or meditating or grounding outside? I am not a woo-woo person, but I am telling you, be all the woo-woo you want, <laughs> okay? Just don't have a day without connecting because you will not live enlightened. You will miss opportunities. You will start to believe differently. And the relationships and the, the thoughts and the purpose that you have, you will lose if you are not constantly building it. Purpose grows, right? It's kind of crazy when, you know, last year, last year I actually was offered an opportunity that had been my dream opportunity my whole life. I was offered every 
thing I had ever wanted. The money, the extras, the impact, the name, the global presence. I was offered everything in the world, wrapped up in a package with a bow. And until that day happened, I thought that's what I wanted. And when it happened, because of how I had been building my belief, building my business, building my life, building my faith, my connection to my higher power, when it was offered, it was an easy no. Because exactly what I was doing was the path I was supposed to be on. But I wouldn't have known that. And I might have taken it and gone the wrong direction. I know you can always write the direction you go. But listen to me, that decision opened up everything I have ever wanted that I didn't know of. You must build it if you want to keep it. Okay, so that's step number two. You guys doing good? Are you getting there? Are you in there? Are you checking yourself? <laughs> okay, I want you thinking about it. Number three. Number three, if you really want to build yourself, the position you stand in, you must constantly be significant. Okay. Most people in life, what they're craving is significance. They want to know that they made a difference. I want to tell you actively being significant, it debilitates doubt. Okay. It debilitates fear. It debilitates all the things that can kill you. I tell people they must become significant in two areas, impact and income. All right. I believe impact and income. You need to be creating an increase in income and impact all the time. Okay. I want to help people make a difference and make money that can too. Here's why. Our brains play games on us. Okay. They definitely play around, mess around. And when we are making a difference, we know that we are significant. When we see it, right? When we are doing something daily that makes a difference, we know even if you just help one person a day, you will believe in yourself differently than you did the day before. You will not be able to be disproved. No one can say you don't matter because you definitely know factually you mattered that day. When you go out there and you work hard and you increase your income, it disproves the doubt that you ever had that you could do more. It's a actual value. And no matter how much you say money doesn't matter or any of those kinds of things, it is needed to make a difference. And when you increase an actual value and you can see it, nothing transformed my brain faster. Holy moly. I can make a difference and I can make income that does too. I can make money. I can give it away. I can make money. I can serve those who need it. I want you to just understand for a minute, we let ourselves off the hook too often, right? I used to think in my family and how I was raised, in order for me to be a humble servant of God, I would have to be poor. It was a belief that was wrong. I wasn't connected, I wasn't enlightened, I wasn't connected to my higher power, I wasn't believing in books over people who just only knew what they knew. They weren't trying to hurt me. They just only knew that I needed to study people who knew more. I needed to make that my method and my pattern. I needed to be significant on a daily basis because the days where I was depressed, I wasn't serving others. The days where I was hurting or scared or afraid, I just wasn't doing anything to get rid of that. Action solves everything. And I'll tell you, it's not just action. It's significant on purpose motion. 
I want you to work hard so you know that your value is always increasing. I want you to become the most valuable human at your office or your workplace or in your own business. I want you to learn so you can grow, so you can increase. I want you to learn how to earn more money because then you will learn what to do with money and how to invest money and how to give like you never imagined. I used to be a teacher and I remember giving the amount of my annual salary away to help others. I remember that day like crazy because I always doubted if I could do this. I always doubted if that's what God wanted me to do, if I needed to go and earn. And I will tell you what, it has disproved every doubt in me I ever had that kept me from helping others. Money was a tool. It was a vessel for me to believe in myself, make a significant difference on the world, and stay humble and right and focused on what I could do. And I want you to do the same. I want to tell you, be significant with your income and your impact. Make it, give some. Make a difference, let it multiply your strength, and it absolutely will get rid of your doubt. Those things that you believe or that someone told, when you can disprove them, they're done. Your brain no longer needs to emotionalize them because a fact is the only thing that can beat it, right? Our thoughts come into our brain, first they are felt, then they are facted. The faster you get to that point of going straight to the facts of what is true, emotions no longer rule your life. They are an asset to your life because you can feel and enjoy the facts that you are doing, you are making a difference, you are creating increase, and you will no longer need to live depressed. Okay, there is more to that, obviously. This is just a quick, basic rundown. I'm not solving depression or claiming that I am. I am just saving. There are solutions. Being significant daily is going to change how you think of yourself, the actions that you take because of yourself, and the impact you can make. All right, that's it. If you don't feel like you can get out of bed a day, go make one difference for somebody. Yes, it's that simple. Write down 10 things you're grateful for and go serve somebody else. When things are going bad, do something good. You never need to stay down. There is no fixed quantity on your life, right? There's, there's no fixed quantity. I'll tell you, the, the bigger I got, the better I got, the bigger problems I had, the more pain that could be caused. And the harder I worked at being significant and just making a difference, the less pain and hurt I felt. Okay, number, that was one, two, three, number four. Number four, you guys ready for this? Number four, be love. Sounds like very lovey-dovey fluffy, but let me just tell you, being love is the hardest thing in the world to do. Loving others, loving those who don't deserve it, love over hate, love over argument, I, I want people to live in passion. And I will tell you, if you want to learn how to love yourself in a way that no one can stop you, uh, it's like that little meme where it says, I've got my, I can't see hate because, can't see my haters because I got my love goggles on <laughs> or something like that. Listen, love is a choice. And when you have the ability to love those who deserve hate, it is a superpower. All 
growth in this area is good, all decline is fatal. When someone can emotionally impact you and change who you are, what you stand for, and your response to them, they have all the power in the world. When no one can, you do. I will tell you, I love those in my life who have, you know, done things that are unexplainable, pain, hurt, frustration, um, like illegal. Like, let me just tell you, grace, love, when I allow no one to interrupt this, I live for a passion with life that nobody can take away. My progress is imminent. It's not possible. It's a guaranteed right? Nobody gets to take from my love bucket. I love people. I will always love people. I will always see the best in people. I was always see what they can be. Yes, I build boundaries around me, but listen, to love, to be loved, to build a life with passion is my superpower. I have people, successful people around me all the time. who are like, Danelle, cut, uh, uh, do this, do that. This is what they get. Listen, in the end, it all works out. We'll never know till the end. I'm going to let God handle that one, but I am not going to decrease myself into anything else, right? People send me stuff all the time. Danelle, people took your stuff and they put their name on it and they put it out there and people do this and people, listen, people are hating you out there online. They're making up stuff. They're taking half truths and putting it out there. And I'm like, man, let's love them a little today. Somebody hurt them so much. They think that's their way out. Right? The Beatles will write. <laughs> All you need is love. Well, not really. It takes a lot of work. But this is a daily aptitude test for myself. And the reason, your word might be something else. Mine's be love. Yours might be something else. What is your superpower that you have to enact it every single day and that no one can take from you because that would make you feel less of yourself? Listen, this is how I was built. This is my makeup. This is the one thing that I guarantee no superhuman above me or more successful person could ever tell me is wrong about myself because this one fact has been my superpower through life. There is no negotiation here. Zero. Where people deserve hate, I will not give it, <laughs> right? Who says that? Who deserves hate? Yes, there are murderers, there are rapists, there are sex trafficking all over this world. And let me just tell you, if we are not working towards healing and growth on these people, if we are not working in correctional facilities, correcting things, I'm not going into prison reform, but let me just tell you, hate in the world is not going to create more love. Division in the world is not going to create more unity. Love well. There's understanding that, that can't be pressed there. So I'm going to tell you, I want to challenge you, how are you loving your people in your life? How are you mistreating? How many of you guys have ever been short uh, with your words this week to someone you love? Listen to me. If you can't exercise it to those you love, how are you going to exercise it where it could change the world and shift how the world comes together? We have to become stronger and better. And if you want to love yourself, I guarantee you a strength or a superpower in this manner will help you defend yourself at all costs. Listen, some people are, say they're afraid of success or afraid of earning or afraid of, of having money, right? They say a lot of things. I'm trying to find a mic. Somebody's unmuted. Um, but I, I want you to say they'll, they'll say a lot of things and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you have a superpower that will unify your world. 
you just have to be strong enough to execute on it and not let it take you out okay uh, hey guys, check your mics if you're up on the stage. That's for not me, you. Okay? Yeah, I'm looking, Danelle. I can't see. I can't you. find them either. Um, well, I think they just found themselves. Well done. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Keep going, girl. This is fire. And yeah, I remember never... your step two. I remember when you got that call and you were like, yeah. Glenn, this is everything I've ever wanted. And I think I'm going to yeah. say no. And I was like, what? So, yeah, keep going, girl. You're mm -hmm. killing it. <laughs> I had to say no a couple times, remember? And I was like, wait, am I wrong? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, Pretty amazing. Hey, uh, I love you. <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. I just want people to understand, right? Like, I had to learn this about myself because there have been moments, there have been things I have done where I didn't love who I was or the impact I had made. Everything we do affects others. And when we get that under control and we understand our power, when I worked my way up and I understood, oh my gosh, it actually doesn't take superhuman strength to be a leader in the world, to be known, to have your name out there. Look at, to be one of the top nominated out of 20 million people, what? I, I literally am sitting here in shock. Like, how does that happen? Was that somebody being nice? Like, this is what our brain does. If you want to learn to have an accurate depiction of yourself, do the things that you are proud of. And I would never be proud of the things that I have done that didn't have love associated with them, that had hate, that had, um, you know, wanting to get people back, wanting to prove myself to those who hated me. Like any of those emotions that were negative would have never brought me to life, but love did. And it started with me doing it for others and it turned around and came back to me. And so I want to challenge you with the language you have towards yourself, towards others, towards your relationships. Did you ever wish you had all of the best tips and tricks, um, amazing advice and recommendations on, from your favorite influencer or industry leader? And you wish all of those things can be found in hold one on. place. I know I have thought about Wait. that on more than one occasion. There and we go. it would be so much easier to like, instead of scrolling through all of their posts, hey, I want um, to find it all so, in one place. And your audience wants the same going. from your number, account, which is why see, one, two, I was very three, excited four, five, to hear number about five. the introduction of okay, Instagram five. guides. If, so, if you, you want this progress, no fixed quantity on your life, are a um, group of posts this is a lesson I had to learn over and over and over, and I'm constantly learning. And with this feature, um, you have the ability health. to consolidate you content around specific build topics. your health. And, and let me explain this to you, okay? When you when you understand that nothing in this life can happen beyond how long you live. We all, we all live legacies. We all are building empires that hopefully will last a lifetime. But let me just tell you this, okay? Your personal condition, state of operation, your health controls everything about your impact, your life and what you can do, right? It controls your freedom or it controls what you're gonna have to sacrifice to fix it. I know I'm a cancer survivor multiple times. It was rough. I had to save my three children and build a business. And that was my excuse that I didn't have to control my health while I was building a business. And I worked endless hours and I built companies in the U S and in um, Australia and all over the world at different hours. So while my kids were sleeping, I could build and I killed my body. It did nothing but break myself down. And I will tell you, I'm not saying 
you have to be a size two. I'm not. I'm not saying it has to do with weight. I'm not saying it has to do with appearance. I'm not saying it has to do with just mental health either. I am saying you need a description of what health is to you and you need to build it daily because there is no way you can outsmart your own brain. I do a little task with people at retreats and I show them you can't lie to yourself. And the truth is this, if you are not controlling your state of being and operation, you will never have control over your results. You will be negotiating with yourself over loss, pain, sacrifice, trauma, regret. All of those things come when you are at a state that is not welcome. I'm telling you, you define your health, what it looks like for you, your greatest state, but you have to work at it. And when you're weak at it, you're going to have to hire help for it. I have, I'm living that right now. I have someone who shows up, she'll be here in 10 minutes. We begin our workout. She does all of my food. She does my timeline. She tells people when I'm at speaking events, hey, this is Danelle's line. She is going back to go to bed. I had to have somebody in my life teach me how to control my health because my health was controlling my impact. And so number for number five, I want you to understand, build your health make a plan. Most people don't have it written down. What is your ideal weight? What is your ideal look? What is your ideal water intake? What is your ideal impact you could make? What is your ideal input going into your mind to have a healthy mind, healthy emotions, healthy relationships, healthy spiritual life? Build your health. This is where everything is built from. So rate yourself on it. And what do you need to fix? Okay. As I'm going through and describing all of these for you, I want you to understand this is about the implementation piece, okay? I've got one more for you, my top six here today, that will completely transform how you think about yourself and the consequences that come from it, right? I want you to profoundly affect your own life today by how you are living yourself, okay? I, I want you to never let anyone else be able to take away your value, your life, your impact, your difference, your truth. And when you build it this way, nobody can take it away. Okay? So build that health, right? Build that health. Number six, here's the last and final one. Okay? <clears throat> I want you to write your plan today. I want you to write your plan out. I want you to list out what you want to be known for when you die. I want you to list out what you want to have impacted. I want you to write down specific names that you are going to make a significant difference in their life. I want you to write down the number you are going to earn and give back to charity and make a difference. Titus, it's okay. See, look, she's eight minutes early. My trainer's here. <laughs> Good morning, Kristen. Okay, I want you to write down what you are going to look like, deliver, be, the health you will share with the world, the significance, the impact, all of those things we have written down. Maybe you want to build a progress so great you will write a book and people will believe in your book over people who are telling them things that are not truth. Whatever it is, listen, you gotta have a plan. So step number six is this. And this is a skill, this is something we did and something I did called the Game Changer Academy with Todd Stottlemyre, one of my mentors, three-time World Series baseball champion, a dear friend of mine. Um, 
Uh, we do a lot of life, our families together. Uh, and he had us do this exercise and it was very, very, very powerful. And I'm gonna challenge you guys to do this today with my last seven minutes. I want you to take time today to write your own obituary. You may have heard this before. I've heard, I've heard other people use this as a skill. Um, but I want you to write it as something to achieve. I want you to think about um, what happens because uh, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy, okay? And I'm gonna tell you this. Hang on, sorry, I'm uh, stepping outside. You're sorry, you probably hear the birds. I want you to think about this. He had us do it in two ways. Number one, he had us write our obituary as if we died today. As if we died today, what is the difference you made? What is the impact that happened? What is the legacy that would continue from today forward? And as we did that, you can probably imagine the tears, the frustration, the sadness going, but I haven't done enough yet, but I need to do more. But my children need me for more years than this. Listen, every feeling, every emotion you could possibly have, I had, right? I didn't want to participate in the activity. Right. And the next week we got to participate and say, OK, now write the one you want to have and compare them today. I'm going to challenge you. Write it as if it were today. Write it like feel it, know it, understand the difference and make a plan to ensure that every day from here on out, it changes. I want you to think about that. You can write it for when you actually die and put it out there for several years or decades in advance. But understand, if you could change the perspective you have today in what you could leave, your moments would change. My life's been threatened so many times because of my health and choices. I just tell you, I wake up differently than most. I achieved more than most at a younger age. I did more than most every single time because I know how valuable my life is. I want to know that my kids are going to be okay. My kids right now could speak on a stage and stand and impact masses. They do. They come right along with me. Sophie's getting ready to travel with me in a couple weeks. I want them around it. I want them impacted. I want them reading books. My kids would rather read books. I have to tell them to put them down. Listen, what in your life needs adjustment? What needs to happen so that you understand the power that you have in this world over your world? Because at first, I just wanted to make a difference in a handful of people. I wanted to matter. And I had a mentor say, Danelle, you wanted to matter this whole time. Do you? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, now what? And I said, now I get to know that my thinking was so small that I only thought big enough to live 35 years. Now I get to figure out what my real dream is. Well, I'll tell you, when you look life in the eye and you see what you're doing and what you're capable of, make a plan. Make the difference. That one that's in your heart, the one you ignore, the one you don't tell to very many people because you don't want their opinion. Ladies and gentlemen, you matter more than you know. You're on this exact clubhouse for a reason today. You had to hear what I said for a reason today. Maybe it was just to re-ensure what you already knew. Maybe it was to adjust one area of your life. Maybe it was to readjust the whole thing. Whatever it is, I know it was on purpose. And I know that somebody's going to do the work. 
somebody's going to do the work. They're going to tag me in their stories and I'm going to watch them make an insurmountable rise, a huge impact in their world and the world over the year to come because of today. I just know that. I used to show up in rooms and say, God, let me impact just one. Now, when I show up in rooms, I'm like, let me get them all, <laughs> right? It's because my perspective changed of myself. My beliefs changed of what I knew I was capable of. I quit thinking small. I quit playing small. And I started doing those steps. I started reading books. I started believing the truths, the research. And it led me to the people who I could trust, right? Now I believe in people and books because I have the right people in my life, but I also still check them based on books, based on facts, based on extraordinary measures and based on my actions. I test myself all the time. I check myself as I'm connected to my spirituality and my impact and what God needs me to do. I have to check it so I don't lose it. I have to build it every single day. I want you to review these and take a look at yourself. I want you to write your obituary as if it were today. And I want you to say, what would people say is true of you? And what more do you want? When you know what more you want them to say, then get after it. Make a plan. Write it down. Put it in your calendar. Do it daily. Life's going to look a whole lot different. The consequences of how we think about ourselves change our whole world. Changes our whole world. Most people just spend time focusing on what they don't like about themselves or what they haven't done yet. They beat themselves up. Listen, no child was disciplined to become their best self. They were loved to be their best self. Discipline is in the actions you take through love. So be clear with yourself. You need to fall in love with yourself. And the easiest way to do that is to take the actions that you're proud of. And when you take the actions that you're proud of, you just can't stop. The bad, the hard, it starts to go away every single time. The frustration and the challenges become opportunities. Life can look different if you look at yourself different. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I got for you this morning. Happy Clubhouse Tuesday. It's my favorite. Glenn Lundy, you're my favorite. I see Scott Simons, Liza Borges, Dr. Rowe. Look at all these people. What an incredible room. I'm honored to be here with you guys today. Let's go kick some butt. Woohoo! Great work, Danelle. Flash those mics, flash those mics, flash those mics. We love you, Danelle. If you are in the audience, if you are in the audience and Danelle made an impact on you today, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Get them hands up. Get those hands up. If anything Danelle was saying today was speaking to you, look at that Danelle, a virtual standing ovation here on a Tuesday. Look at those hands. Look at those hands. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I think this is going to be the most we've ever seen as far as hand raises. Keep raising those hands if Danelle made an impact on you today. Unbelievable. Wow, 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 wow. There it is. Holy smokes. Look at that. It just broke over a hundred hand raised. Oh my gosh. No wonder this girl got nominated for a clubby. That's what's no up. No surprise at all. No, no surprise, surprise at all. right? Danelle, do you know where the link is to look at those? No. <laughs> Great. Click on my face. Okay. Click on my profile. Yes. Click on my Instagram. Yes. And then you should see a link right there at the top of my Instagram where it says vote for the clubbies here. And oh, people yes. can click on that link and they can vote for their favorite. Hint, 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 hint. They can vote <laughs> for their favorite in all kinds of different categories. 27 different oh, categories. 
They can vote for their favorite show, their favorite host, their favorite moderator. And you, my dear, that is where you have been nominated out of 20 million people to be one of six in the running for the best content on Clubhouse. Congratulations. What an honor. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you all for just letting me pour my heart out. Let's change the world together. Love y'all. Thank you. Let's do it. Let's do it. Somebody said my name. Nope. Okay, good. All right. I am going to reset the room and then we're going to my friend Jasmine Star. I cannot wait. So I'm going to go ahead and reset the room real quick. Boom. Come on. Same That's same right. Same That's same. right. Come on. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke. Hashtag rising grind. Hashtag rising grind. There we go. This is Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club, your opportunity to get a seat at the table. That's right, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We are here Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, bringing you motivation, education, inspiration, celebrity interviews, and of course, Q&A. We're also here on Saturdays from 6 to noon Eastern Time. And on Sundays, we have the fabulous Club 111. That is our Sunday service, full-on worship service with uh, worship music and prayer and a full-on sermon. It's amazing. So make sure you mark your calendars for that. Do me a huge favor, hit that plus sign. We still got another hour to go here. And the great Jasmine Starr has agreed to join us. And I cannot wait for you guys to get to know this incredible superhuman if you don't know her already. So go ahead and hit the plus sign in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen and invite your friends on up in here. I know some of you guys did that a little bit earlier for Danelle. And look what Danelle dropped. And we're just going to keep rocking and rolling. Make sure you're following our club up there in the top so you don't ever miss any of these opportunities to run into any of these celebs or these interviews or any of this awesome, awesome information and content that we drop in here every single day. So make sure you're doing that. And of course, I want you to mark your calendars for July 29th and 30th. July 29th and 30th. We are going to be going to the Listening and Beyond Summit in New York City listening and beyond summit in new york city july 29th and 30th i'd love to see you there you can get your tickets at listeningandbeyond.com that's listeningandbeyond.com use the code champions 10 to save a little money on that ticket and to also let them know that you're part of this crew right here that you have a seat at the table fair enough fair enough with that said jasmine yo how are you young lady Okay, I feel like I walked into a family reunion, somebody's barbecuing, that music was a vibe. It feels so good to be home. Thank you, Glenn. (laughs) Thank you. I am so glad you're here. Talk to me about that. You just went back to a family reunion with the barbecue, with the music. What was that like in your family? What's, What's your family like? Oh, well, my dad is from Mexico. My mom is from Puerto Rico. So you got carne asada on the grill, and then you got salsa music playing. Everybody's talking fast, talking over each other. And people would look on the outside and say, why is that family yelling at each other? I was like, no, we have passion. Okay. You know, we talk with our hands and we're loud because we love you. That's what, that's, that's what this is about. (laughs) I love it. What do you think growing up in that environment did for you? It was super grounding to know that you are never owed a dang thing, that everything you want is on the other side of being consistent and having the humility to do what you have to do 
to get to where you want to go. Mm, mm, mm. Never owed a dang thing. You're going to have to go out there and get it, folks. This is Jasmine Starr. She is the founder and CEO of Social Curator, the top business podcast. She's got the Jasmine Starr Show, which I listened to one the other day. Who was it that you were interviewing? Oh, I forgot her last name just now. I think her first name was Kim. It might Kim. be Cat Cole. You know, uh, yes, Cat. That's who it was. Cat Cole. Cat Glenn, I know your folks, son. I know how you roll. I was like, he listened to a podcast. It had to have been Cat Cole. You know, that's how the clubhouse. <laughs> That's how the clubhouse crew works. Yes, it was. It was Cat Cole indeed. Amazing podcast. Jasmine is out there empowering business owners to build a brand and market it on social media. She's also amazing with photos. She's incredible with the camera. She always catches the right lights and the right looks. So Jasmine, talk to us a little bit. So you grew up in this awesome family. You've got uh, these parents that are like, look, you're going to go get it. Ain't nobody giving it to you. And now you've been able to build quite the empire. So talk to us about some of those first steps that you made to get to where you are today. Glenn, if you would allow me, I feel like it's so important. I feel it like in my soul for me to not necessarily lead with talking about myself because it makes it singular. But if we could talk oftentimes about the thing that unifies us and some things that unify us are the desire for being loved, food, water, but also a few things that unify us are commonly shared emotions, which is fear and doubt. And I happen to really be connected in a subset of business owners. And when I say business owners, we're talking about everybody from, you know, medium sized business owners with, you know, 500 employees to somebody who has a week, who is a weekend warrior or is, has a side hustle, right? And in that grand spectrum, we all encounter emotions of fear and doubt and the, what Kat calls the, instead of imposter syndrome, the inner saboteur. And so if we can go there and first and foremost say that I am of the people, I am with the people, I too feel those emotions on the daily. Now, the difference that I have realized beginning in 2017, far into my professional career, was that the person who was being the rudest and the meanest to me was me. That there was nobody who could cast more doubt or instill more fear or talk the meanest to me than me. In fact, we are, I don't know, I don't know. I, I have felt and I have encountered some really mean people on the internet. And I look at the mean comments and I think to myself, oh honey, that's nothing. Let me show you how to do it. Let me show you how to rip my insides out and lay them out on the internet because that's what the inner person, that is what a wolf in my soul was doing on the daily. And then all of a sudden I had this coming to and this reckoning to be like, how could I ever be the person I want to be if part of me is holding me back saying that I am not worthy, I don't deserve it, it is not possible. And then all of a sudden, Glenn, like a muscle, not like a muscle, it is a muscle. Our mind is a muscle. And I started thinking to myself, I need to go to a brain gym I need to work out. I need to do the mental push-ups. I need to do the mental sit-ups. And all this was, Glenn, was choosing a different emotion associated to the same situation. Because it takes us just the same amount of energy to be afraid in a situation as it does for us to believe that a solution is on the horizon. 
It takes the same amount of energy to be worried or to be faithful. It takes just the same amount of energy to be hateful or hopeful. And so when we actively choose a different emotion, we get a different outcome. It's Einstein who said it best. And he said, insanity is repeating the same thing again and again and expecting a different outcome. As a business owner, I kept on beating myself up and then wondering why I wasn't getting the thing that I wanted when for years that was my behavior. It was when I shifted what I was doing on the daily that I started getting different results. So if we could start there, Glenn, I would be so happy. Girl, this is your show. Are you kidding me? This is your world. I'm just a, I'm just I'm just here. I'm just here and I love exactly what you're talking about and we can definitely start there. So talk to me about it. Why do we do this? Why are we so mean to ourselves? Well, I want to be first and foremost, I'm a law school drop, dropout, daughter of an immigrant. Uh, so it's like, here's like my legal disclaimer. I am not a psychologist. I am not a psychiatrist. I do not pretend to be. But what I know is that after working and watching and being entrenched with over 25,000 business owners is like the thing that stops most of us isn't a lack of education. Why? Because we now live in the 21st century and everything we want to know the answer to exists on the inside of Google. So it's not for a lack of knowing or a lack of knowledge. And oftentimes we would like to say, maybe our grandparents, our parents will say, well, it's a lack of connection. I don't have access to those types of people. And to that, I would say actually in the 21st century, specifically in the last two decades, that has changed because we have never had this much accessibility to people who could teach us things. Who, ex who share information on their blogs, on videos, on YouTube, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. So we can't say that it's access and we can't necessarily say that it's education. So the thing that stops so many of us is that many of us as business owners, now I don't speak to any other like niche right now, this is what I feel, co feel confidently in, is actually vocalizing the thing that you want to be and then saying it to other people. And the reason why we get stuck not saying it to other people is because we're afraid of judgment, right? Like for years, when the very first thing I wanted to do, I dropped out of law school, I had no plan, I had no money, I had just gotten married, my mom was recovering from a relapse of brain cancer, and I thought to myself, I wanna be a photographer, but whenever I tried it saying it, Glenn, it sounded like I was like a um, f -f 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 photographer, like I was like really bad right. rapper, it's like, like <laughs> nobody, nobody's gonna believe that I was a photographer, nobody. And oftentimes the first step is just to state the thing you want to become. Because for all intents and purposes, you could say you want to be a photographer, you could say you want to be a graphic designer, you could say you want to be in direct sales, whatever it is. No, first things, you must say it. But then secondly, your actions must map your aspirations. And never before in human history have we been given the supreme divine gift of visibility and the, and the ability to garner attention. So when you say you want to be X, when you say you want to do Y, show it. That's it. Show it. Because if I came on your show, Glenn, and I said, guess what, Glenn? I'm a ninja. And you're like, okay. Now I said it though. I said, Glenn, I'm a ninja. It's gonna be up to you whether you not believe whether or not you believe me in that moment. But Glenn, if you happen to see over the course of time that I was recording myself making ninja videos, if I was on Instagram posting ninja posts, if I was going into a dojo, if I was buying my, my you know, tying my black belt, the more you saw me do the thing I said I was, the more you believed it. So first we have to say it. 
Secondly, we have to map our actions to our aspirations. And third, we must show us doing the thing far before anybody will, number one, believe we are that thing. And then number two, invest in us as part of a business. So since we're in 2021, and this is straight up masterclass stuff right here, folks. So I'm glad you're paying attention. Since this is 2021, on the show it part, do is that a 100% must, like, all businesses must show up on social nowadays? Well, I don't ever think, I don't, I don't believe in hard yeses and hard noes. But the answer is to be competitive, not just today, but in the future. If it's not a must today, it will be a must in the future. But I, I've never been the person who's speaking to the person, you know, in the clubhouse, in the yacht club, in the country club, in the White House. I've never been the person to speak to the person who has the thing. I speak to the people who want the thing. And I look around at people and I'm like, y'all, we are given the ability to connect with people on a daily basis. How bad do you want it? How bad are you willing to go live on Instagram? How bad do you want it so that you can create stories on LinkedIn? How bad do you want it to come on Clubhouse and host a room when nobody shows up? But you will never be able to speak to a thousand people if you are unwilling to speak to the one person who does show up. So do I think it is a must? Mm, not yet. But for the people and have nots and those who desire this is our opportunity to change the game. The internet has democratized the way that businesses are built and the way that people build a personal brand and the way that people show up. And let me tell you that specifically after COVID, there was a boomerang effect that people aren't so interested in perfection online. They're looking for consistency. They're looking for personal connection. And dare I say it, Glenn, people are just looking to be social on social media. We all have that ability. It just, we have to give ourselves our permission to state what we are, to map our actions to our aspirations, and then show the dang work. Wow. I am loving it. I am loving it. If it's not a must now, it will be a must later. I think I agree with you 100,000. Um, <laughs> percent i like how you said you're not the type that's with those that have it you're the type that's with those that want it you attract those that that want it and that's who you serve i think that that's a really strong statement and it shows a lot of clarity in your mission your purpose and what you're doing how did you evolve to this place where you're so clear on who your tribe is who your people are and who you can serve best the same way, Glenn, that when you walk into a room, if you're known or unknown, is that like attracts like. That for me, because I am the daughter of an immigrant, because I'm brown, because I'm female, because I am now building a business in an industry that like I know, know which way is up, um, I only ever can walk in a room and quickly identify who are my ilk and who are my folk. Now, I have been in rooms, Glenn, where people are, you know, you, you encounter them and then their eyes are looking over your left shoulder or your right shoulder. Or they talk about themselves and they just say, yeah, 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 when you're trying to talk back to them. And I was like, uh-uh. I have been raised with too much self-love to sit here and act like this person is doing me a favor. Dale Carnegie said it best. He said, your business will go farther getting being genuinely interested in two other people than trying to get 200 people interested in you. 
I do not care to be the center of the room. I do not care to be on the stage because I know Glenn from every iteration of a multitude of successful businesses that tidal waves have started with a pebble in an ocean. And so oftentimes we go into social media and I say this as a content creator, I say this as a CEO, I say this as a podcast host, I say this as somebody who building out YouTube, building out LinkedIn, I say this knowing that it is and will always be a small group of people who will push you to where you want to go. So we talk, I know that I talk to the wallflowers, I know that I talk to the people who do not care for totem poles, who do not care for vanity metrics. I talk to the people who are out here trying to stand in their purpose and serve people. And guess what, Glenn? The nerds end up winning. Okay, we've seen that again in time and time in Hollywood. And this is the thing that I know is when people care about themselves, they're only after their own and then they become massive lions. They claw anybody who's trying to get theirs. And I'm just like, listen, the, the lions only last until the entire jungle rallies together and says, we got this. So where am I going to put my chips? I'm going to put it on the ecosystem of the entire jungle and not on a singular lion. Mm, mm, mm. Are you guys picking up what she's putting down right here? So good. <laughs> so good. Go ahead. Flash those mics. Flash those mics. Flash those mics. <laughs> Jasmine, I love it. All right. So what is the singular biggest? Obviously, people have their fears. Uh, people have their concerns. And you are so, like, spot on, right? We got we to gotta know it and we got we to gotta show it. And, and so I guess my question is, with those that are in the have not yet department, what is the maybe... Like, in, I'm thinking in my head, have you ever read the book, like, Three Feet from Gold? No. So, Three Feet from Gold just talks about how, you know, a lot of times we, we quit when we're we're right there. Oh, right? yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, really, really incredible. And so, what would you say, like, for those that are really close, what is the one thing that, that they can maybe do? One or two things that for those that just feel like they're almost there, but they just can't quite get unstuck, what is one or two things that they can do to get across the finish line? Well, number one, I would kind of flip the script because we let in when it was defined as for the people who are have-nots. And I think to myself, Glenn, we all have something. We might not have the thing that we've stated we desire, but we all have something. Listen, I don't give a rip if you don't have a seven-figure business yet, but you have healthy children. I don't give a rip if you're not driving your Ferrari, but your mom is healthy. Like, we all have something. And so if we can continually and perpetually look at the things that we don't have, it sets us behind. That our cup will never be full. We will never be satiated. The idea that people say, oh, my glass is half full. And I was like, your glass is refillable. So why don't we all just take a moment and think about all the good that is in our life? And if you're like, I ain't got a mama, I ain't got no kids, you have a roof over your head, you got clean water, you got pennies in the console of your car, guess what? You're in the top 10% of the world. Congratulations. How many excuses do we need to find to keep us held back from our potential? How many times are we going to look around and say, oh, I can't do this because of that, when I can sit there and say there are people who have less and that are doing more? So first, it's understanding that we, in this moment, on a mobile device, are here doing top 10% activities. So hot dang, good morning, and happy Tuesday. Number two, 
The idea is if you feel stuck and you don't know what to do next, the idea would be to become entrenched in people and in industries of people that are doing what you want to do but just ahead of you. Now, here's the thing. Um, it is not my idea. Somebody calls it the aspirational pyramid. I don't know who it's uh, attributed to, but the aspirational pyramid is that in every industry, there is somebody at the apex, at the very top of the pyramid. And we look at them as being like, wow, that's the person. But oftentimes, if we hold ourselves and we are just starting, or maybe we're just like three, four years into our business and we are at the base of the pyramid, we look at the people who are at the very top and be like, yeah, but that's them. And so we come and we put excuses between us at the bottom of the period pyramid and the person at the top. But oftentimes the way that we get stuck, the way that we get, the way that we get unstuck, the way that we move up the pyramid is not to look at the person at the apex. It's not to look at the Oprah or the Brene Browns. If you want to get into, you know, life changing and coaching and being an author and being a speaker, you're not holding yourself to what Brene and Oprah are doing. What the best thing to do is to see is how do I move the needle a little bit is to look at the person who's just one tiny step above you in the pyramid. And I, I, I'm literally talking about the homeboy or the homegirl who, when you're just trying to start off getting your first speaking gig to talk about mindset and you can't get a room full of five people, but there is a person who's getting 15. That's the person you need to speak to because they can put you in contact with people who might be interested. You can just watch. You can see how their communication is. You can see how they, with very similar resources, they might not have a social media team. They might not have somebody in customer service. So instead of comparing yourself to the apex, you're comparing yourself to a person who is just one tiny step ahead of you. And then you just got to watch and you got to see how they behave and you got to connect with them in real ways on social media. You got to like every post. You got to leave a comment more than four words. You got to vote on their polls. You need to send them DMs. They're not about, hey, can you hook me up with that speaking agent? But like if they ask for, you know, what to watch on the weekend, if they ask for your favorite sunscreen, when you care about them as a person, they will in turn care about you and know that you are not trying to just get yours, but trying to create a long-standing relationship. So good, Jasmine. So good. Looking at that person one step above you, watching what they're doing. I like how you mentioned they most likely have like the same resources as you, right? Because sometimes resources can really like throw a lot into the mix, right? You look at somebody that's in the same field as you, but they've got a team of 50 people behind the scenes that are doing all these things. And you're looking Correct. and you're like, man, why can't I do what they do? And it's like, well, because they're not doing it. Their team of 120 people are. And that's because they built it over the last 15 years and they've earned the right to, uh, to uh, do all the other things like work out 14 hours a day or whatever it is, right? <laughs> Correct. And Glenn, you know, could I tap here for one? For yeah, one second? of course. Is when we when we when we talk about this, oftentimes um, I just want people to genuinely look at. If you're telling yourself I am stuck or I don't know what to do next, I want you to ask yourself: Do I feel stuck because I associated my desires with a particular timeline? So we're going to like really take yourself back. If you are in this moment feeling like you don't have what you want, you're not where you are, you are stuck, you don't know the next move, my first question to you is are you associating your aspirations with a timeline? Because the biggest misnomer is that when we start anything, a hobby, a business, a career, we think it should happen when we imagine it. And out of nowhere, Glenn, we pull out from thin air. Mm, yeah, I should have these many followers in six months. 
really? I used to have like 18 clients in 12 months. <laughs> Who said that? Wait, what, you know, it's like where I should do my first seven figures in eight months. Why? And here's the thing, Glenn, I'm talking to myself in this moment. Like, I think that I came out of the womb, like telling my mom, like, hey, mom, you need to do it right next time. Okay. I, I think that's just how I was listening to my <laughs> childhood. So I don't want anybody listening to be like, oh, I don't like how she's telling me what to do. I am not telling you what to do. I'm giving, your girl is giving herself a pep talk because in this moment, Glenn, I struggle with this as a CEO and a founder of a tech company. Point zero six of all investment funding goes to black and brown women. And I stepped into an industry backwards. I didn't even know I was building a tech company when I was building a tech company. And so all of a sudden I have this moment of reckoning to be like, whoa, I got to change everything about my business. I got to bring in, I got to do my own tech stuff. I got to bring in a development team. I need UI, UX. And I'm learning all of this. And Glenn, I said in 12 months, I was the 12 month girl. And let me help, let me tell you that moment you're like, oh, it's 12 months later. And I'm not even 30% to where I thought I was going to be. What then, Glenn? Yeah. Do we beat ourselves up? Or do you say, like, oh, my aspirations were tied to a timeline that I pulled out of thin air? Dang. Now let's see what can we do now to continue moving the needle forward, even if it's not the numbers that we imagine. So strong, Jasmine. I love this conversation and I can identify with it 1 million percent and I believe that there are other people in the room um, that can as well and I think it's interesting uh, Dave Meltzer was in here on Friday and he was talking about how these things they do take time and even even though we may not be where we thought or it doesn't even look like we're close things are compounding like having the disciplines, doing the activities that we know, and even if we don't necessarily hit the target time, we're still, we're, those, those activities are still, uh, they still hold weight and they still have value, right? And we just yeah. got to keep stinking going because sometimes, like when you double a penny every day, 26 days in or whatever, it looks like you're still got nothing, but four days later, you've got millions of dollars. And I believe that that's how it is with the right activities, the purposeful activities, when we have that discipline and that intention, that if you just stay the course, at some point, it will S-curve, or not S-curve, it will, you guys hockey know what putt. I'm talking about. Yeah, hockey, hockey, hockey stick. stick. It'll hockey stick <laughs> and pay off. Jasmine, you're so strong gifted talented and the ability to uh and very self-aware you have the ability to give yourself a pep talk right which i which i love i want to go to the other side of you what makes jasmine cry which i don't i don't necessarily mean to ask it that way but like what is where where's your weak point what's your achilles heel what's the thing that really gets you Oh, Glenn, I love this question because, you know, in 2019, um, my team made a joke that says, oh, Jasmine eats rocks for breakfast. And I was like, with, yes, with some almond milk. Um, people <laughs> make jokes that like, you know, if you tap on my chest, you hear an echo. 
boom, boom, you know, it's just like, so I know, I know that, um, I, I didn't realize it was a superpower until I started embracing it. And I'm very good at compartmentalizing. And regardless of what was going on in my life, I started learning this at a very young age. We grew up very, very, very poor. My parents lost multiple homes, not out of mismanagement of funds, but just because they didn't know what they were getting into. And um, we moved around and we lived in apartments and we were robbed. And it was, it, I make no joke that my mom, I distinctly remember, I have a twin sister. She, we were sitting outside of the post office and there was a shootout between gang members and my mom threw herself on top threw herself on top of me and my sister and i think what happens is that as a child you start putting things in compartments in order to continue to push through and i think that when i come into life now um, when it comes to business i have to I, I get to i get to be a specific person who's very 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 focused and i prided myself in that until a baby girl was placed in my arms on february 2nd 2020 it was the it was the um it was the day that we adopted our daughter she was born on january 22nd and we had 24 hours notice that we had been placed mm, oh 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 how did that little love coming glenn mm -hmm. i'm a girl who eats rocks for breakfast and i'm telling you that journey was so long for us we'd waited years years we got so close to prior adoptions and they didn't work um, my husband and i are high school sweethearts we've been together most of our lives and so us, you know, getting her was like a, a shift in the universe. And so I find myself for somebody who just didn't cry and is super good at compartmentalizing is that when you get a kid, that come, the kid comes in, it's just like, whatever barriers you had, I'm here to bust them. So <laughs> I, just, I look at her, Glenn, I just look at her eating oatmeal and then I don't even know I start crying. Like I look at her taking her first steps and I start crying. And I think that I now understand what it means to give unabashed love and grace to a person who's trying to figure life out. And I think to myself, when my daughter was learning how to walk, she learned a, a little bit late. And when she first started to walk, all I did was I screamed and I cheered her on and I said, she's doing great. And every time she fell, I was like, it's, oh, it's okay, baby, get up, here we go. Let's do it again. I'm like so happy of her. And I think to myself, why couldn't I do the same thing for me? Like we're all babies. Every time we start a business, we're a baby. And yet we demand of our baby business selves for us to do something that is literally impossible. We demand us to cycle the Tour de France when we're on a tricycle. And then we hold ourselves to that standard and get pissed that we're not wearing the yellow shirt. And I think to myself, probably the thing that makes me so close to crying every single minute of the day is I said, my God, if I loved myself as much as I love my daughter, what power could we shift in this world? If I loved, if I loved my purpose, as much as I love my daughter, what power could we shift in this world? And I think to myself, the greatest gift wasn't having a daughter, which I thought. The greatest gift was learning a new level of grace and support and love to extend to others and to also to extend to myself. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. What's your daughter's name? Her name is Luna Sol. Luna soul. It's Spanish for moon and sun. She's our moon and she's our sun. That is absolutely beautiful. I love that. Luna soul. As you started talking there, you were about to say I have to and you changed it to I get to. How is how important are these words that we speak when it comes Ooh. to 
our lives. Glenn, that is a good loop back. You know, this is why they pay you the big bucks, son. <laughs> this is why people should be skipping Glenn for these questions. Shoot, this is why you donate to the Glenn buy him a couple of times. Um, Girl, you crazy. Glenn, you know, Glenn, it's, it's what we talked about in the beginning. It's the muscle gym. It's the mind gym. Is that we disempower my, ourselves by saying, I have to. Really? You have to? Who's your Lord? Who's, 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 um, who's, on a, whose leash are you on? I have to. When you say I get to, you are empowered and you are making decisions. And if you keep on saying, oh, I have to, or I don't have time, it keeps you below your vibration. You get to set, you should say, I get to do this, or that's not a priority for me. And when you start shifting the way that you speak, your words map to your brain and your brain grows as a result. So when we choose our words carefully, we get to become the person we want to be. Truly, truly. Yes, I agree with you 100%. I think that's incredibly valuable and I wanted to make sure people didn't just step over that, right? You know, success leaves clues and I admire so much uh, about Jasmine and what she does and that's why I listen so intently because I'm looking for all the space in between, right? It's the, it's the stuff in between. Those, that's where you find the really, really good stuff. So you mentioned, you know, the, uh, you know, the Tour de France. We're on a tricycle, and here we are trying to win the, the, the Tour de France. Is there value, though, in studying the greats? Or is it, it, is it just best to only look at that person that's at the next closest level? I, I believe you should do as much as you can, however you can. Now, if looking at the greats will simultaneously looking at somebody just above you within that aspirational pyramid is the thing that pushes you forward, then you do that. But if looking at people who are so far ahead of you keeps you stuck, keeps you in a funk, keeps you beating yourself up, that why are you drinking poison and expecting the other person to die? Like, we must be in control of what we consume if it's going to push us forward. And if it doesn't, we should not be looking at it. Yeah, I love that. So it's ultimately down to the frequent, like how does it make you feel, right? If Correct. It's, if it's a positive frequency, then do more of that. If it's a Correct. negative frequency, then stop doing it. <laughs> right? I love that. All right, I love that. Listen, you mentioned if we could give ourselves the same grace in our lives and businesses, if we could love ourselves like we do our children. And then you said, if you said, if I could love my purpose as much as I love my child. Jasmine, I get people that message me all the time. They say, Glenn, I can't find my purpose. I don't know my purpose. How does someone find their purpose? Well, Glenn, I think that you can, you're, you can ask this question to 10 different people you'll get 10 different answers. I will say that I discovered my purpose when I started helping other people. And it didn't mean that every time I helped somebody, I found my purpose. It meant that the more I helped other people, the more I started noticing what worked for me, but furthermore, what worked for them, what people resonated with, 
And so all of a sudden, when you are helping somebody else and you're showing up for somebody else, it takes the pressure off you to say, I'm here to find my purpose. No, no, no. When you think about somebody else and then you get to see how people respond, then all of a sudden it's like, like God is pointing you to the thing you're supposed to do. But oftentimes people say inactive and they say inanimate and they say totally stuck. It's like, I don't know. No, no, no. Action leads to clarity and action leads to confidence. We have to show up to get confident. We cannot wait to be confident before we show up. And so when you take yourself out, when you remove the ego and you start serving other people, you start discovering quickly, I promise you, that this is the quickest way to find your purpose. Now, finding your purpose doesn't always coincide with what your business is. So we must remove that pressure from it as well. I happen to know that it is my life's purpose to make people believe that the impossible is possible. And right now I am showing them that through a business. Why? It's the only thing I know. I grew up with parents who didn't have money. The church took collections for my family. We got government issued food. We got, I went to school on government issued grants. Like when you, take yourself out and you look at what you can do for other people. It becomes a game changer. I love it, Jasmine. I love it. 10 different, if you ask 10 different people, you'd get 10 different answers. You're so right about that because ultimately everybody's path is unique, right? Everybody's path is unique. We're all unique. And that's why I love that you won't generalize anything. You and I are very much aligned Jasmine, when it comes to that. And sometimes people push me on that. They're like, Glenn, you have to choose. You have to choose a side. You have to fight for this or for that. You can't be Switzerland. You can't be in the middle. You can't say not all people. You have to choose. Do you ever get that, Jasmine, where people are trying to force you into a box? Because I don't see you as the in-the-box type. I mean, no, Glenn. Maybe people, maybe I give up. Maybe I radiate, radiate, I, maybe I radiate the, like my RBF. Like, you're not going to come at me and tell me <laughs> I must do anything. Look, I am so sorry to be not sorry. You cannot tell me must. In fact, anytime somebody tries to make a definitive thing from me is the minute I say, watch me not do that. Like, it's just, it's just I've been a contrarian. Since I was a kid. So no, I, I, I don't get that so often. But if I did, my answer would be no and watch me. That's it. That's it. That's it. You are so street and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolute street. That's what I'm talking about. You done scrapped a time or two. No doubt about it. Action leads to clarity. Action leads to confidence. I love those words. Action leads to clarity. Action leads to confidence. And I love your mission, Jasmine, to help people believe that the impossible is possible. I'm going to do something real quick, and then I'm going to give. I've been very selfish. I've held you all to myself for the last 40 minutes. I want to share you with the rest of the room. And so what I want to do real quick, though, before I do, is I want to put you up on top of a mountain and Imagine, Jasmine, that you're at the top of this mountain and all of civilization is at the base of the mountain. Everybody, 7 billion people 
are at the base of the mountain, and they're cheering your name. They're going, Jasmine, 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 Jasmine. And somebody walks over, and they hand you a microphone. And they say, Jasmine, you've got two minutes. Two minutes to drop something on the world, practical information, something they can apply in their life today, this week, this month, this year. What are you going to tell them? I mean, Glenn, why you got to put me up on this? On, on this mountaintop right here. I'm out here like, I'm nervous, man. I'm, I'm sweating. Uh, I would grab your mic and I would simply say, I am but one person who represents the deepest thing that you desire. I am a person who is unqualified, unfunded, uneducated, and unprepared. And I'm doing it anyway. I don't think that people look at me and say she's the best. I don't think that people think that I'm the most creative or I'm the wittiest or I'm the prettiest or I'm the richest or I'm the savviest or I'm any of that. I think that people see that there is a person who has the chutzpah and the cojones to do something when she is unqualified. And people look at that and they think, I want that too. And I would tell people, I have broad shoulders and I have a strong back. For the days you don't believe, borrow it from me. On the days that you are fearful, tell me who I, tell me, you get a bad comment, tell me who I need to go and speak to. On the days that you are looking at whether or not you're gonna get a paycheck, let me remind you, we must do whatever we need to do to get to where we need to go. For people who are worried about what other people will say, I will hand you some earplugs and say, keep on going. I am an embodiment of somebody's deepest desire if they let themselves the permission to do what it is they want to do. So on this mic, I say, do whatever it is you want to do. And on the dark days and on the cold days, you shoot your girl a message. I will just rally you up. I will be your walking. I will be your walking hype person. I will be the Don King. I will be the flavor flavor. What you need, I will show up for you. Thank you, Glenn. Ladies and gentlemen, Jasmine Starr. <sighs> Amazing, right? Amazing. You are amazing. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Wonderful, Jasmine. That amazing, was awesome. Jasmine. Share awesomeness, Jasmine. I love amazing. her and Jasmine. Amazing. The passion. It's the passion for me. So it's definitely the passion for me. Thank you, Jasmine. <laughs> yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate y'all. All right, girls. So here's what we're going to do. I, I, I have you on my calendar for another 18 minutes. You still good for another 18? Um, you know, <laughs> Christina, because she's my executive assistant. She's on the call. She had a schedule to 730, and I was like, it's Glenn. Let's just push it. But I have a hard stop at 759. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, hard stop 759. That means we've got 16 minutes. If you have a question for Jasmine here, before, listen to me, folks. If you have a question for Jasmine, write it down right now. Make sure it's super short, super concise, right? Make sure it's short and concise. We, I love your backstories. Now's not the time. We got 16 minutes to get through as many questions as possible. So you'll flash your mic. I'll call your name. Hit her with the question. And let's see how many we can get to. All right? So go ahead, TM. I'm going to hit you first. You I'm gonna, uh, while, you're, while, you're, while you're getting that going, I always like to suggest to use the least amount of words possible and to start with the question first. That'll help me contextualize everything. And if I got it, I'll let you know I got it. So who are we moving to, Glenn? Boom. TM, you're first. 
Oh man, Jasmine, thank you, Glenn, TM Hyman. Uh, your streets and your brilliance blended is unbelievable. Who's been your greatest influence? Um, there's been different influences in my life. The short answer is my dad. He is a pastor in East Los Angeles. I felt like passion and determination came from him. My mom, perseverance, she battled eight and a half years with brain cancer. It was not a, a path for the weak or the weary. I also feel like I pull a lot of inspiration from the people I serve. So a community, those three segments are the people who continually push me forward. Boom. Love that. Flesh those mics. This time I'll get a couple in an order. I just grabbed TM real quick. Go ahead and flash your mics, flash your mics. I'm looking up and down, up and down, up and down. Okay, we're going to go Naida and then Mario. And I'm also going to turn on the hand raiser. Uh, if those of you in the audience want to raise your hand, I'll grab a few of those as well. All right, Naida. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Congratulations on your daughter. I've been following you since the early 90s. Tasha Francis was my photographer. What Stop is, right now. Yes, I've been loving you since then. <laughs> but what is your new routine in motherhood? What has shifted the most? How have you adjusted? This is Naida. Oh. I'm done speaking. Oh, Naida, people are going to hate me for this answer. And I know it because people have already openly been like, girl, I hate you. I know. Um, our, our daughter sleeps 12 hours a night and she was sleeping 12 hours a night when she was about three months. So Mine too. Okay. So then, so when people say, oh, Hey, like, uh, how is your routine? How is your, your schedule? And I'm like, my schedule's basically the same because I've always been an early riser. I wake up around 4.30 every morning and I make sure that I pray and I meditate. I catch up with my inbox. I catch up with my tasks. I work out. I come home. So like this morning, I was back home at 645. I made breakfast. I set it up. I tapped my husband in. I was like, can you handle her at seven? To which he replied, yes. But by and large, you know, um, my husband steps in and on really busy, heavy days, we bring in a babysitter or we bring in a family member. But like my work days are my work days. And I have made the decision. And this decision is not for everybody. It is not for everybody. I made the decision to be a working mom, not a mom who works. I am leading with my career and I am leading with my passion and being unapologetic about it. And in order for me to have these types of aspirations, I need to bring in the support that I need to execute on that. And so that, you know, my schedule has by and large really, really, really stayed the same. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, incredible. Thank you. Incredible. Mario. Hey, thanks, Glenn. Jasmine, straight to the point. Where I think it, uh, you probably actually answered it with uh, TM's question, but where did your relentlessness? and your desire to never give up come from? You know, I have to say, Mario, that um, I believe that I didn't know how to dream big. Because oftentimes, and science proves that we cannot dream things we haven't seen. So we must see things. And so Mario, in my mind growing up, the thing that I aspired to was to drive a Toyota Corolla, wear high heels with the briefcase and go into an office. That was like, that was the, okay, the pinnacle of the barrio was to be a receptionist. Everybody else was, my dad included, mowing lawns, cutting trees, being a line cook, right? So I'm like, man, that person got a Toyota Corolla. Like they're, they're coming up in the world. And then all of a sudden I get to college and I see things. I see people, I see things, I see a multitude of opportunity. And I'm like, oh snap, like maybe I do want to go to law school. So then I go to law school and I get around other people. And it was the exposure to something more. I couldn't dream this big, Mario. I couldn't dream 
this big. I couldn't dream that I had a daughter. I couldn't dream that I lived where I live today. So when you say what keeps you relentless and I'm like, I just want to see what's out there. And then the game isn't how many commas and zeros are in my bank account. The game is simply to say, can I get it? That's it. And the relentless desire comes from wanting to be exposed to potential. Because I believe, Mario, that when you get a person whose, whose trajectory wasn't intended to be in the promised land, and then that person gets to the promised land and stands up and tells every other black and brown girl, this is the promised land, when people see it, then they believe they can get it too. The relentless passion comes from how far can I go and how, how many people can I take with me? So, so, so good. So, so good. So, so good. Love it. Dr. J, I believe we just brought you up. Did you raise your hand? I didn't raise my hand, but um, it's good to be here. I don't not, I hope you can hear me okay. We can I'm, hear you, I'm yes. Driving. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Well, wonderful. I do, I do have a question. Yes, sir. Um, the question is, um, what would you say the through line is of all of your accomplishments, things that you've had to overcome? What is the thread that ties all of those things together? I believe it's mostly exposure. It's kind of very, it's tied closely to what I had mentioned tomorrow. It was like the through thread is being exposed to what could be. Like I'm telling you, when I went to college, I never saw law school. When I went to law school, I never saw the opportunity to start a business. When I started a business, I never saw it as a creative. When I started as a creative, I actually got into teaching other industry peers. I never saw that I could start consulting with large scale businesses about their marketing strategy. And when I did that, I all of a sudden realized I can actually create a curriculum that scales over time. So then I started creating courses. And once I started creating courses, I started realizing that now the courses weren't the thing because they weren't they weren't present, they weren't refreshed enough. So then I started to membership. I had never done any of these things. So I started a membership and then all of a sudden I did the membership for like a year and a half. And I was like, no, 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 it's not the membership because what I've been exposed to is creating technology that scales to a SaaS company. So the through line has been the exposure. And I have to tell you, Dr. J, I do not think that the SaaS company is where it ends. I think that the SaaS company is where my life scales. And that's what makes me most excited. That's so powerful. I just a brief response to that, just just to, so we can kind of connect the dots. The Loose Foundation um, funded a study of um, grade school uh, children, um, and they studied uh, why some of them seem to really show up in the moment and have a lot of confidence to, to you know, win spelling bees and to uh, say speeches and all that, while other ones tended to be a little more shy and sh- and uh, would shrink back. And they, and they did this study and they found out it wasn't, um, you know, the status of their parents. It wasn't economic status. It wasn't any of those categories, but it was exposure. They found out that mm-hmm. the younger people who had been exposed at an early age to certain things showed up in the moments better. So just wanted to tie that uh, with you. I'm Dr. James yeah. and I'm finished speaking. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Kara, you had a question. Yes, thank you so much for all the value. This has been, has been so, so amazing. So my question is, with the internet providing so many ways to serve and help people, how do you really decide what to pursue when there's so much potential, like so many ways to serve your audience? So thinking things like a podcast, going live, a TV show, books, courses, like how do you really hone in? 
So um, somebody once told me, and again, I can't attribute the source of this, but it's the three M's. It's the message, it's the messenger, and it's the medium. Because I could sit here and say, oh, no, y'all, it's Clubhouse is where it's at. No, no, y'all, it's really Instagram, right? It's going to be different for different people. But the key, the first foundation is to have a message. Like whatever, Kara, you want to be known for, whatever you want to help and empower people to do, like know your message and be able to say it in about 25 seconds. It's like have your elevator pitch. And then the minute you have the message, it comes back down to the messenger. And how you build credibility as a messenger isn't to continually yell into the void, it's to create one-on-one -on -one connections with a small group of people who will then empower you to choose your medium. And this, my friends, like for Glenn, Glenn is killing the game on Clubhouse. Like nobody's questioning that. This is where he should be. He's in his place of power. Now that's not to say he couldn't use like Instagram. I'm sure he could and he does and he will. He could probably use LinkedIn and Facebook just as effective. However, when it comes to choosing all the things, we have to first figure out how then are we the most strategic with our time that plays to our power. Message the messenger and how you become the messenger is by connecting with people and then the medium. You're going to choose what is best for you based on where your audience wants to hear from you. Thank you. That's such good advice. So good. So good. I love it. Jen, you're up. Hi, thanks for your story and all that you're sharing. I just curious, what are your mantras? Like, what are the words that you speak over yourself, especially when things are hard, when you know that you're under underqualified, you know that you're undereducated, how do you um, convince yourself that you're capable of doing those things? So Jen, the, the words become different depending on what I'm doing, but I could tell you a few that like always talk, pop to the top of my mind. And when people ask Jasmine, what's the advice you would tell yourself 10 years ago? It's the same thing. And this is what I say. It's going to be okay and it's going to be better than you think. And I say that again and again and again, even if the better than you think doesn't happen when I want it. Because every time in my life, if I could look back at something that I thought was the, the worst thing that could happen, when I was at my lowest, when I was at the bottom, I look back and I'm like, wow, it was better than you thought. Another one, you belong in the room. You belong in the room. Like, I have to tell you that my husband, we're both Latino, and um, thank you, sweet baby Jesus, thank you, God, that we finally have moved into places and spaces that we can walk into, and yet I take the girl from the barrio into these luxury places. In a couple years, uh, a couple years ago, we are getting in our car, my husband and I walk into a hotel. And he stopped me in the lobby. So we get out of LA, we go through the concierge area, past the front desk and he gets to the lobby. And he looks at me and he squares up his shoulders to mine and he puts his finger under my chin and he's like, you walk in with your head held high. And I feel like there's a, like a lump in my throat because that person's not me. And he says, you belong here. You hold your shoulders back and your head high. And every single time, Jen, I have to tell you, I walk into a boardroom, I walk into a box room, pull the shoulders back, hold your head high. You belong in the room. So it's, it'll be okay and it's better than you think. You belong in the room. And very cliche, but oh so classic, you are enough. And you're broken, perforated, jacked up, I am behind and super unqualified. That version of you, you're enough. You're enough to be in the room and you're enough to say it's going to be okay. So, so good. So, so good. Did you, did you say 
thank you, dear, sweet baby Jesus. Is that what I heard you say? Did you say yes, sweet like, baby Jesus? Thank you, sweet baby Jesus <laughs> in the manger in Bethlehem. Yes. Girl, I love you. Absolutely love you. All right. Next would be uh, Shamim. Am I saying that right? Shamim? Shamim. Shamim. Sorry about that, Shamim. Go Not ahead. Not a problem. Okay. Um, What is the worst... Um, experience you've ever had and how did you um get over it how did you um you know come out of it oh shameen girl we could be here for three hours talking about all the things <laughs> i believed were the worst i let me just let me give it to you in a nutshell i have felt on the verge of overextension professionally i jumped in way over my head i have felt on the verge of ruin and overextension financially I have felt that I was on the verge of burnout. I have felt like I was on the verge of people questioning my integrity and saying false lies on the internet about me thinking I will never come back from this. I have been on the verge of watching my mom die in a, in a hospital room, not once, but a multitude of times. So Shamin, I have been on the verge of, of ruin or what I perceive to be ruin. And I have no other advice other than what option do we have but to keep moving forward? What option? The only other option is to curl up and stop. But that doesn't serve our family. It doesn't serve our loved ones. It doesn't serve ourself. It doesn't serve our team. It doesn't serve the world. So in spite all of those things, the thing I quickly realized that my option was only and ever to continue moving on. And that, my friend, is how I moved on. Just continue to move on. The joy of the Lord is your strength. <laughs> yes, girl. What is, yes, what does a typical day look like? So what good. Well, Sh Shamim, I'm, I'm gonna, we still got a couple more, and we only got a few minutes. We only got one more minute, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Um, I think hey, I did saw... you miss me? This miss is who? Tony. Go ahead, Tony. Hi, Jasmine, you mentioned that um, in order to action, you have to have action to have confidence. You can't wait for confidence to take action. And I'm wondering how that actually works in reality, right? So I'm a photographer. I want to step into the branding field, but I keep thinking I have to try things first or practice first. And I'm wondering in reality, what it really looks like, those words of yours, which I loved, by the way. Well, Tony, you answered, you answered it yourself. Like, so? <laughs> well, well, you said, I, I have to practice. Great. It, at life is a continual practice. I, I wake up and I practice business every day, but it doesn't mean that I stop myself from, compens uh, from bringing in revenue as a result. If you're a photographer and you don't want to make money or you don't want to pursue it professionally until you feel like it's perfect, I'm going to say you're selling yourself short. So I, I guess yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to understand the actual, uh, can you rephrase your question like I'm five years old? Right. So I want to have, so I just got a mentor and um, he says, you know, I've looked at your work. I think you're ready. And yet I find the fear is holding me back from actually stepping forward. Like I, I'm going to be found out to be incompetent or I'm not going to know the industry well enough. I think I'm really asking how to utilize that verbiage 
confidence comes with the action and put that into practice in a real world way. Well, Tony, people are gonna look at you and they're gonna say you're incompetent. And they're gonna look at you and they're gonna say that your work isn't good. And they're gonna look at you and wonder how you're getting paid. And they're gonna look at you why you have the audacity to build a business. And the question is, Tony, is are you okay with that? Because if you're okay with the reality that people won't like you, won't trust you, will hate on you, and you are still okay moving forward, then the only thing you must do is move forward. But if you are not okay with a stranger on the internet who's behind a keyboard with orange fingers from eating Cheetos and watching Netflix all day, having an opinion about what you want to do, please, honey, that should not even be the thing that you want. If you're going to let a stranger on the internet dictate the life and what you should be doing, then you don't want it bad enough. And Tony, I am rough around the edges, but I just spit it how I see it. So you will let the keyboard warriors keep you from your purpose, or you're going to listen to a mentor who you paid. You're going to listen to me, a stranger on the internet. You're going to listen to God in the universe. We're putting you here in this room to hear this from me, or Tony, you can keep yourself small. That's it. Those are your only two options. Okay. Woo! I heard that. I yes. Heard that. Oh, my bones. I heard <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Jasmine Starr. Oh thank so you. Cool. Thank you. So thank sorry. you. Thank you. Gratitude for this room. Thank you guys a million times over. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jasmine. Flash your mics. Flash your mics. Flash your mics. Flash your mics. Jasmine, you're amazing. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you. Thank you. See you, girl. Thank See you, girl. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Thank you, Thank you. Hope to hear you soon. Awesome. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you so much. Thank you. We just had Danielle Delgado and Jasmine Star back to back. I know. <laughs> it was crazy. They were great. I, I know. Incredible, right? Incredible. That's what I love about yes. Breakfast with Champions. Every day, every day, right? Every day we're bringing something new. Everything we're well, every day we're bringing something new. Lundy, it's on you, my guy. What's that? And if not. You have been listening to Breakfast with Champions. Oh my gosh. I've been talking this go. whole time without the <laughs> This whole time I've been talking. I've been playing music and talking and everything the whole time. Alpha, thank you for popping in there. I was like, wait a minute, Alpha's speaking. I must be muted because he's uh he's covering for me. Yes, amazing. Can you believe that? Danelle, Jasmine. I mean, I just love Breakfast with Champions. Every day, something new, something pops in. Alpha covers real quick, comes through in the clutch with a little 10-minute segment, drops the bombs, right? Everybody, it's just amazing. Today was really, really, really special. And I'm so thankful I got to be a part of it. I happened to be in Florida. I got to be in my hotel, got to be really dialed in. And it's just spectacular. You guys make this what it is. So I am so incredibly grateful for you. If you click on uh, our club right there at the top, you'll see tomorrow's room. Uh, you should be able to see. Yeah, you'll see tomorrow's room tomorrow, 5 a.m. And you can go ahead and click the bell. If you go ahead and click the bell, that'll put that on your calendar. It'll send you notifications to make sure you don't miss tomorrow. It also really helps us with the rankings. So if you don't mind taking the time to do that, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, but we love you being in here. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's Breakfast with Champions. We're going to be closing this room down. and We're going to be heading over to the social media show with uh, Kelsey and Nate and my whole crew. So the social media show, they're doing TikTok Tuesdays, Instagram Reels, and just an amazing room. So I'm going to move over there. If you uh, want to make sure you see that in your hallway, make sure you follow the people that are up here on the stage. They'll be moving over there as well, a lot of them. And with that said, have an incredible day. Ask that question, that profound question. What if? What if? You do that thing you know that's been on your heart. What if? 
You just go ahead and take those pictures and post them like you know that you should. What if, like Jasmine said, you just took that? What did she say? <laughs> I don't remember the word she used, but that girl from the hood and brought her right up into the country club, right? What if? That's what I'm talking about. Beautiful day today. Thank you guys so much. Have an incredible day. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, 5 a.m., when we do it all over again. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. What if from Glenn? What if? Thank you. Thanks for bringing me up. Thank you, Glenn. Have an awesome day. Thank you. We love you, Glenn. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, After Six. Awesome. Hey. Great day today, fellas. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Ladies, gentlemen, thank you. Be blessed. Thank you all. You guys are amazing. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.